Coco Talk would like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show. So our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Randolph, Dinty, Disney Saints fan, Eric Canales, Fedor Stamen, Frodo NL, Glenn Hewlett, Graham Vebke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Bucata, Jason Downs, Ken Reichert, Kyle Etter, Malfunked, Michael Pitsley, Rick Eulen, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Richard Lorbieski, Jenna Ferrin, Rob Inman, Alan Murphy, Stephen Wagner, Terry Steen, The Backyard Shed Gang, Perry Steggy, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calor computer. It's time to drop your socks, grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Coco Talk Live and In Your Face. This week, we've got two very special guests, and we're going to talk about, I don't know, maybe the C64? Just kidding. It's all Coco. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. And take it away, David Ladd. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, we'll start with the panel introductions like normal. Um, In the top left, we've got Paul T. Barton. Hello. Yay. How you doing, sir? That's good. Wonderful. That's great. All right, next person we've got is Stevie Strawbridge. How you doing, sir? Hello, everybody. David, I'm excited to be here. Oh, that is good. I'm definitely excited to be here. (laughs) Next on the list is Mark Bosley. Hello. How you doing, sir? All right. That's good. Still on the right side of the daisies. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's certainly a good thing there. And next on our list is, hmm, a David O'Connor that seems to be still stuck in a monitor. How you doing, David? Well, uh, yeah, uh, apparently this is going to be the last week that I'm stuck in this monitor. I've got some new stuff arriving next week that's supposed to be able to get me out of here. So we'll see what happens. Well, that is good. We look forward to that. Next, we've got Mark Overholzer. Hey, glad to be here. 
Well, that's certainly good, sir. <laughs> All right, now moving on down our list, we've got Jason Reichard. Hey, hey, and just remember, just right above me there, Mark Overhoser, same hat, same cat, different kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right, moving on, we've got someone that has to be said three times. We've got Nick Marota. Uh, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, sorry, I just say you once. I figure oh, if you want the other two times, you can say it again. Okay, well, I don't want to appear egotistical or, or multiple personality or anything, so I'll let, I'll let it go. Uh, well, hello. Nice to see you guys this week. Uh, interesting week with uh, with uh, Game On this week. I'm looking forward to announcing the results and uh, what's coming up next week. All right. That I can't wait until uh, we get to that part of the segment. All right. Next, we've got L. Curtis Boyle. Hello, everybody. Hey, um, Mr. Muppet. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, next, we've got... Mr. Euland. Howdy, folks. How you doing, Hello. Patrick? Well, survived another one, so. Well, that's good. <laughs> Let's proceed. <laughs> All right. Next on our list, we've got someone that's got a lot of Tandy stuff in a garage. I just don't know what we can do with him. Welcome. <laughs> Thank Ron you. Delvo. Ron Delvo from the land up under. Over. <laughs> um, I'm confused. Right. <laughs> Over and out. All right. Next person on the list we'll get to in a moment. Um, but the next one on the list is a Sloopy. How are you doing, Sloopy? Greetings. And it's uh, wonderful to be here. Well, Sloopy Atari guy. It is truly. It's, yes. Hey, Sloopy's Sloop the Atari guy? Sloopy, can you do us a favor and just hang on? <laughs> I bet he's never, <laughs> ever heard that before. Oh, that's Kirby. <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right. So we've got yet another person on the list, but unfortunately, he's one of our new guests, and we'll get to him in There's just a moment. There's unfortunate about unfortunate. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David speaks the truth. <laughs> and nothing unfortunate about you, this. You, that... you can't deny that. You, you, know, I, you just can't have fun with people. It's everybody's got to be so serious. It's unfortunate for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with our bunch, that is very true. And the All right. <laughs> Next person on the panel, I think he he's somewhere related to a grease weasel. I'm not sure. Is this true, Brian Weasler? <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? This is the uh, this is the quilting channel, right? Did I get the right spot? Oh, maybe. Now, this maybe. is the Roblox exploit show. Welcome. Uh, hey, are the views supposed to switch to people as they speak? It's not doing that on the feed. It's just highlighting. Is that okay? No, no, we're not doing I'm not doing speaker view right now. Oh, okay. okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Actually, actually, this is the Disney Pixar film uh, Coco uh, fan podcast. Yes, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I thought this was more like the Brady Bunch tile yeah, set. But... Yeah, yeah. All right. So next on our list, I believe, is a Robert Allen Murphy. Is that right? Yep. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> All right. Now, moving on down the list, I think it's a Nick Marionettes. Oh, wait. 
Good day, everyone. I, I'm, I'm an Atari user. Did I take the wrong turn? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> crikey, man. Crikey. Yeah, we'll put you right next to Sloopy. Good day, everyone. Welcome, sir. Konnichiwa. Oh, lordy. All right. So next we've got on the list. <laughs> oh, wait. That's me. No, no, no. We, we don't want me. <laughs> I need, I need you to What's your name, David? David? Nah, we don't. David Lott. Next, next on the list, we've got a Mr. Dave, 6809. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm always good. Happy to be here. Well, My favorite good. part of David Ladd's non-intro is the fact that it took him a couple seconds to recognize his own face. <laughs> oh, that, that is so wrong. And then, of course, the tiles moved on me. Darn it. So now we'll quickly veer to the updated list and i believe we got a terry staggy how you doing sir no take that off uh, helps when you're not muted good morning or good afternoon everybody uh, good morning <laughs> there you go i was calf right hey terry <laughs> good, more good than half three it's of us mr vice president <laughs> terry staggy how are you sir we salute you good how are you guys all yeah good doing great so far sir all right. TDP. <laughs> All right. So next on our list is Chad. How are you doing, Chad? Greetings and salutations from the future. <laughs> we always like the future. So I take it you're you're hanging out there with Nick Marionettes. <laughs> yes, yes. He's only two and a half suburbs away. Okay. Before, That's good. And before we pass the torch over to Curtis, I, and David, it's, you can't ask yourself this question yourself, so I'll ask it for you. David, how are you doing today, and are you excited to be here? Let me mute. <laughs> David, David Ladd. David Ladd, are you... Block your everyone. Are you excited to be here today, David Ladd? Oh, yes, Stevie. I'm excited to hear our guest speakers and being here with the my fellow friends on this panel, I just wish I could just hug the entire group right now. Well, I'm thankful that you can't. <laughs> well, okay, guys. So. <laughs> watch out. He's a hugger. <laughs> There's I'm a social distancing, social distancing, distancing, you know. Uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, two words. Restraining order. All right. So. All right. Moving on next to our next introduction. That's it. Pass it over to Curtis. Go oh, I'm supposed to wake up? I mean, talk now? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got two special guests today. And actually, I found it kind of ironic that uh, after we did some tests with them for sound and video here the last couple of days, they've actually been chatting with each other without even knowing the other was the guest uh, on, on Discord. So uh, hopefully you guys are getting along well. And we'll maybe have some crosstalk between the two of you today, too, if there's time. So our first guest is uh, Dave Shadoff. <clears throat> He's a fellow Canuck. And he uh, actually wrote a game for Spectral Associates called Star Spores back in the early 80s. And uh, we'll talk about that and actually show some video demo of that a little bit later, too. But our first question for Dave is, how did you how did you uh, get into the cocoa and why did you pick the cocoa back in the day? Uh, well, a bit of a long story, I guess. Uh, as a kid, I got one of those 50-in-1 kits and, uh, you know, eight years old, doing electronics. And, of course... That's a, kind of an expensive hobby for a kid. Uh, eventually, I got a paper route and got a, new, a, uh, a Model 1, and uh, I, I programmed all sorts of things on that. But of course, at a certain point, back in the 80s, you'd outgrow a computer, and the next logical step was uh, the Cocoa. 
quite a quite a community in in uh, Mississauga at that time. Actually, quite a few people were uh, were using them. Uh, I had a mutual friend uh, of uh, Dave Dyes. Uh, I never met the guy, but uh, but my mutual friend Julius Pata uh, had known him. So. And then, of course, uh, once once on the machine, you you couldn't stop me from programming the uh, whatever I wanted. <laughs> Just that was the game. So, so you knew Dave Dyes? Did you know the rest of the people there, like um, uh, Dave Shuchin and Roland Knight, etc.? No, I didn't know those guys individually. Uh, what happened was uh, there was this Friday night uh, kind of a hangout at at the uh, the uh, the Radio Shack, and uh, that's kind of how I met a few different people. And uh, this uh, this gentleman Julius, he had uh, worked at the Radio Shack at that time, and he knew more people than I did. But uh, uh, it was yeah, it was quite a time. But of course, you know, back then there was no internet; you couldn't go uh, looking for software. You had to meet up in person and uh, you know do the illicit trade. Distributed backups, I think we called them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put, like put, cloud put the, storage in the old days. Put put the masking <laughs> tape over the uh, over the pin on the uh, on the the cartridge and and uh, take Safety a cassette. Straight yeah. blank discs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, to, to get into a bit into your game, like you, I think you mentioned when we did the test call that you'd actually made a version of Star Sports for the model one and three, but it never gotten released. And I was just going to ask, how did the development of that go? And then why did you decide not to release it? Was it just too late in that machine cycle? Or? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean. Um, I, I got the machine around 1980, and uh, and I I moved from basic to assembler really quick. Uh, by by summer, I was I was programming, but not quite to the the level of writing a whole game. I, I finished that in '82, um, but by the time I got it out to the publishers, it was kind of you know the death knell for the Model One. Model Three was coming in, but it really wasn't sufficiently different. Uh, think it was compatible on the cassette but everybody was starting to move to discs and I didn't have a disk drive uh, it was just a very long development process and uh, so when I you know the next step was a color computer faster cassette you could get a disk drive there were all sorts of different uh, things that were better about it although ultimately it you know within a couple of years it, it seemed like it had a, uh, a few limitations that other machines coming out, the Amiga and so on, were were uh, superseding, and and rather than choose any of them, I I uh, I just started doing consulting and and uh, ended up uh, being forced to get a PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think a few of us went down that route. Yeah. Um, so Star Spores on the Coco, you wrote that about a year after you did the Model One version of it, and then you yeah. decided to shop it out now did you go straight to spectral like on one one thing i'm curious if you knew dave dies had dave dies started diecom yet at that point i i didn't actually know of him yet um oh, okay. I, I understand that uh, he uh, he was starting around that time something like that i i sent it out to computerware and mark data and uh, uh spectral i don't i don't remember if there was anybody else i still have the uh the letters somewhere and uh like computerware sounded like a uh, a really upfront kind of a, a cool place to deal with but for some reason spectral and their their full screen uh full page ads i i thought that was more appealing to get me out there and then of course they they pulled the uh the bait and switch uh as soon as they published 
it was uh, black and white, four point one line out of uh, fifty on a page. Kind of yeah. disappointing. Yeah, I think it was right when they were doing the transition of just just about becoming an exclusive Tandy. Uh, yeah, well, it was almost. It, it was eighty four, and 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 the uh, the whole market for computers and games was was changing radically. So I mean, I I wasn't oblivious to that as well. I just kind of thought, wow, bad timing. Yeah, it was just right after the eighty three game crash when the Atari and ColecoVision and Television all pretty well yeah. died instantaneously and didn't get any recovery in the game system market until really the Nintendo came out in eighty five. Yeah, exactly. So after after uh, Star Sports, and I'll. I'll actually give the video demo here where we start talking about it more specifically what did you end up doing like did you get out of the cocoa market pretty well right after that with a bad taste in your mouth or did you well, it wasn't really a bad taste i kind of figured that there was still something but uh, if it wasn't marketable it wasn't really the place to be spending my my energy uh i was i was a teenager i was i was in high school and i i wanted money and <laughs> and uh, i mean who doesn't right uh, and I, I had a, uh, a part-time job doing backups at a, a local business, and uh, I would do some programming for them uh, on a contract basis, and, and that just kind of ended up going somewhere. It was, hey, I put in an hour, I get I get actual money guaranteed. How can I turn that down? Yeah. So you went to the PC market after that, and then um, did you did you stay in programming software? Like I know you've got from t- watching you and, and AC talk about stuff on the channel. You guys are both very much into hardware as well. So was our hardware side to you at that point in time, um, or did that come later? Yeah, to be honest, I I, I pretty much got out of hardware uh, when I got into computers because uh, you know debugging doesn't cost money, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can explain why I'm in software. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, but you know, about two years ago, uh, I kind of met up with some people in, in a sort of a maker type of a, a thing. It's one guy had come up with a, a really cool little add-on for uh, 8-bit video games. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really interesting. I wonder what, that's, what it's like now to take a look at electronics. And this is about two years ago. And, and uh, it's so, so much cheaper, so much easier than it had been. So, you know, you, you want to make some boards? Get get the free version of Eagle or, or KiCad or, or whatever, and and make some boards. Send them off to China, five bucks plus shipping, and uh, you'll get them back in a week. So uh, I mean, there's that, and uh, the components have come down in price. Uh, you don't have to deal with noxious chemicals. Uh, as long as you stay in the digital domain, things are really straightforward. So much easier to deal with than they were back then. At, at you know, low frequencies below, say, about 40, 50 megahertz. Um, I, I'm still, you know, not really uh, confident with analog, but, but uh, you know, you, you deal with things and, and you kind of see what's going on. Yeah, and now there's reprogrammable chips and stuff like we've seen with FPGAs and CPLDs, oh, yeah. et cetera, too. That's totally different than back in the day, too, where you'd pretty it, well have it, to do it it, yourself. Exactly. It's 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 even different even than than five years ago when you used to uh, have to buy the the software to, to be able to program them. Yeah. So right now in your current state with the Coco coming back, you know, just in the last year or two here, are you sticking more to the hardware side now, or are you thinking of getting back in the software side too, or a combination of both? Or well, um, to be honest, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not yet convinced I'm going to stick around in the Coco area for for a long time. Uh, as I I've mentioned to you previously, uh, uh, separately is you know after the the Coco, 
there were a series of video game systems. One of them that I liked was uh, PC Engine worldwide, except in North America, where it was called the Turbo Graphics. And uh, when I first saw that, it was it was like huge sprites, lots of colors. Uh, this is what I want in a game system, and it was it sort of just grabbed all my attention for the next thirty years or so. <laughs> So, you know, as a matter of fact, the, the electronics was to, to, to try and reverse engineer bits and pieces of that. Uh, I mean, even the tools in electronics are so much cheaper now. Yeah, and you're actually involved with the, uh, making a Mr. Core for the uh, TurboGrafx system, I think with two other people I think you mentioned? Uh, so the, the, the TurboGrafx, um, that was actually primarily a guy in the Ukraine. And I've, I've added a bunch of components uh, of things that I've reverse engineered over there. So, but they're really just peripherals. The, uh, the other things, now that that one is, is damn near perfect, uh, the next ones to move on to where I, I worked, uh, I helped uh, another pe- couple of people with um, TRS-80 Model 1 core. And uh, there's the Alice MC-10 that just came out. Uh, I took a quick look at that. But uh, that's primarily Pierre uh, Cornier in France and uh, him and, and uh, Alan, Alan, I've forgotten his name, but Alan is, is, uh, is big in the Mr. thing. He does all these, these arcade cores and he's, uh, he's working on a uh, Coco two core and I'm, I'm helping him out. So we'll, we'll soon have a, a Coco two core with uh, at least cassette and uh, cartridge uh, and a couple of little knobs and dials that are, is open source. I know there's a Coco 3 one that's uh, that's out there, uh, but it's not open source. So, yeah, yeah. And basically, the Mister. I mean, they, they really kind of push the fact that most of the cores are open source. It's part of their one of their selling points, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. What's the market like right now for the TurboGrafx 16? Is there a thriving community of people making new games for it and things like that? Uh, I wouldn't say thriving, but there were there were. A couple that just came out in the last year, uh, I was kind of surprised. I, you know, in between, one of the things that I, uh, I worked on, uh, again, with a, a couple of other people in France, was uh, the Hue C uh, compiler, which is uh, a C compiler for the, uh, the TurboGrafx. But it's, it, it can target CDs or, or the, the cartridges. So... Yeah, I don't think that got its fair chance here in the States. I, I remember buying one as a Nintendo replacement. It came out right around the same time as the Sega Genesis did. Yeah. And the Sega Genesis was touting, yeah, we are 16-bit. We're next. They marketed themselves very well. And the TurboGrafx-16 yeah. had 16 in the title, and I actually had bought one. But one of the pack-in games for it honestly didn't look that good. It didn't look much better than an NES. And I was like, why am I paying so much money for this? This is crap. And I took it back. <laughs> um, made, they made every possible mistake in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I recently saw it again on like the RetroPie uh, distribution. And I saw some of the games. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. If I would have saw these games back in the day, I would have been blown away. You know, so... And, and- and I did. I mean, I yeah. traveled to Asia around that time, and that's that's what blew me away. Yeah. So it's I, I think that it's one of those things where it never maybe saw the level of success that it should have because technologically, like you mentioned, all the colors, the large sprites, um, it was really uh, to five players in some games like Dungeon Explorer. Yeah. Was one yeah. Thing. yeah. My roommate actually had a Turbo Graphics, and he had the two uh, pinball games, Alien Crush and Devil's Crush, which are my still my favorite pinball games on any game console. Because they were just fun, 
yeah. and, and weird. They weren't just, you know, standard pinball. Oh yeah, no, it was a fantastic machine and and I mean there were there were genres that came out in Japan on the CD that that never actually made it here and although I wasn't all that interested in them at the time because you know that's probably a cultural thing but mm -hmm. these days I look at them and it's hey this is actually kind of interesting and it's part of the history of the of the machine too if you're into that line <clears throat> you know so that is kind of cool yeah yeah so I'm, I'm hoping you do at least stick in the periphery of the Coco community here because I think you would have a lot of contribute just you know from knowledge and experience etc and if you ever want to you know, publish a game on the Coco type thing. We've got a, an updated CPU that might help with that too. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, Nick, Mar Nick Marenti's just released a, a 639, which is the replacement chip with some extra features, uh, a Gunstar game. I don't know if you've seen that one yet uh, on the show, but uh, it's got a lot of big sprites and stuff moving around and parallax scrolling. So Digger 3 also has parallax scrolling. So we've got some innovative stuff happening now. Yeah, Coco, Coco did have a lot of my favorite games. Uh, even even today, a couple of my, my favorites... That, Although I look at them now, they they're, they're kind of, you know, a little bit aged. Like Time Bandit was just fantastic. That that yeah. I loved that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I get into the Star Spores, we're going to play a little video there. Does anybody else on the panel have any questions, or any questions from the chat? Actually, not not a question, more a compliment. And please, uh, I'm a bit autistic, so take this. As a compliment, I tend to compare some of the panelists to Hollywood uh, celebrities. So Stevie, Stevie Strew Carey, uh, Ron Delvaux is Jeff Bridges. And I'm just going to tell you, mate, your Clint Eastwood impersonation is off the charts. <laughs> I never realized you were artistic, Chad. I haven't seen any of your paintings, but that's good to hear. Well, if Chad's going to say that, then that leads me to my question is, uh, do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> <laughs> my father worked on a submarine. Awesome. Was it yellow? Not, I'm just checking the chat here. I don't see any questions <laughs> for Dave. I do right. see a comment that uh, Devil's Crush is the favorite of Explore VR. He's Ben Drakes, who's actually hooked up a Coco to a full VR system and played Coco games using the, the whole treadmill and the headset combined. Which is pretty cool. David. Hopefully, once COVID's over, he can start touring that system around because a lot of us want to try it. David, how did you uh, find uh, us? Did you see us a while back, or well, it's it, it kind of a circumspect route. Uh, like I, I had, I had put my uh, my old games on my uh, web page back in I don't know ninety seven or something, and and Curtis must have got in touch with me. I don't know. 2000, 2003? Yeah, around there. I have to go dig out the old email, but yeah, quite a long time ago. <laughs> well, quite a long time ago, and I, I, I just filed it away, and I didn't think anything more about it, but uh, uh, recently with with the Mr. Stuff, I, uh, I I was asked, oh, you want to do a Cocoa Core? And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll take a look at it. I'll, I'll pull the machine out of storage and, and see how it's working. And and, uh, and it worked, I, right? Uh yeah, it did actually. Although, <laughs> although I, I had a bunch of mods in the Coco One, and it's 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 a mess inside. I didn't really notice uh, how bad it was. So, um, yeah, uh, I was going to get a Coco VGA to go in there, but it's it's the wrong type, and it's uh, it's it's whoever put the mods in for me, uh, they did a hack work. It was it was it's bad. So I got a Coco Two, 
and I just put a, a composite converter in there. It works fine. Uh, thinking of doing a, a recap because 35 years, even if they're still working, they're probably not working as well as they ought to. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, 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 I looked and uh, I saw little bits and pieces and, and everything kind of forced me to look toward Facebook, which I, I steer clear of. But then I found the Discord and, and, uh, and all as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah, th thanks for joining Discord. Actually, you've been quite active in there too, uh, which is which is nice. Sometimes we just get the lurkers that just join in. They introduce themselves, and you don't hear from them for like six years or something. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice having somebody who's actually you know interactive and answering questions and asking questions and you know showing off some of the hardware stuff you've been working on and stuff too. And then mentioning, of course, the the Mister projects too, which is kind of nice having one of the developers on on Discord for it. So, for the Cocoa related ones, anyway. Sure. Were you on the email um, list for a long time? No, I, 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 I wasn't. I, I kind of completely disconnected myself from Coco for like 35 years. So just... Were, were you just on the BBS at, scene or CompuServe or Delphi or any of that stuff back in the day too then? Or, or no? And not on the Coco. Um, I, uh, the first, I, I, I mean, I, I had a modem hooked up. But I didn't have the RS-232 pack. I, I was doing the bit bang, so 300 baud, and I was doing a little bit of work on that. And it was it was hard because of the screen size and so on. Yeah. Uh, when I got the uh, the PC, it was it was so much better. I actually ended up using the Model 1 because of the screen dimensions. Yeah, because on the Coco, we, we, you could get higher screen like text resolutions, but it would be in the graphics mode. So, of course, it's slower. And then, I mean, the Coco on the Bitbanger can do 1,200 baud, interactively but when you're on a graphic screen it starts to get lag and mistakes and things so yeah it's not the smoothest smooth user experience yeah just out okay, of curiosity so, on what? the uh i know this is not coco related but you got my you got my curiosity peaked on the turbo graphic 16 system i'm not familiar with what people are doing with it right now but in the coco you mentioned coco vga so we've got a lot of augmentations or let's just call them like um, modern accoutrements that allow us to plug into modern displays, et cetera, et cetera. Are there accoutrements and upgrades for the TurboGrafx-16 for those who are still using the real hardware? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have put an RGB mod in there. Um, there's there's some active work on an S-Video because what we found out this year was internally the RGB values don't map exactly to how it shows up on the composite output, which was what they was the standard. So uh, there's a little bit of mapping that people have overlooked for 30 years. The um, There's a lot of work has been invested by a couple of companies um, to create um, CD-ROM replacements. So you can use mm. SD cards. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and those are pretty good. Uh, one of the problems with their games is a lot of games would would do a load, and because the load would would be known to take a second or so to uh, for the head to move, they'd be off doing some processing or something. And if once the head comes back, uh, you're you're finished that processing. But if you put it on an SD card, you're gonna still be processing when the when the data comes back and and uh, and bugs appear. So I, I did a bunch of uh, of research to uh, to find out the timing to uh, to make sure that it would it would not interfere in that way. Hmm. So I guess that's just the nature of the beast at this point. We're, we're for those who want to use vintage hardware, we want to use the hardware, but we kind of want to use it in a slightly more modern hybrid 
situation. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to meld the two worlds together? So I imagine that's not new or unique to our community, but I'm just because I'm not involved in other ones, I'd be curious to know what some of the other people are doing with that. And that that's pretty cool. Yeah, portables are getting uh, updated screens, things that we, we wished we had way back in the day. Um, right. Things, things, better batteries. What was the CPU on that, on the Turbo Graphics? On the Turbo Graphics, it was a 7 megahertz, like, you know, 3.58 times 2. Um, it was a kind of an augmented 6502. Mm, okay. So, which had banking, yeah. Interesting. All right. I, don't related- go, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but- <laughs> go ahead, Rick. Although I would like to ask, does anyone know of a system where the composite colors and the RGB colors map together correctly? <laughs> At all? <laughs> anyway, like pal, yeah, pal, pal, Pal's pretty three. close. Pal, cook, well, Pal, pal but, but no, you know, cook, cook, doing pretty well. I, I think like, once once you got into 16-bit and above, uh, they were they were a lot closer, like the the Sega Saturn things like that. I just know all the 8-bit systems I've ever worked with, RGB and composite, do not mix. Yeah. Never well, isn't, isn't it true that RGB used bit values for red, green, blue, obviously, but composite used like hue and saturation? and Yes, exactly. Totally Phase shifting. and yeah. that's, why they're to- that's why they don't map. Well, it, it, they it's, had a- it's, it's, it's basically YUV versus RGB. R- right. But, but uh, the, the interesting thing was they had a lookup table in this machine. So they were pseudo RGB. They were just, you know, off by a half bit here and there. That's cool. Okay. We have a we have a comment from uh Ken Reichert in the chat. I'm I'm assuming he knows you in some <laughs> yes. way or shape and form. Yeah, we worked together twenty years ago. Neither of us knew the other uh, had any uh, knowledge about color computer at the time. Oh, cool, because he <laughs> says, Is eToy still your favorite online retailer? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we worked. It yeah. was uh, both, you know, we were consulting. And the more important question is when it comes down to Joust clones, are you team buzzer bait or team Lancer? Thank you, Sister Phantom Riders. We've got some votes for that now, too. So uh, we got to represent you. You know, I, actually, I, I, I don't know if you know, we're doing a three way, we're doing a little contest. It's my playing all three, and then we're going to vote for which one we like. So, what's your, have not having played them in a while, I don't know. What's your favorite? I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's not a fair question for me because I don't think I've played Buzzard Bait. Ah, I, okay. uh, I played I played Lancer and I enjoyed it, but uh, it was it was uh, I, I don't know. I I like to program games and I like to play them, but I'm not very good. So I was like, so Nick. Lancer by default. That's what you're saying. Did you play Pegasus? No, I haven't played that. Did you play Defense? I think I did. Defense. That's that's the one and only game that Ron Delvo will. It play. is. But it's a good it. game. It's a Missile Command clone. It's actually a very good Missile Command clone. Oh, yeah. Based yeah. on the Atari 20. Or like the Atari, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Ron gave us that pick, and that was awesome. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> he said something fine. No problem. Anyway, okay. go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll step out. Go ahead. Okay. So I think I'll uh, we'll just set, do a setup for Star Spores, and I'll, I'll uh, flash change the screen here so I can show uh, Dave what the uh, dragon artwork looked like for the thing. Now, just to get into a bit of history here, you you ended up getting the game to Spectral Associates because you were hoping for full-page ads, as you mentioned, because they used to have that one right in the back cover of Rainbow. And, of course, as soon as you did that is when they you know jumped down to the tiny black and white text and like a quarter of a page or something like that. Um, now you did not get paid for too many sales. I believe you had mentioned six copies you got paid. Yeah, for. I think six copies was uh, was uh, what I got paid for. <laughs> and 
judging by the fact that there's I've I've seen several screenshots of the cassette case on the Dragon. I'm pretty sure they sold more than six copies in the UK alone. So when somebody sells to ask you how well your game did, you could just hold up a couple of hands and say this many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I'm 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 calling shenanigans on that. I'm pretty sure more than six copies were sold. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's more six sold in the UK alone. So, <laughs> so and you so never. Now- you never yeah, even you, knew that they were selling in the UK, from what I understand. I, like the deal I, with I learned, deal. I learned this summer as I was typing in the uh, the, the the program code and uh, with the comments. So yeah, no idea. <laughs> it's it's a little bit upsetting, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean there was there was a few shady deals going back in the day that that, that hit every computer. That wasn't just us either. So. Yeah. Anyway, I will share my screen here just to show you what the cassette looked like. Check your mailbox. Oh, so that's the official microdeal version of it. Doesn't even mention mention spectral. No, that was that was fairly common. Wow. So did you make more or less than that five pounds? I, I think I, <laughs> I ended up getting a, about twenty five U.S. dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so eight or nine pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially back then. It kind of sounds like a a virus. <laughs> Stars. It's 50 million Australian dollars. <laughs> Do we have a screenshot of? Uh, is this the video? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be playing the video shortly here. Oh, okay. One thing Excellent. I might to mention: um, we we talked to Dave uh, yesterday during or two days ago on the test call, and you'd mentioned that when you first submitted it to Spectral, you didn't have a, a star field in the background; you just had the aliens, and you'd shoot them, and sometimes they'd mutate and other things. Right. And Spectral requested that you add in the moving star field. Yes. Now, did Spectral also request the option to run it in P mode three, like the green, blue, no. red? No, they didn't. Okay, that, that was, be- I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Uh, I, I would have told them not to. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course, on the dragon being a pal, they didn't have artifact colors, so it was just you know vertical stripes of white. So they actually did change it. Yeah. To run in P mode three. So I'm just warning you ahead of time. That's what you're going to see here. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. And the the little intro music here is something that the uh, author of this uh, YouTube page does. So it has nothing to do with the game, but. Turn up your volume a little bit, Curtis. A little more. Is that loud enough? Or need more? It's okay for now. You can turn it up a little bit more, probably. A little more? Okay. Just want to make sure we can talk over it, too. Yeah. So you have a fuel gauge in there. Yeah. And then you've got uh, various things, and there's various levels, and you actually skip jumps through them so you can see them, but some of them actually mutate into other things, and some of them start firing back, etc., too, so... Was there inspiration, like an arcade game you base this on, or base parts of it on, or was it just coming well, up with the space game? Or? Well, I mean, back in back in the early '80s, you had uh, Space Invaders and Galaxians and Galaga and and all those types of games that were basically a bunch of things at the top that come down at you and you're shooting upwards. Uh, and I think these guys, I was a little inspired by uh, wasn't was it Apple Panic Apple. Yeah, Apple Panic was a clone of Space Panic from the arcade. We had to yep. dig the holes and throw the monsters through. Yeah, there was there was this this little uh, leggy guy uh, in in one of the Apple games, and and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. So I'll stick that in. Look, you have lower case. Yeah, no, it looks really good. Oh no, that that reminds me there of um, what was the Zork or Gorf? Gorf, yeah, Gorf, Gorf, yeah. It reminds me of. Uh, Cosmic Aliens a little bit too. Not my Cosmic Aliens, right? The arcade one? Yeah. 
Well, Rick, no, Ad- Rick Adams will tell you how big space games were in the eighties, because like Temple of Rom, for example, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I like this. So it's cool. Yeah, I, I like how they they break into different creatures and stuff. Is there a Coco version? This is a Coco version. Well, well, yeah, this, this is the dragon oh, sorry, this, version. This is a dragon. Yeah, dragon. there's a Coco version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, this was patched to give color on the dragon, even though the colors are off because that's the VDG chip. But uh, yeah, I thought but, this was dragon. Yeah. The other nice thing is the green goes to the very edge of the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be Nick yeah. Ramsey's favorite part of it. The, I like the stars. They uh, how they move there gives that nice uh, sense of movement. Yeah, and that was something that Spectral insisted you add because I think your original version did not have that. Yeah, it turned out it was a, it was a pretty good idea. I just didn't really uh, want to put in all that that much extra effort into it at the time. Well, especially uh, for six copies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got you got twenty five U.S. dollars for all that effort. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, as you can see, I was inspired to go on and and uh, and write more games. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, look at the notoriety now. And speaking of programming, it. Um, Sound effects are great. That explosion. How long awesome. did it take you to program this? Uh, well, I, I think the uh, the TRS eighty model one version took uh, about a year. But this one, because I already had the kind of the prototype and all the ideas and and, and how to structure it, um, and I think I got a disk drive kind of halfway through development on this. So uh, it was it was a few months, three four months, something like that. And did you use the standard Radio Shack assembler then, or did you have a third-party one? Well, it was it was a Radio Shack assembler, but uh, in order, like one of the one of the uh, source files was just tremendously big. Uh, so I had used a, a patch that was in, uh, I think it was Rainbow Magazine. Yeah, it's Roger Shrags probably he did. That's a right. Patch yes. Shit, yeah. What the patch do? Well, what it did was it it uh, it relocated EdTasm to the the bottom of memory, and it would uh, it would automatically swap in and out the uh, the 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 basic and extended basic ROMs, so that you could actually use that that memory if you had a 64K on your machine, which I guess if if you knew what it was, you wanted it. So I had that. Yeah, because Roger did multiple patches for Ed Tasman. He did one to patch the cartridge to run from disk, and then, of course, Radio Shack came with their own disk one by Robert Kilgus, I believe it was. Right. And and then uh, he did some other patches just to improve how it worked. We've actually got a, a newer version for the Coco 3 that's patched now by Robert Galt um, that actually adds, like, 80-column support and 40-column support. And nice. 6309 Optics. yeah. That's the one uh, Nick used to develop Gunstar and Popstar, actually. We should get Robert Galt on here. Yeah. I've tried before. He's he lives out in the boonies, so he's running off of a cell phone with you know not the greatest cell tower recipi- recipients. So he's kind of reception iffy on doing it because yeah. he doesn't know if the call would last. But we'll have to try sometime. Maybe an audio only call would work. This looks really good. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to uh, request humbly from Nick Morota that we make this the game of the week. Soon for our game on yeah. challenge, I'd love to. Play but we'll, this. we'll make it the artifact color one, just yes. so it's in the way that Dave originally planned yeah. it with an actual yeah. black well, background. Center. Stevie, you know how to get on the priority queue, right? Send your uh, send your tax PayPal. deductible donations. PayPal uh, twenty five twenty five ninety seven to. Uh... Well, you're going to get more than the author did. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Twenty twenty four nine twenty four ninety nine twenty four ninety nine sold. All right. So. <laughs> So can you do a, a bunch of different color changes with a uh, Coco VGA on this one? Oh, absolutely. You can palette yep. like this. Uh, or Coco 3 for Coco that matter. Three, even, yeah. 
Yeah. That's uh, cool. That's a beauty. Cool being able to Actually, one, one thing, thing I should mention uh, is that uh, since you never got paid for it, you know, from Spectral, even from the stuff you had had been sold, maybe we should kick you a few bucks, you know, for playing the game on the yeah on the show here too, just to kind of a thank you. If if you want to, I mean, it's certainly nothing nothing obligating you. To I'm going to have my accountant uh, David Ladd uh, get in touch with you. So, uh. <laughs> what's that one site that people use for their itch.io now? Itch.io. Itch.io. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, if you threw it up on there, you can actually you can have it as a fixed price if you want, or you can even have it you know, donate whatever you want. Steve's name, selling name his price, uh, Cosmic yeah. Aliens game on there. Yeah, might pick a few bucks up, and at least you know, maybe might bring you up to fifty after all these years. <laughs> yeah, double that, <laughs> double that revenue stream. <laughs> That'd be you know, all, all those guilty UK people that bought it that you never got paid for. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> could be could be like Nick uh, Nick Marentes and buy another Ferrari, <laughs> Matchbox one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I find this really interesting because I don't remember seeing this game uh, before. But what I like about it is it incorporates some familiar elements, like you mentioned, where you got things up top and you're shooting up at them. But then it also brings in things that you didn't necessarily have, like when they they turn into something else and they come down on you and the laser beams and all that kind of stuff. So to me, this is uh, definitely one of the better, um, more versatile space shooters for, especially for the Coco. Yeah. Uh, very and cool. enough variety it keeps you interested because you want to see like what's yeah. the next yeah you just want to keep playing to see what's them. the next uh, what's the next little critter going to be yeah I think the key I think the key word here is innovative innovative there we go Chad oh. see that was a very artistic thing of you to say there so that's awesome <laughs> yeah well I always said this I always said the same thing when I was arguing with uh, Commodore users who are only showing clones of existing eight uh, bit games and I said yeah. well check out this game by Nick Morentes it's not your typical game it's something new yeah no? that's Actually, awesome there's, you you, uh, you just reminded me of something uh, I I um, have you guys ever seen this is actually you'll, you'll probably find this also a friend of mine in high school we kind of had this little kind of competition back and forth uh, about who, who would write better games uh, Jim Summers uh, he, he wrote some uh, some really good stuff for the Commodore pet and uh, and eventually for the Commodore 64 uh, maybe take a look for his stuff as well if you're into Commodore stuff okay cool this one came out. He, he uh, called it, I think, uh, Alien Brood on one of the machines. David, were you aware of uh, OS9, and did you think of programming in BASIC 09? I, just as I was leaving the uh, the color computer, I was aware of OS9. I knew that it was coming out, but it uh, it seemed like uh, it, it required some additional investment or, or something, and it was it was just a little bit more than I was willing to commit at the time. So. Uh, but it did sound really interesting. I mean, it's very Unix-like, uh, or at least that's what I remember it being. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not Unix. I mean, we actually have a Fusix. That's a a project that uh, basically is an actual Unix for the Cocoa. But uh, OS nine was you know loosely based on, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, OS nine level one wasn't really. Uh, it, it was it was cool, but it wasn't super useful because you didn't have enough memory to do things. It really took off when the Cocoa three came out. And you had an MMU with you know extra memory and windowing and stuff like that. So yeah, I never had a, a Coco three. So I really like how this looks. This this is very really mesmerizing. Just look, watching all the things on yeah, the screen. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's did, cool. Did, did marijuana help you any while you were doing? Your- <laughs> <laughs> it's great enough for it. <laughs> this is a good game, man. 
no, no. Dave's, Ronnie Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Remember what Nancy Reagan said. That's right. Just say no. Since we're an she, said, show. she said, put the signs back 500 feet from the road. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was Lady Bird. I think that's a talk for after dark. Yeah. Yeah. I like this game, though. This looks really cool. I'm going to play it. I'm going to have to find it. Um, and just a quick message to David. Uh, there's always time to get a Coco 3. Yeah. Does anybody okay. know where I can get a pirated copy of this so the author can't get paid for it? <laughs> <laughs> I believe if you go to R. After the show, we do a bunch of things. Yeah. No, this is really cool. So, a, so, David, before you got out and you found out like sales weren't doing that good, had you planned a, another game, either a sequel or a brand new one that you were thinking of doing, and then once you found out you couldn't make any money, you kind of went, ah, screw it? Uh, I, I didn't really have anything specific in mind, or at least I don't recall having something specific in mind. But uh, I, I was really hoping that this was going to come out of the gates and, and, and be something. But when it didn't, it was, it was, uh, it was a disappointment. Yeah. And I, I just I went into university that year, so it wasn't like I had a whole bunch of extra time. Was this ever listed in the games? Uh, you know, in like Rainbow for people to put scoreboard. Their scores? You mean? Yeah. Well, there were only six copies out there, yeah. so it would have been a really short list, right? Well, you don't think there would be only six <laughs> copies now, do you? <laughs> okay. I think a question. I don't. I don't remember if it was or not. You can't have. I can't have. You don't think the real numbers are accurate? What, when was this made? 1984. I mean, I, I made it in 83, but it was published in 84. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> if there's any, any, any further comments, questions for, for David here, either in the chat or on the panel? Hey, um, well, I'll ask. So, would you? Do you ever? Are we okay to use the game on the as a game on challenge? Is that sure? Okay? Feel free. Okay. Will you partake in it if we do? Um, well, that that would probably not be fair. I, I spent a year debugging this. <laughs> oh no no! Nick Nick Morenti showed us that you can rate the game and still not be number one. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's ringing. Yeah, that's <laughs> hello. Hello? 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 Hi, Hello? Hi. I thought I just Hello. Hello. was showing up on the computer here, but uh, apparently Stat not. Statue? <laughs> now, you, you said you spent <clears throat> like a year debugging it and stuff there that you might have an unfair advantage, but you also said you haven't touched a Cocoa in 35 years, so I don't know if that's... Uh... I think it's a handicap. Well, you also yeah. haven't met Buck Owens, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, David. Buck Owens or Tasman or Frodo, we have a number... Frodo, of... yeah, yeah. I know what Curtis did... Boyle, let's not forget Curtis... David, what did you think of the uh, MC10, or what do you know about it, or do you? Care? I, I I remember thinking at the time, oh, that's just a, a miniature, uh, low cost version of the Coco. I don't I don't need that because I got the full sized one. Although uh, I'm finding out now that it's a very different machine. And um, yes, different. Have CPU you heard what everything. what they've done to it now? Uh, what have they done to it now? Well, they've made it bigger <laughs> and better than the uh, Coco Three. They're releasing peripherals. <laughs> it's exaggerating releasing, a little bit. Yeah. They're releasing peripherals for it that give it more bit. memory and better basic and things It's got an like SD that. card reader now and stuff, too. All so. kinds it's of got stuff quite there. a following still. It, yeah. it's they put that one memory expansion than, on it. It makes it, a really good bookend. We overlap with the MC-10 a, a bit here. It's faster it's than a, a Coco 3. It's a more effective doorstop. Okay, actually, It weighs more with all the stuff that's added to it. We stopped doing a doorstop jokes about a year ago, too, so... 
<laughs> we started them again today. No. <laughs> well, technically, it's still valid because it's a micro color computer. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's actually, we don't know. So yeah. Well, actually, technically, yeah. technically, yes. So yes. no, nope, you can still buy them. <laughs> yeah, like like everything else, it's gotten some modern upgrades, which is nice to see. And yep. um, there's a there's a gentleman in our community by the name of Jim Gary who has been porting things to it like like gangbusters. So there's literally hundreds and hundreds of um, a lot of the stuff from the magazines and the type ins from from literally all around the world. He's converted to run on the MC10. So yep, from various platforms too. Um, it's not just Coco stuff. Yeah. He's converting Pat so, and Vic Twenty um, and for, all kinds of stuff. For a small contribution, probably what you made from this, he can do it for the MC10. <laughs> so yeah, so the MC10 is and it's getting it's it's getting kind of its uh, renaissance again too, is with some of the even newest upgrades. Um, like the SD card reader is really compelling. Yeah, so, I bet it isn't on eBay for eleven fifty now either, is it? <laughs> nah. But yeah, I like Stevie's idea, and, and Nick, you can let us know when we get scheduled if we do Star Spores as the game of the week type thing. We'll see if we can get Dave back on and actually get him to participate in, in the high scores. Curtis, the schedule is written in oatmeal, so it's it's kind of fluid. Technically, it is not a fluid or a solid. So, it is a mixture. So I can definitely bump that. Like I said, I can dump that into priority queue depending on how you know, things yes. go. I, Send your payments to Nick well, Morota, P.O. Box Maple Syrup, somewhere Canada. I have a vague roadmap of things <laughs> I want to do, but I certainly stuff things in ahead of time if something's really compelling. And this is compelling, so we'll yeah. probably do this one very soon. And, and you and Nick and Dave are both in Ontario, too, so they're actually kind of neighbors in a way. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, played a, I just played a little bit of it on VCC. It's a really cool game. I like it. I've never played it back in the day. It's good. David, please come back again. Yeah. Sorry we beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> if we can ever convince you to actually take some, you know, Cocoa time to actually, you know, write something new or, or stay in the community, like you said, you're going to be active in the Turbo Graphics. You know, we'll give you as much encouragement as we can. And the HIO is not a bad idea. I think some people would just, you know, send some money your way for, for making this game because you kind of got ripped off by the uh, distributor yeah, back in the day. Definitely. Yeah. We could make, make a nice commercial for you. Okay. <laughs> Please set up Come back for after charge. dark. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, well, you're welcome to hang out as long. I know you are a little bit time crunched, uh, David, uh, but you're welcome to hang with us as long as you can and feel free to chime in at any given time. Um, I think before we go to our next guests and our next presentation, we'll probably take a, a, a brief commercial break if, if that's okay with everyone. Uh, yep. and then we'll Do you have the back. Star Sports commercial ready? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so then we'll be back after <laughs> after this. We'll be back with AC's Eight Bit Zone, our our second special guest today, which we appreciate you being here too, AC. Um, thanks, David. And you don't have to go, but stay as long as you can. And I look forward to playing your game. I think it looks really, really cool. I'm just I regret not having seen it sooner. So. Um, and, yeah, and, and we can now uh, we can uh, communicate on uh, Discord, which is great too. So, fan freaking tabulous. So we'll be back after these words, boys and girls. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. 
Who's new to Discord this week? Please welcome D Spears 0809 Daniel. His first computer was a Coco 2. He's into Cocos and Commodores, and he's looking to see what type of hacky things people are doing these days. Ensign Rutherford was sent to us by Robert Galt. He's trying to get a Coco SDC working with virtual hard drive images. D Shadow Dave is the author of Star Spores. He's been into the TRS-80 line since 1980, and he's currently working with the emulated Mr. Line. AC's 8-bit zone is reviving his Coco hobby after 18 years. He participated in Septandy with lots of cool Coco videos. Coco Nut 1973 Chad, well that's Nick Morenti's neighbor. He's a fellow Aussie and Coco Nut, and his favorite game is Rupert Rhythm. Turbo X-Ray Rick, he owned a Coco 2 and wrote plenty in Basic. He's currently doing retro dev on 8-bit consoles and soon hopes to do one for the Coco 3. LOL Craigs, he used to create Coco hardware. He had a home-based business called Radical Electronics. Tech Nobly, Brett, was invited by Mr. Dave 6309. He says he's into the Vectrex big time. His first computer was the Coco 3. He's looking to learn more about the homebrew Coco scene. Electronics junkie Brian, he still has his original 4K Coco, which has been heavily upgraded and modified. He's currently working with VCC and the Coco Pi 3 to fool around. And as always, a special thanks to Boyce on Tech, our Coco Talk patrons, David Ladd, Jim Rye, Paul Fiscarelli, Rob Inman, and Terry Steggy for boosting the Discord server. Join us on Discord at discord.cocotalk.live. And now these messages. Hello, I'm David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. Good night. This is Nick Marionettes. Crikey. After you buy Gunstar... Stop right there. Okay, fine. After you bought Gunstar, go ahead and buy your copy of the Coco Fest edition of... Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. It's a quarter of the quality at half the cost. ESP 8266-01 RS232 TTL Wi-Fi Network 4-pin DIN Fitbanger DB9 PC IP DriveWire 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 This portion of Coco Talk brought to you by Placeblex Dietary Supplement Placeblex Thought to help you with your floppy life. In a world where hard drives rule and floppies are superfluous, one man, one legend, one old fart dared to learn the floppy and took the brunt of jokes then all hard drives and SSDs died but the floppy survived and the only man who knew floppies became a legend once more. Floppy Life, the David Ladd story. This summer, straight to YouTube.
8 slot MPI, floppy drive, Coco SDC, sound speech pack, orchestra 90, RS-232 pack, modem pack, super IDE. You start adding all those together if you want them all usable at the same time. Well, guess what? You just went over the four slot MPI. David Ladd. Oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Wow. And we are back. What do we say about all that, David Ladd? To know nope. him is to love him. Nobody really? said why you need really? all those usable at the same time. Why, David, do you need all of those usable at the same time? Uh, what are you Nick, doing? Nick, we'll get on video and I'll demonstrate. <laughs> no, thanks. It sounds like a threat. He's using OS 9. Run, Nick, run. Uh, today in Coca Talk After Dark. Right. <laughs> L. Curtis Boyle, would you like to introduce our next special guest today? Our next special guest, uh, we've uh, shown his video is actually since September he started here. He's been doing a lot of Cocoa stuff, and he was a Cocoa user back in the day, and he dug all of his stuff out of storage. And he's been doing repair videos and stuff on it. And uh, he and his, his son are active. Sorry, he and his son are active in a Game One challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's been taking place. Even his son's joining in now too, so that's cool. Uh, he's known as AC's Eight Bit Zone. I will let you let himself introduce himself as, by his full name if he wishes, and uh, take it away. Hey there, Curtis. Yes, so uh, my name is Alan, and uh, everybody calls me AC here around the zone. Then we'll call you AC. <laughs> All right. You didn't say friends. You just said people call you, right? Well, okay. Uh, you're now my friend. Okay, AC. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You're, you're part of the, you, the, friend, the friendly zone now. Thanks, AC. <laughs> yeah. You're a good guy. We keep going. Yeah. So my first question for you, because you, you did come through in Septandi. We, we were trying to feature as many of the Septandi videos we could. And, I mean, Septandi for the Coco this year was huge, uh, much better than the previous year. There was a, just a ton of videos from yourself and many others. And you've actually stuck with it afterwards, which is something that a lot of the other ones didn't. They did their Septandi in September, and that was the end of it type thing, and you've actually stuck with it. I think part of that is because you were a Cocoa user from back in the day, and you kind of rediscovered the community because a few of us contacted you through your videos. So what prompted you to join the Septandi this round in the first place? Did you just, like, happen to see your Cocos and start somewhere and said, ah, I should throw something in, or what, what happened there? Yeah, sure. So they've been in boxes you know, next door to the area where I've been working. And so I had started the, the whole YouTube thing and, and working on Commodore and C64s. And I saw Seth Tandy coming along and I said, huh, yeah, there's nothing, you know, I, I've forgotten everything I knew about Coco. There's not possibly anything that I could share with this knowledgeable community. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. I mean, just seeing, you know, seven or eight or nine Cocos out of storage could be an interesting thing so i thought well i'll do one thing during september where videos were trs80 i will make at least a video that shows my collection and i'll end it with that and that that'll be the end of it but that will be something at least that i can contribute Okay. And then you decided to stick around just because of the reaction, or, or do you kind of got the nostalgia back? Oh, no, no. Uh, well, that was good, too. So I was getting maybe a few dozen views on Commodore videos, and, and definitely this, the, the candy views shot up. You know, it was 10 or 20 times the engagement. And 
and so that was great. But uh, also, what made me want to stick around was I started having fun uh, looking at the old hardware, and I started remembering some of the things that I had, had once wanted to, to do with the Coco, and uh, I found out that uh, you know those five machines that I just powered up out of the blue they actually work. Mainly, I was really surprised by that, and uh, so it just sort of revived all the interests that I've always had, and you know, I, I, had, I put them all away in the, I think it was the early 90s when I went off to university, and like many people, got to cut the PC, and then I tried to reopen the Coco hobby in the early 2000s. And then we moved and everything got packed up again. So it's always sort of been in the back of my mind and just dragging it all out and seeing everything just, you know, reminded me of all that stuff I had planned. So, so it was, okay. I'm just going to mention something here quickly too. I, th I think you're still coming in through your laptop, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Is it terrible? I can't, no. I, I've been playing with this the entire time. This is a, I can't get this activated for some reason. I mean, I'm getting yeah. audio through the new headset, but I'm not getting. That's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, it is okay. just funny because when we did the test yesterday, you sounded great. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I modern like technology. Gonna, yeah. Probably okay. This is just now. a rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah, you might actually have both now because you sounded good on just the laptop, Mike, earlier in this show, and now there's a weird thing going on. Well, yeah, there's a bit of a Maybe try a different both. USB port too. I had problems with my uh, Turtle Beach headset. Plugged it into one USB port, it had problems. Plugged it into a different one, and it worked fine. That's so weird. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. I don't. I don't want to disrupt from the interview. Though we can hear you. Well, so, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I can get that better. You know, before a future. No, you're fine. You're fine. We can hear yeah. you. I don't want to yeah. disrupt you. You're good. I mean, if, if you want, you can move the laptop a little bit closer to you, so it picks up your voice a little bit better. That might help. Yeah, a little and, bit, but. and also the the laptop fan is running like mad. That probably doesn't help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that could be what the, the noise is. I don't know. I don't know where the microphone is on this laptop. Probably it's, it's probably a pinhole in the bezel above the screen next to the uh, webcam. You sound okay, though. You don't sound fine. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. get psyched okay. out about it. Yeah. Don't get, yeah, just <laughs> keep going. I'm all self conscious now. No, no. sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Exactly. Guys. I'm kidding. How long had your YouTube channel been around? I think I started it in July of this year. Of this year. Okay, so you're you're relatively new to YouTube then. I'm brand new, right? My son and I, uh, actually, my son wanted a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and we decided, okay, he'll start one, I'll start one, and uh, this was the you know, hardware and computers was the, the only thing I could imagine myself working on. Right, so that, right. that was obvious for me. That what does your son do on YouTube? He does, he, so he plays Nintendo Switch games, and uh -huh. he makes exercise videos. Oh, neat. All kinds of cool stuff. Kids would love it if they could find it. It's just a huge scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he's not on uh, freaking TikTok, too. So that's where my daughter spends all her time, man. That just drives <laughs> me insane. He mentioned that thing this morning, and I said, "Oh no, are we getting ready to go there next?" Uh, no, nah, don't don't get don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked in. <laughs> no, I said, uh, "I said, isn't that the channel where all they do is go yeah like this yeah, and dance yeah. and stuff?" And, and he said, "Well, they do that too, but it's more than yeah. that." 
So, so back in the day when you were using the cocoa, like back in the eighties, were you into the hardware side of things then too, or is that something that no. happened later? No, then I took a lot of things apart and I didn't put any of them back together. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that was some, in, in some sick way, maybe that was setting me up for being better at hardware in the future. <laughs> so when, when did you get into hardware and on what platform or what type of things would, did you get oh, back into it? Okay. On? So I would say I was always mechanically inclined. And so when I went off to college, I was going to be an engineer and I was going to be an ME. And in the freshman year, I decided, you know what? I always loved programming, which went back to the Coco One. Maybe I'll just become an, a double E. So, so that's what I did. I went the double E route. And so, you know, I learned all these things that made me think back to the Coco. And I thought, oh, now I know how some of that stuff was actually working. This is so cool. I've got to go back to that one of these days. And just dig in there and look under the hood. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. So when yeah. you say EE, that's electrical engineer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, so they had, the schools were beginning to have to offer computer engineering, where you, you do computer science and you do the electrical. Right. Element. Uh, and some of the crowds, some of my uh, fellow students were doing that at the time. But I just went the, the strict double E route. And we didn't get so much exposure to programming. So it was just something that that I sort of pulled along on the side, you know, as I, as I went. And it was always a side hobby. And, uh, but my first sort of discipline that I worked in was digital design. So, so I got a lot of a background there, and uh, and then just, you know from there went through many several different disciplines, all within double E, and and that's still what I'm doing today. Very cool. Okay, I just want to bring up a comment from the chat. Apparently, your wife's in there watching as well, and oh, uh, mentioned that uh, Nathan does trick shots on his channel too. And no, a big capitalized no to Nathan being on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've, we've been chatting with her. She seems very nice. Yeah. She is. She is awesome. And she probably knows a lot more about TikTok than I do. So let's take her advice. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She uh, played last week. She played uh, Buzzer. Yeah. That is yeah, so awesome. And yet she had a, a respectable score. And to her credit, I think she only tried about five or six games. So I thought she caught on a lot quicker than I did. Wow, that's uh, awesome. She's looking forward to Lancer, so that docks her down a couple pegs in my book. <laughs> no, that puts her up at the top <laughs> echelon, I think. Uh, uh, no, nah, just tease it. Actually, Lancer's got his redeeming qualities, too. Yeah, I got to uh, say, I, I am really pleased with how this year's Septandy came about, and I'm glad we got to meet guys like you, even though now we're technically meeting you, but we got to see your channel and your videos, and I think Curtis did a phenomenal job kind of curating uh, the this, the plethora of, of information that was coming It was on. a lot of work. There was a yeah. lot of them. And so... It, it was... Yes, it was... Uh, sorry to overrun you there, but yeah. yes, it was outstanding that he even found me, because I think only uh, a couple dozen people had even found my channel at the point in time that he yeah. found it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where do you live, AC? Right. Oh, what, what was the question? Where do you live? I live in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh. Cool. No, you're not in too far life. from the Amigos then. They're in West Virginia. Right. So I grew up in Tennessee, and in Roanoke is only uh, about 150 miles from where I grew up. Great place here. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that we've been able to uh, do a lot of cross-pollination and get to see some of these people's uh, videos. And we've met a lot. Like, um, one of the first kind of synergies we formed was with the Amigos Retro Gaming Group. And there are, there are some good guys, and they've got some, um, you know, they've got their own followers and people that have been watching their stuff. And then so we've kind of gained some uh, viewers to our show because of them and kind of the relationship we formed there. And then we've met people like Canadian retro things and yourself and a handful of people. And so I think it's great when we can kind of cross pollinate and share exposure to one another and hopefully get each other some uh, more viewers and things like that too. And it really helps, you know, collectively the whole kind of retro space. And I think that really, it just really synergized very well this year, this Septandy. So I'm really pleased on how how much we've seen and how many people have learned about more things, man. So I just the, it's been right. amazing. So I didn't even know about Coco Talk, and I would well, get off the show. Get off the show right now. <laughs> if I ever would have found it if, if I hadn't stumbled into Set Tandy and you know and Curtis just happened to say at one time, "Hey, there's this Coco show." Well, I was bored to think that someone was still talking about the Coco, and. It, you know, at weekly at that. So I thought this would be a chance for me to get into it in the way that I you know, wanted to back in the late 80s. But I just didn't have the wherewithal, didn't have the connections, wasn't online. Right, right. And, you know, now this gives me that chance to sort of relive it and explore some of the, the thoughts and ideas that, that I may have had back then and just didn't act on. Yeah, I got I got another question for you. <clears throat> so since the eighties when you were in the cocoa and now that you've come back, you know, um you're here now, um have you heard of some of the advances that we've stuck on the machine and even like with yes. the MC ten? What what do you yes. think about all that stuff? Okay, so um so let me step back. I mean, even DriveWire was new to me, and that's really old now. That's like old news. But but that was new to me. Um, and then at that back at that time, I know that the you know, giving Coco an IDE interface was the next big thing. And I had some ideas about that back then. You know, that's coming on now. So now I'm aware of uh, what is it? Coco SDC and Coco VGA. And all the things that have been built are, they're outstanding. I don't own any of those, either of those yet, but I'm sure I will eventually. And uh, yes, it's, it's definitely enabling to, to developers and just users of the system. So yeah, yeah. That, you know, you're not getting, you're not having to dust off the floppy every time and, and you find out that yes, something else has gone wrong and broken on it. And or you know you've lost data off the old magnetic media or whatever, and so I think that is huge for helping prolong the life of, of the system. 
But yeah, it's great. I, and I don't have those yet, and I've talked to Curtis about it a couple of times. And uh, my, my thought process is I want to go back to where I left off and pick up there and, you know, walk through the muck and mire just a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, to just, you know, remember what I, all the things I've forgotten. Right. right? And, and then, you know, walk towards some of the newer uh, amenities and some of the additions that are out there. And, yeah, but it looks it's outstanding. So the, the new hardware development that's happening, um, what is that? There's something big. Uh, the Gimme X. Yeah, yeah. Gimme X. So it, will that be a a what a, a forty pin dip chip or whatever that's that's plug and play replaceable for the the original chip in the Coco Three? It'll yeah. plug in where the Coco Three chip is, and then you can link it up to the the memory board. It has the DAT built in for doing the two meg and even an eight meg. Ed's planning an eight meg RAM upgrade for it as well. Okay. Yeah. See, that's that's exciting. And you know, not only the, the hardware that has come out, uh, I couldn't believe people were still writing amazing games. Uh, so I I purchased pipes two weeks ago, and we're sorry, and, but go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to give Nick a shout out. Uh, great game, my whole family loved it. That's awesome. And, yeah, definitely keep them coming. Yeah. Actually, one thing I want to touch on too with you is that you you you've not only come back; your whole family's joined in. They're they're playing some of the games. They're actually yeah. participating in the in the Coco community to an extent here, which is not something we see that often. I know, like Steve's younger daughter used to play yeah. some of the games, but she yeah. doesn't really anymore. But yeah, too busy on Croker, TikTok now. The Croker family yeah. plays, and <laughs> that gave me the idea. Uh, you know, I thought, hey, of course, you know, kids would like to play these old two D games, and you know, they like them. Uh, I I noticed that um, it sort of flip flopped the uh, name of the game. It's so so I lose to my son all the time if we play Nintendo Switch. But this has turned the tables on him. So right, or now you, now you, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. That awesome. is interesting. Um, it's the only thing I can done... beat him at, but that's yeah. <laughs> If you haven't done so already, check out Nick's back catalog. He's got all of his. Uh, up older games from like the 80s through to the uh, early 90s on a, on a disc, oh, okay. including can Popstar you, Pilot. Can you just go so you can get it through Stevie or through Nick. No, you uh, go to nickmorentes.com. You can get everything there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Will do. Yeah, I, I, wanna, I also wanted a, uh, a Coco Talk mug and a sweatshirt, so... Christmas is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need we need to set that up, or the guests we'll, we'll send we'll send one to the guests. So we'll see if we can do something like that. Yeah. Actually, every okay. week I, on I'll, Saturday it's Christmas here. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I have to say, uh, I I love turning on Coco Talk when I'm working on one of my new videos for the channel, or if I'm just you know poking around in one in a piece of hardware or something. It's it's just. <clears throat> perfect backdrop so you're you're working on a coco you're listening to the coco talk and yeah you know, it's just you know you're immersed in it oh that's awesome that's that's living awesome. the dream i think we call it yeah yeah living the we're, dream. Awesome. we're sorry right <laughs> but, i mean and, and and i know this i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna disclaim by saying it's obviously a bias for me to say this but i have not been on these past two weeks and so uh, i've been listening to the shows during my commutes and driving around 
And I and I actually enjoy listening to the show for the same reasons. It's talking about one of the few things in the world I'm interested in, which is the freaking color computer. So to hear exactly. people talk about it for hours on end and have it to be both entertaining and informative, I, I really have enjoyed listening to these past two week shows, not in, having been a part of them. You know, so it was I, fun I for me. I can imagine that, and hopefully. You know, fortunately, you didn't fall asleep and veer off the highway. <laughs> so, I've had seizures, but I've catch. never fallen asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. People people are viewing and listening to this? You mean this is being broadcast somewhere? <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in our mind, we're famous. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can yeah, count but- on how many times on one hand that I've been recognized. Jason Coco Fest doesn't count though. So, oh no, well, Coco Tropic made some of us uh, actual money and cars and so on. Yeah, Nick Morantes is a (laughs) multi-millionaire. The other thing is too in Australian dollars. Playing those video (laughs) games with your with your family is far better than making bloody TikTok videos. For God's sake. What about a TikTok video of playing a Coco game? No, there you go. <laughs> That'll be okay. Oh, oh, now you open the can of worms. Yeah, now you cross kind the streams there. Kind of a, a maybe a compliment or comment though, but I'm not sure if this is something from your current career. But for only doing videos since July, I have to say I think your videos are very good. I think you lay them out very well, and you really break down the steps. I like how you do your videos when you're trying to like when you're doing a repair video. I think you do a very good job. They're very polished, and I, I, I like them. So I'm not, and I'm not oh. sure if that's experience from your career or, but it seems like you've really picked up the knack very quickly of putting these videos together. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, what's the email address where I should send the kickback to? You? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to fit in here. You're going to fit in right here. Well, it's you a great counterpoint. It's, it's, the email address is bribes at cocotalk.com. <laughs> bribes. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, videos are a great counterpoint to I this, think this little should, thing we do every week. Mm-hmm. I think you should change your name to AC's 8-bit slash 16-bit zone. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. our, our, uh, our processor does the 16 also. You know, there's something in there. Well, okay, so the, uh, what is it, the D register is 16-bit, isn't it? And there's yeah. an address. And X and Y. X, Y, U, S, W, D. Yeah, it, it's a really rich. W rich if you're a one percenter. Did you know that um, in the 80s that, that this was an advanced? No, um, you know, this is interesting. Um, glad you mentioned that. So uh, in my career, um, I think it was in the early 2000s, I started working with a group at work that was using the 68HC11, which was okay. a derivative. And this was just before they sold, they spun it off as Freescale. And that group of guys had been programming the 68 family in assembly language. And they and they've been programming it since, I think, the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, so anyway, the products they were working on just continued to use the really low-end microprocessors and then they became microcontrollers right with all of the inbuilt peripherals and their whole product was based around these two and three dollar do-it-all chips and so I was just astounded that they were still programming uh, commercial and industrial equipment 
in an assembly language. So I got to pick up some 6800 assembly in I think 2002 and 2003. So, um, you know, we didn't do graphics and sound. It was more industrial. We did you know, control loops, PID, and, you know, interrupts and timing, and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, so I know a lot about the, the architecture, and I'm hoping maybe I'll have an opportunity somehow to sort of uh, mesh that in with, with the cocoa at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. What, one one thing I wanted to follow up uh, with what, what Brian Weiser said about your videos being very well polished, and the other thing I like about your videos is that you don't jump cut just to the solution. You actually go through the process of, like somebody who actually is debugging something, like you'll go down a false road for a while and then have to come back and not something else type thing, which I think is really educational because some people make these videos where in two minutes you have the solution as if the guy was a genius and just picked out, you know, that, well, that's exactly what's wrong type thing. But you actually take it through the process so that it's more realistic, I think, for somebody trying to learn this. Yeah, I, I appreciate that in someone else's video when I'm actually trying to do it myself and I, I want I want almost a step-by-step -step or a recipe uh, you know I, I, I do appreciate the really wow videos that you know they just amaze you it's like they just you know, they cost and this thing was created but um, so I'm trying to make mine so that you can actually do this yourself at home if you have just a little bit of a flip yeah, I would I would wind up like that guy that keeps zapping himself. You ever see that? <laughs> oh, electro, electro, electro boom. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and one another thing about the videos is uh, I think some of some other uh, some of my contemporaries uh, seems like they really go completely unscripted and they just start with a black box and they they walk through every bit of it and it almost seemed like you know they could do no wrong and they they get you know they, they fix it or do whatever to it by the end but the way i usually do it is i i sort of need to know what the end what how it's going to conclude before i even think about a video so i usually get into it deep enough sort of know where it, where it's headed but i may not know all of you know every detail Sounds like our show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so then when I do make a video of it, I, I do, I go back and I recreate like exactly what I learned as I went through it originally. So sometimes it's, it's a recreation of what happened, and um, you know just try to make the video better. Um, but if I make a mistake, I'll go ahead and include that in there too. If That's I, cool. I blow a fuse, or if I if I fry an IC, you'll get to see that it happens. <laughs> yeah, we don't fix anything. It just just spin <laughs> <spent> out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about the editing process too, because you were you meant you actually kind of answered the question already. That I I didn't know if you just recorded everything and then you lump pieces together to make the video afterwards, or if you you went through the process first, then decided that's worth making a video on, then go back to it. So yeah, what I found out, uh, I made the first one that way. I, it ended up being two videos about restoring Commodore 64C, and it ended up being maybe, maybe an hour of, of video total, in the two, two episodes. But I had like a hundred hours of recorded high def video footage, 
and it was a nightmare, you know, moving, editing all that and cutting it down. And was that boy, where you, you beat it with a hammer at the end? <laughs> it was, yeah, you um, you end up formatting the hard drive. Right. You, you, you yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's, so that was chaos. And I, I learned a lot during that, making that first video that you really need to sort of know where you're going or you're just going to have. Uh, yeah. I had a similar experience of- uh, recently doing uh, a MAME video, like how to set up MAME to be a color computer. And I must have done and redid that whole thing probably six times. Like I say, probably in, uh, you know an hour and a half worth of me screwing up and saying something stupid or forgetting what I was doing before I finally got it down to the, about the six minutes that it needed to be. Exactly. And, then, and then I said, yeah, I can't edit this. This is stupid. This And so then I had to just redo it. So I ended up doing and redoing that video, even though I knew exactly the five steps I needed to do for whatever reason. It yes. was like a four-day process. And I eventually got that one video video that pretty much got it in one take um but but i just felt that that's what this video needed rather than me kind of you know clipping and right. chopping stuff up you know so they don't, they don't, people don't want to see us scratching our head for an hour because <laughs> you know. all, all that stuff with the oh that damn user interface where did i go to get to this and get to that damn it i don't remember <laughs> yeah this is why i don't do hardware videos because i'd be soldering my hair and yeah, trying to get my so. hair out of it <laughs> yeah i heard it's about amusing. Some solder in there, and so I was curious what that uh, what that was about. Yeah, yeah. No, I literally did that back in the day, as Bill Noble would tell you, because he was there when I did it. So <laughs> I, I was leaning over my desk with soldering, and I don't solder. I'm terrible hardware, and I was trying to figure out what two wires, and I didn't notice that the soldering iron had come up to where my hair was. My hair was a fair bit longer then, and all of a sudden, what the hell's that smell? Go <laughs> <laughs> down, like I got, I got melted tips there, and you know, somebody's making chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smells like Canadian you say back bacon. hair does not smell like chicken. <laughs> uh, burnt hair taste, smell, smell, taste. Smells disgusting. Uh, <laughs> uh, AC, you also need to throw in a rage quit episode too. Oh, where you where you just you just throw it all in the trash can and yeah. enough. Yeah. Don't use enough. a color computer for that. <laughs> can't work this out enough. I've had it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never. I, I never. I, I don't think I would ever give up on any of these machines. Yeah. You should show the uh, um, audience though what blue smoke looks like. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The magic smoke. I can't quite. I can't quite convey the smell over the camera. Mm. Yeah. Especially yeah. especially so, fried yeah. electrolytic capacitors. They stink. Yeah. Yeah. AC, so, I am. I am really grateful. I'm thank, thankful that you have been an active participant in the Game On Challenge as well. It's been a real. Uh, we've gotten a few people from different areas, as Stevie mentioned earlier, uh, who came from different groups and whatnot. And they've they've also started taking part in the Game On. So we have a nice loyal, between twenty and thirty people who play every week, which is uh, which is really great. So thank you very much that you you and your son both play, and we love that too. The fact that uh, generations are playing together. Uh, we have that with David and his son Joshua and daughter Kiana, and you and then your wife played last week. So we, it's really uh, adds a lot to the uh, to the segment for me that families are uh, playing together. So thank you for uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having the segment. And Nathan's listening, so I know he loves hearing that he's welcome. Oh, absolutely, yeah. he is. Yeah, Just you remember, know. Nathan. No TikTok. No TikTok, Nathan. Say no, <laughs> say no to TikTok. Listen, uh, your your check didn't clear, so you'll have to go off. The, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I take that all back then. No, yeah. <laughs> no seriously. 
Um, yeah, I, so with, with Game On, I, I like it because it gives me a uh, sort of a plan that I can follow. It's a menu, right? And it, it's going to guide me through all the games that I haven't played yet on the Coco. Because uh, I was t- telling Curtis the other day, we didn't have a, a local Coco users group in my small hometown. So I wasn't part of the pirating scene and didn't have more than maybe five games in my whole collection. Wow. So almost all the games that all of you guys like are games I haven't even seen yet or I've maybe awesome. heard of the title. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of the goals. Me, yeah, this is a play-by-play. I could focus on a game every week, and after a year, I'm going to know 52 new games to me. The Coco Archives is why there's Christmas Whenever no, you go there, I know. yeah, it, it's Everything. fun. Yeah. It's it's fun to play with the same game with a bunch of people too and talk about it and like we don't yeah. stress we don't stress the high score. We we rank them just for fun, but it's really fun just to you know compare how you do and just have a have a it's laugh. It's kind of a collective experience. You get everybody yeah. doing yeah. something fun throughout the week and sharing yeah. and sharing that. You know, so so sometimes you see strategies that you you'd never know. But like I, I've seen a few of the gameplays here where I've played the game for 30 years and I never knew this one trick type thing. And geez, if I've been dumb all this time, cause this is yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. 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 Like I can't wait to hear the discussion for this week's game because there was some special maneuver that I kept hearing about. And uh, none, the three of Jiggling. us found that. Yeah. We don't even know what that, we don't know what you're talking about. So I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, er- that was Erico. Yeah. He was the, he, he was a master of the game this week. Er- ah. Jiggling. We'll have to we'll have to see what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, any teasers you can give us on what we can expect in the near future on your channel? Okay. I don't know which one's coming out first, but I'll tell you what I'm working on right now. I uh, found out that my cassette recorder player doesn't work, so it's probably going to get repaired. I um, I have a Coco Three that. Uh, that I powered on and it has gibberish on the screen. So, you know, that, that, that computer is probably worth more than my entire rest of my collection. So I need to get that repaired, right? <laughs> um, Coco 3 is a new currency, it seems. So. They yeah, are, point. they are. Now, I've been using my Coco 2 mainly because I have so many of them and, and a few of them have problems, as you've seen, that I've been working through. So, and plus that's the one that I spent most of my time on back in the day so i thought let me start there and then uh i can't wait to you know get more grounded and get some experience and and, and then move into the cooker three that's awesome now, i want to mention something too because we're kind of on the subject of games a bit here <clears throat> but you're actually working on some new intro music for your channel <clears throat> for your videos here and you've actually got a little you know 16 second clip or whatever here have you ever got any feedback on that yet because i know you're asking for some feedback on it yes someone said let me read this to you i think i had one comment so so it came out last night and i, I was saying hey i'm trying to come up with a new intro clip that i put in front of all my videos does anyone like this one so what i did is i made a little 15 second clip that's sort of a flashback to war games. Okay. And you know, there are dial up modems in that movie, and yeah. you know, Joshua's computerized voice came over and, you know, shall we play a game? So it's it's about that. And I got one. Okay, there's a couple more comments. Oh. 
Did you tell me you named? No, your son's not Joshua. Sorry, I'm thinking of David Craker. Sorry, my apologies. Joshua, right. well, that, would, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been uh, why that. Yeah, your son is Nathan. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if David Craker. Loved I think he did. I thought he told me that, but I could be wrong. But anyway, my hey, do you, do you want me to play that current one you've got now? And sure, so it's really kind of, quick. It, 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 all, it couldn't hurt people too badly. I have it here. I think it's only like 16 seconds. So, go ahead and slide the volume up a little bit louder than you do usually, Curtis, too, so we can really hear it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the world premiere of AC's 8 bit zone 15 <laughs> second uh, video intro. A long distance dedication. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Right. Cool. I, you know, cool. I notice I didn't type in global thermonuclear yeah. war. Wouldn't fit in the 32 column screen. I need to put in the, uh, the 80 column poke for that. Right. We, we, yeah, we play again. That's cool. Yeah, it's very 8 bit sounding, very 80s electronica with that theme there. I like that. Right, but you know, you've had eight bits in the basement on in the past, and he has mm -hmm. a really cool little intro. You know, it's a little blocky thing, and I assume he made that himself. Um, other people have these really cool little things. I'm not really gifted with with video graphic production and all that, so it's not easy to come up with something. No, that's cool. It works. Good. That works. So we're looking um, forward to more did. videos and definitely look forward to it. Anytime you want to jump on the show, feel free to. Yeah, there's one actually mentioned in the in the news today because you just released one, so we'll, yeah. we'll mention that. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I never know what people need. It, it almost seems like maybe I'm the only one out there with broken cocos. It seems like I have a lot of them. Uh, but if, if you ever have a topic that is burning on your mind, uh, definitely let me know and... I'll see if that could somehow you know, make it to the list. AC, have you um, seen my um, WeFax stuff? No, what is that? It's a weather fax you can receive on the color computer. It's just something I used to do like 30 years ago, too. And then just recently I started doing it again. It was fun. But it's something different than just playing games or you know drawing on the computer. This is actually receiving a weather chart from uh, the radio. Yeah, you showed it on the show last week if you want to see it. Yeah, if you were on. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that one. That is that would be interesting. I've I've heard that people have the cocoa on the internet. And that yep. blows my mind. Yeah. Um we also do uh telnet to uh bulletin boards and do stuff with that too, and that's fun. Are there so I was curious, are there actually bulletin boards still out there and operating? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Mostly hosted yes. on the internet, so you get to them via you know an IP address or something. But some have dial-up numbers still. Yeah. I, I use my uh, RS-232 pack and go into uh, my PC with uh, um, uh, USB, you know, 25 pin hooked up to it, and I run a little. Um, program that makes my uh, uh, COM port available to it. And so then I can tell that and do other things with it. You can do well, it too. Be that would be really cool because I didn't get to experience that back in the day. Maybe I could somehow you know, 
Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, if you want, hook up with me on that stuff. And if you want me to, uh, we can get together on, uh, I can make you up uh, some kind of a logo for your show. If you want something static, I can do that. You know, I'd, Ron's, Ron's I also artistic. Yeah, I, I, oh, designed, yeah. Uh, I designed the um, Coco Facebook groups uh, header, you know, and a uh, bunch of other ones. So. Well, that would be great. Maybe we can uh, connect that way. And uh, yeah, any suggestions that you have, I think it would be almost better to take content from, from other viewers and use that as much as possible rather than you know, try to make it myself. Well, you got to hook up in Discord or whatever and talk, you know, yeah. talk about yep. all this stuff. You know how Coco Talk has a, they have a stock um, logo for their show. And maybe you should have one too, you know, where it's just yeah. uh, so that, you know, it's like with your, if, if you ever sell products, you would have it for a product. You'd have it for whatever. Right. Yeah, that's, I, I probably, I'm looking for that and we'll eventually need that. But, you know, right now it's just simple and it's just, I'm doing all this for fun and mm -hmm. for the learning that, that we, you know, we all, we all get to learn. I'm learning as I'm you know, showing it to the audience. And then of course they're learning just by viewing. Well, you, you, right. can, catch, you, you can catch me on uh, Ron's garage on Facebook. You'll there you go. Just look me up and you could, we'll hook up there. Awesome. Okay. I think, I, I think I saw your name, Ron, on the, uh, the Coco Facebook group. Yeah, that's even a different one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. He's got a ton of pages. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do. I, I've gone nuts. <laughs> yeah. I just want to catch up some uh, chat chat room comments here. So, Eight Bits and Basement said that his was done by his son Louis, who just turned sixteen today. So that just wow. when it makes me feel old and it makes me feel untalented at the same time. So thanks for that. Well, both of those <laughs> statements are true, Curtis. So. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. Um, also, your wife said uh, Nathan, aka DC, and I are going to make a couple of curbside pickups, true 2020 fashion. See you after the show. Uh, okay, bye guys. guys. Be careful. <laughs> oh, was nice David, meeting her. Yeah. Oh, David, there's Dave, Nathan. Somebody asked where DC was, so you named Nathan DC. Sounds like my wife did that as we sat. That's here. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, because somebody asked where DC was because you're AC. AC yeah. DC. Yeah. I love it. Very okay. current joke. And, and then David Craker mentioned, I actually like your regular video montage <laughs> intro, like the current Resistance one you have. is futile. Okay, well, that's good to know, too. Let us no meditate. Oh. ever complained about it, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's well, cool. it's really great to meet you and hear you in, in person, AC. Yeah. AC, maybe well, sometime you can do a repack like uh, David O'Connor's repacked in his computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he Stuck put a, a Coco 3 inside a yeah. um, TR City Model 4 case, too. So uh, yeah. There was a lot of PC case mods in back my, in the day, but yeah. It's in my shot, bottom right-hand corner, a shot of my thing. That's the Coco 3. Coco D. <laughs> I'm not seeing it right now. Is it on the screen? Yeah, it's the, the bottom. I'm, in the, I'm stuck in this CRT monitor, and it's directly underneath me. <laughs> so, uh, Ron, what would you like to see repacked? Uh, like oh a, heck! It's like I'm, a I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, it's, you could take a Coco two, you know, and put it in a PC case, and and then add on some of these. Uh, like uh, I have a, a Coco two that has a um, Pi in it, 
uh, Raspberry Pi, and I have uh, another device that one of our other guys made that'll make the um, uh, that's USB to the Coco keyboard. So, uh, and I have it set in here, and it and it's basically looks like a Coco two, but it it can play um, MC ten, you know, because of Coco Pi. It's it's pretty yeah. cool. That's I a, have some like ideas. A I have some ideas. Speaking of keyboards, uh, I have ideas about uh, making mechanical keyboard upgrades in the future. Yeah. And uh, even um, uh, Bluetooth BLE connected keyboards. Interesting. Right. Yeah. We would buy. Stay tuned those. for the news segment. <laughs> Just imagine what's happened from the 80s to now, and then what's going to happen like 20 years from now. I mean, I it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Or if it'll still look the same, you know. It, they'll have a you know a, a cocoa on a on, on your thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> um, literally could. Before, before I forget to, I, I've got to induct you into the uh, famous celebrity uh, lookalikes uh -oh. doppelgangers. Uh oh. Oh yeah, you can't leave me out. I need yeah. to look yeah. like somebody too. <laughs> You've, well, because your audio has been just a touch choppy, just a touch, uh, I'm going to say Jim Lovell from Apollo 13. And I'll <laughs> say, because you got the same surname, and because you, you remind me of a young Tom Hanks. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, you're an astronaut. All <laughs> right. Houston, Houston, Houston we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> are you able to, you able, um, AC, are you able to stick with us for a while? You're not in a, a time crunch, are you? I can stick. I, okay. I wasn't sure what was going to happen at four because I knew my family needed to go do an errand, mm -hmm. but uh, since they left without me, yeah. uh, it's like I get to hang around. You, you, you can, can talk about the game this week because we're going to have a post game yeah. uh, I'm on, uh, discussion of against this week's game. And uh, Excellent, yeah. excellent. You can leave for three hours and come back and run. No, we love here. the games. <laughs> We're still going to be here. Ron hates the games, but we except for, except for that one, but we right. love the game. I, 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 I might drop off for a bit and try to get this microphone working. I don't know. What yeah. I mean, you we're sound gonna, great. Yeah, you don't sound worry fine. About it. Yeah. We're okay. going to just take a brief break, and then we're going to go right into one of Nick Morota's favorite part of the show, the Game On uh, Challenge and Results. It has nothing to do with the fact that he hosts it and his name is in the title of it at all. It's completely <laughs> selfless that he likes this next segment. So Altruistic um, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Correlation is not causation, I think, is what we're saying. Uh, Enough about me. What do you think about no, me? Oh, dear God. <laughs> All right, so how about yeah. we do this? Um, before we get into the game on, and I believe there's a new segment from Samuel Gimes. Uh, might, <sighs> might be game-related. May or may not be a song parody. I know Ron DelVoe is real big on those song parodies. He's a big fan. Tell him we moved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because we're talking about taking a break and we're talking about games, I'm going to go ahead and play for us the uh, Nightmare Highway music video and then we'll be back with the game on results so we'll be back after these words and thanks for being here AC and we love having you and come on back anytime thanks so much got some time to kill might play a little Zaxxon might double back to play a little Temple of Rum. Dungeons of Daggereth, color baseball. But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all. 
Nightmare Highway. Sailor Man and Firefall Go on a rampage for some super pitfall Shanghai me into a game of rogue or demon attack But sooner or later you know I've got to come back to Nightmare Highway And you'll be a pop star Well, okay, maybe I just stick to the facts To tell this truth, this game really ain't all that Nightmare Highway Nightmare Highway I used to bow down to the Donkey King Grabber and Cash Man used to be my thing. Megabug, Buzzard Bait, Sea Dragon 2. But none of those can satisfy me much as you do. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare <laughs> Highway. Nightmare Highway. That's my couch. Nightmare Highway. <laughs> Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Hey, is is Terry Steggy still here? I'm trying to see him on the panel. Is he on the panel? He had to go, I think. Didn't he, he had to go. Terry had to go. Okay. Yeah. Because he was asking us during the commercial break if we could show the poll he put on Facebook. So can you guys remind me to, to do that? I was figured if Terry was still here, we would do it right now with Terry. Um, I'm assuming this is the poll he's talking about for to call for speakers or to get people to vote on who they'd like to have as a uh, keynote speaker and a speaker at the uh, Cocoa Fest. Do you have that in the news queued up, Curtis, by any chance? I don't, but I can do that while you're doing the game on stuff. All right. I just I just didn't know if Terry Steggy was Terry Steggy, by the way, vice president of the Glenside Color Computer Club. When uh, I saw Terry's on the show, I figured he'd be talking about it. Yeah, but then he just he's, he just put in a chat <laughs> saying that he's he had to run. So um all right. So if you could look for that, Curtis, and add that to your lineup, um that that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, if you could just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be great. If you could go ahead and come in on Sunday too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So sorry for that interruption there, but great song, Nightmare Highway. By the guy, I, I, I forget to tell you guys, and, and it's probably best that I don't, but everything you say can and will be heard by the live audience while that song was playing. So your value added sing along was priceless during that break. So, um, so there We're we go. All about added value. That's, that's it. Uh, yeah. So. Especially since, since it was out of sync. And we uh, passed the savings on to you. That's right. We, we, uh, yeah, how do we do I it? I think someone needs a lot. That's right. We do it in volume. All right. I said, how do we do it in volume? I don't oh, know. Can you? Huh? What? 
All right. You said I can have the stapler. You can have the stapler run. Okay, here we go. Here's this week's Coco Thoughts. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Here we go. Those who like retro, 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 don't be the latest. I think of Joust Clone, Joust Clone, Joust Clone. Pegasus and the Phantom Riders, the latest. Pegasus. Fly on a Pegasus. The Phantom Riders. Pegasus. Crosses. Oh, Lord, there's a killer sharks. Phantom Riders. must have been short on time. Who's the top altitude you Crosses. get a new Avoid the killer sharks. Sea serpent. Oh no, another killer sharks. Oh, I'm gonna fly on Pegasus. Jousting spree. Fly on Pegasus. Rapid flapping is the key. I'm gonna fly on Pegasus. It's all glee. Still hate the killer sharks. <laughs> Code reuse. Hey, that's yeah. great. Oh Rising my God. shine, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Oh my God. He was definitely flying high when he wrote that. That was something yeah, else. Yeah, there's a bit, a bit too many green things, I think, Ooh. in that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. The it's pro- just like our show. The production <laughs> value in. Continues yeah. to climb with that Samuel Gimes. If you thought it stunk the first time. <laughs> yeah. All right, here. A cloned parody of a cloned game. Brilliant, says Explore VR. Oh. Wonder uh, what much, you know, next much week. better than cats. <laughs> you know, Nico, that comedians, if they if they give a line and it falls flat, a lot of times they'll repeat it and see if they can, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, exactly. Ron, what did you think of it the second time? (laughs) 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 Sigh, says Ron of Ron's garage. Here comes. Did did you get it all? Here, here, here comes one of Nick Marota's favorite parts of the show right now. Oh, quiet, everybody! Quiet. Yes. All right, and welcome to another week of results. This week we played Pegasus and the Phantom Riders with 24 scores submitted. Our Ellen Murphy, 1,500. Adam Tandy Dragon Guy, 3,400. Kiana Quaker, 3,700. Mark B, 3,900. Joshua Quaker, 4,100. Frodo NL, 4,300. Mr. Dave, 6309, 4,600. Ben VR Drake, 6,100. Low Level, 6,300. Boat of Car, 6,800. Nathan, 6,900. 
Aces 8 Bit Zone 7,500, Damon Beals 7,600, Tom C 8,100, Rogelio Perea 8,500, Canadian Retro Things 11,200, Sloopy Malibu 12,800, Me 13,400, Jim Rye 17,000, David Craker 23,400, David Ladd, 30,100. Al Curtis Boyle, 31,900. Tasman, 41,300. And the number one score this week belongs to none other than Erico with 81,900. Nice score. Thank you to all the people who submitted scores this week and for another fantastic week. Wow, great job, Erico. And nice, and we nice. should just notice we've been joined by a few people who weren't here at the beginning. So Paul Thayer has joined us recently, and Brian Goers from the Glenside Color Computer Club is here as well. Thanks for joining us, Brian. And thanks for joining us, Polly T. And you're muted, no problem. Brian. Thanks for having me. You're muted, Brian Goers. It's good to be here, Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Hello. Hope I can stay longer. I had something happened last time. It kicked me out. Ah, okay. Well, Zoom welcome. Did or something. Thanks for being here. I don't get to see oh. you too often, so it's nice to see you, sir. Hang around a little bit. Excellent. All right, Nick Morota, you have the floor. All right. Uh, can I share my screen again? Not just the app. I don't know why, but anyway, uh, you guys can see that, okay? Not yet. Here we go. I see high score go. challenge and with now? Nick Morota. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the graphic by uh, by yeah. Rob. As as usual, I use this every week. I pre- I stole it from the video he made. So, uh, I appreciate that. So here are the score from Rainbow, which seemed reasonable, I guess, because uh, the bottom score was uh, was what we attained. So I'm sure with continued practice, you could get the hundreds of thousands uh, from. I'm sure it's Augusta, Georgia, right? It says August, but isn't it Augusta? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, so uh, 329 is the supposed score. And uh, the review from Pegasus, uh, they liked it. They compared it. Uh, they said the closest real arcade game would be Joust, which is true. And uh, his complaint was that you had to mash on a button too much. But other than that, uh, uh, the reviewer's kid seemed to start out by hating it, but liked it when he broke 50,000. Oh, wow. And the it's, name it's Pegasus fun. looks like a, pa- a pastover. No, it's because I did a search in the uh, PDF and it highlighted it. And I took a screenshot and I, then I captured it to my clipboard while it was still highlighted. So, It says that they might make a song about this in the future. Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so here's gameplay from Canadian Retro Things to start. And uh, mm. so uh, what did you guys think of the game? I'll start like off. It. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll start off by saying uh, it's a very pretty game. Uh, we'll 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 show gameplay from Erica later, where we'll see more of the levels. But um, it's a very pretty game, especially when you get to the lagoon and there's the waterfall and that mm-hmm. mountains and the dithering colors. And it's a very colorful, pretty game. Although somebody, I think it was Ken uh, Ken Rickard, thought the graphics were a little too busy. Ken's a whiner, though. So, but uh, <laughs> I did not like the gravity. It's very very heavy. Um, so I, compared to Buzz well, Man. it's a horse for God's sake, you know. Yeah, think, geez, it's not an yeah, ostrich I, with wings, you know. It's a yeah, horse. I had a dream about horses <laughs> flying too. <laughs> but well, at least there was at least there is quote such thing as a flying uh, riding on a flying horse, Pegasus. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the graphics, I thought the flying was a little heavy, uh, so I wasn't as fond of the flight mechanic as, as I was with Buzzard Bait. 
but the but the game is very pretty and definitely has some interesting um, interesting alternatives compared to Buzzard Bait, such as the sea monster that throws fire at you, and uh, and the uh, the enemies definitely uh, will fall into the water on their own quite often, at least in the early levels. I don't know if that changes as you get further, but some levels you can just kind of wait for them to kill themselves and. Uh, you're done, but you don't get you don't get, you don't get points for that. So if you're going for score, that's not a good strategy. But overall, I mean, yeah, it's a good game, uh, and we'll talk later if it's a Jealous clone or not. But among the Jealous clones, I think it's a definite uh, great addition to the uh, to the collection. So I don't know what you guys uh, if you guys uh, have any comments as well. I, I quite liked it. Um, <clears throat> it's um, it's it's got some unique things like you're mentioning like the the sea monster that throws out three three fireballs now that's kind of trying to duplicate the the troll from the original joust and from buzzard bait <clears throat> but those are fixed like they're only in certain positions on the side so you kind of know where to avoid them ken called them jellyfish he thought the fireballs were <clears throat> like jellyfish <laughs> but but in the case of pegasus i mean it can come up and fire in any direction <clears throat> it kind of tracks your position at the time it fires type thing so it's actually it, there's more variety to that that um, and, the uh, the graphics, like you said, it's uh, some of the best examples of dithered colors I've seen on the cocoa for anything. This is, this is right up there with Sands of Egypt type thing with all the yes. yellows and purples and everything else. So, very colorful game. Ken Ken complains that it's a bit too too colorful and too noisy in the background. I I don't agree with that. I think he's just half blind. Um. Ken thought the sprites. <laughs> Ken thought the sprites. Ken sorry. Ken thought the sprites were too small as well. Uh, David Craker says you need a joystick with a good button. Uh, yeah, Canadian Retro Things said he thought the sea monster was throwing jellyfish, and uh, Scott Cooper agrees that the flap you have to flap quite often to uh, yeah, you, you have do. to flap a lot in this one. The, the gravity is heavier. Time. You're you're all right on that one. That's that's absolutely true. I, I do like the animations too because it doesn't just flip between left and right like the other two clones do. You actually rotate the horse. Yeah, you're yeah, flying. kind of a rotation. Yeah, that's a neat little touch to it. I don't know if people yeah, are complaining like, about the buttons we're using deluxe joysticks. I, I don't. I find the deluxe button joysticks or deluxe jo- joystick buttons are quite stiff compared to the button on the Black Beauty. So I wonder if using a Black Beauty would be a little easier on your button finger. The other thing is in Australia, it didn't look like that. <laughs> yeah, you no, it was Kimo three, right? Great stripes. No, I, I Ken Canadian Retro Things was playing a P mode three version with Puyan colors. It looked like. Or was that the Coco 3 patched version or something? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, That's probably hack. I don't know if they sold this with I the... I think most uh, of the Tandy games, you could do the clear space bar or enter or something to change. He the said he held... No, he said he held down the shift key while he booted up and it came up with... Okay, yeah, yeah that, that's probably the... Pal hack, the built-in pal hack. Tandy did that total stuff. Not in the video, obviously, but he did a screenshot for the score with the Puyan colors, which mm. I thought was yeah. Because really there's quite gaudy. a few of the Tandy games they did that on. A lot of Steve Bjorks they did that because I think he used the clear key to do that. But yeah, you'd hold it down to get P mode three instead. I'm going to skip over to Erico's video. Erico was the king of the game this week, and he kind of had a technique which he, I believe, he meant jiggling. He spelled it giggling, but I believe he meant jiggling, jiggling the horse keep it in, in place uh which it could be giggling he was, if you watched all of our scores he probably was giggling a lot because we suck compared to him yeah but. he played a different game than we did he was on a different level <laughs> and i'll fast forward a little bit to the further levels because i saw the first couple of levels quite often but i never saw oh there's the beautiful lagoon so let's ah, start on this, so this is when you get closer to it 
I don't know that I ever got this far where you actually got to the actual lagoon. I think I've gotten this far here where you see it close. So there he is jiggling or giggling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you kind of hover above the uh, horse as because they come in from the distance. So that effect is cool. The the when you rotate like that, that's a cool effect. So this game definitely has some things going for it. Well, Boat had a good comment. He said he said this was more original than the other two clones. So like he's played all three of them now already. But he said he prefers this one actually over the other two because it's not just a Joust clone. It's actually got some new stuff to it. Yeah. Okay. But I'm pretty, you have to admit, it probably took, they probably drew, uh, they drew their inspiration from Joust. Oh, well, oh they definitely I guess, did. Yeah. I guess we're talking now a little bit. Is this a Joust clone? I called it a derivative on, like, in my page because um, it's, it, it's, it is Chat. based on Joust, but there's enough extra little bits in there. I think it's like the 3D coming out, the going towards the islands. Um, yeah. The sea monster firing things off at you. That's not in Joust at all. Um, Only the um, basic mechanic of attacking your enemy at a higher position is, is comes from Joust. And that, I guess everything else is kind of... Well, the platform is picking up a cross instead of eggs. That's that's similar. So. Yeah. The, the, ba the basic is, gameplay the, is, is completely Joust. Well, except that are there any platforms that you have to avoid? And like in the uh, original no. Joust? No, it's just flying in an avoid, open area. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to avoid platforms in the original Joust. Actually, the lagoon gets yes, you completely do. open. You don't have to avoid them. It's just you, you can't fly through them. You just can't, can't fly them. through them. Yeah, yeah that's what you meant by avoid. Yeah, like, the lagoon, uh, I mean, you don't have the bit. platforms. Yeah. The lagoon, yeah, you have the two platforms the on, the, on the bottom you can see here, which eventually disappear. And the first level, you have no break for the water. So I guess that's kind of the one similarity there. But And they also have the lava in the uh, original uh, Joust and Buzzard Bait as well. Yeah, well, the, the 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 lava and the troll, the hands that come grab you in Buzzard Bait on the original arcade, which Lancer kind of cheated on and just sucked you in. I mean, that that sea serpent spewing things out is kind of their equivalent in here, but it's actually a bit of a better mechanic, I think, because it's it's not fixed in two positions where you know, always know where it is. It's he just pops out and starts firing whatever yeah. he wants. It kind of looks Explore like a Norway. VR thought that the pacing was a little too slow for him and button mashing, as everybody else mentioned. And Ken Ken Reichard says Curtis is wrong. Yeah, which is which is always a popular <laughs> opinion. So eh. that's always the same mistake he makes every time. Now so. this, <laughs> this game this game took advantage of the speech sound pack, but from my recollection, it, it only did voice. There was no music yes. or sound effects. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, I think I told you what level you were on or something. Yeah. I didn't actually try it with the uh, VR this week. That was always VR. such a disappointment. Like you, oh, I'm buying a game to support my speech sound pack, and I can't wait to hear what kind of cool noises it makes, and you hear. Yeah, I know it does uh, player one. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, the music was actually pretty decent on that speech sound pack. Yeah. Too bad more games didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. And and then one thing is like they like the survival wave and the gladiator wave and stuff from the original Joust, I don't think that's quite in here, though it is kind of like the bonus wave where you get the waterfall is actually your survival wave because you get bonus points uh, if you survive the, the wave of, of creatures and not I don't know. Yourself one yourself. thing that's interesting mm. is if you play two player, it asks you if you're playing cooperative or competitive. So oh, so that's a spin. I believe Nobody it changes actually... the scoring, but I didn't have two players here to to test that. So yeah, maybe maybe somebody would, uh, could try that out and let us know. Yeah, that's one thing I should have experimented with, but didn't. Which actually brings up something I wanted to ask you, Nick. 
Uh, for games that do have simultaneous multiplayer, do we want to have kind of a sidebar for people that actually have families doing it or have you know friends or family over well, that thing? We can definitely talk about that outside. I don't want to make a policy change uh, right here. Well, no, no, no policy change. I was just wondering, maybe we but, should actually encourage people to submit. You know, I mean, we kind of did that with uh, we did that with one of the games with uh, Godzilla, the, the uh, Rampage. We kind of encouraged people to post multi. So yes, we could definitely Steve's do Steve's request, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe I'll just do the rankings as is, but if people want to submit multiple screenshots, uh, multiplayer screenshots, I can sort of give shout-outs or whatever. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the reasons we're doing that. these games is kind of to review them for people who've never seen them before, but some of the yeah. games play quite differently when you're doing multiplayer simultaneous. Yeah. So, so for, for the people, people who have that do, opportunity, I think we should in- no, not, not, not include them in the official scoreboard. Yeah, no. you're right. That's not what I meant. But just mention it yeah. in any comments they have, you know, in two-player mode, You this is different or whatever. Yeah, and I'll show, I can show screenshots of that. There's still screenshots or whatever. Say, you know, here was David Craker. He played with his son's son and daughter. They played a three-player game or, yeah, that'd be cool. I've been playing the ants game. <laughs> no, you've been playing that defense game. That's the only game you like. Yeah, but I, <laughs> the ants game, you know, That's where the Paul yeah. uh, Paul yeah. Shoemaker thing. Yeah, it's not really a game though, is yeah. it? No. Oh, I was thinking of Pedro. That Pedro game. Yeah, I like the I like the horses flying towards you. That's cool. I guess they only have they have four enemies on the screen at once as well on here, right? Eh? Like, I think uh, it goes beyond that if I remember. It, four it depends how long you let them last. I, I had more than four when I was playing. I know that. Yeah, but the fact you've got those sharks, um, you know, circling in the background, that constant animation that, that there's there was a lot of uh, value added stuff going on here visually you know david so. quaker like the spooky element of the phantom riders mm-hmm. and crosses the undead they rise from the dead and yeah. come and fight you again if you don't get them so that's was kind there, of a cool twist was yeah. there any music or at all or anything no. no no there's no music in any of the games most uh, coca one and two games didn't because the cpu overhead and the fact they didn't set up the irqs right to do background music properly uh meant you were very limited on other type of games or the really weird programming you had to do to inter mix the music with everything else you're doing what about if this game had used the music in uh, look at this pack, scene though? bonus wave wave so i love the 16. i love that waterfall i think it's really cool yeah and it's yeah. Just really and colorful. no platforms on this one so yeah. if you hit the bottom you're dead yeah right. so yeah. this is this is kind of like a survival wave it is actually you get bonus points if you survive the the whole fleet yeah so as yeah. someone who really is horrible at games it looks like the trick is to stay in the turning horse animation so you sort of float yeah upward. That's the giggling or jiggling he yeah, does. Because the, they they all come out in the like when they're coming out of the mountain hole, the cave there on the mountain. They don't change places. Like the first one out is always the first one that's fully up to you. Like they don't fly past each other. So if you keep track of which one came out first, you hover right above them, and keep hovering. Then as soon as they get big enough that you can hit them, you just drop on them instantly, which is kind of the technique he's showing here. Though with the flight mechanics of this, it's a little bit difficult to to, to get that mastered. Well, but I use basically the, the same technique. With the mind. enhanced gravity, you guys were talking about the fact that you fall so quickly. It seems like it's. You did know, you say get it mastered, or did you say to get it bastard? Mastered, mastered. Okay. Yeah, we gotcha. don't use we don't use our potty mouse in this show, Rondo. Okay, thanks, Ron. We're not, we're not family friendly anymore. <laughs> Just trying to trying to understand. <laughs> You we do have kids listening, actually. So, yeah, Ron, I thought I'd only hear this kind of language from you listening to the Gaim song. So, uh, apologies <laughs> to families that listen. We, Ron, Ron is a closet Gaim's fan. He's got all the he's got the greatest hits, and he listens to it on rotation when he's not on the show. So, <laughs> can't wait for next week. <laughs> but yeah, this so, is the bonus survival wave. So, if you survive all the the creatures that are coming out of the mountainside there, then you get bonus points. Then, and if you die, obviously you don't. 
Uh, the graphics are pretty. I mean, uh, I mean, the, the graphics are. Oh, you have to start over from. Well, and that yeah, was it, it. Kicks you back, and then every few rounds, you go back for the bonus wave again. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see if he actually uh, beat the last level on here. There it is. Okay, t- level twenty-one was the bonus. But wave. then he, uh, no, then he goes back, so he must not have. Okay. It must I, I can honestly say I've never game. seen that waterfall screen before. So that. No, me either. Yeah. So that's awesome, awesome photoshopping skills there, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> now I can vouch for this level. I made it to that too in my score. In fact, I actually got the survivor bonus much to my surprise because I don't think I ever did that back in the day. It, so actually, what happens it, when honestly, you finish it, it does look like jellyfish because you got the little trails underneath the uh, things. I, I have to dig out the manual and see what they actually call it in the manual. Yeah. What happens yeah. when you finish then, Curtis? Oh, the you select, collect yeah, there you 3,000 points. And then you, and then you sink? <laughs> or do you do that? Well, in the sure. manual, it's that. called the Kraken. Okay. Kraken. Release the Kraken. Actually, we can get back to the shooting and freeze the frame and see what they look like, maybe. Yeah, we have the technology. Um, <laughs> we're going to the tapes. Yeah, roll tape. There it is. Oh, go, it back. No, go back a little bit more. Does it fire on this level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, go back to the water. Go forward a little bit to the waterfall, and that's where I think I saw it. Forward to the waterfall? How many people does it take to control the video? Uh, you just missed it. Go back Go back in. <laughs> When did you miss it? Yeah. Just now. Yeah. Missed it by that much. Obviously, we haven't got enough people yet. No. Here we there go. he is. There he goes. There he goes. Get ready to pause. Boom. Wait, wait. It's in the air. Boom. Pause. Pause. Okay. So I can see they look like shrimp. Jumbo shrimp to me. Well, they've got the things yeah. hanging down from them, too. So, yeah, it could be. They're brains with a stem. <laughs> <laughs> it could be jellyfish. They're probably supposed to be fireballs. Okay, oh, yeah. well, that's that's an interesting uh, observation. So, they yeah. look like rays, says Ken. You can make it. Hmm. Like mana rays or stingrays? Or? Laser rays. <laughs> Project that like in there, okay. David Craker made it to the waterfall once this week. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, That's good. Crustaceans. Okay, Canadian Retro Thing says, I'm staying with jellyfish. All right, so. That's your prerogative. Dude. Nobody is. puts you in a corner, Canadian Retro Things. Have you ever had a peanut butter and jellyfish sandwich? Delicious. Uh, <laughs> it's the Enterprise taking off. Yeah, it's the Enterprise. <laughs> so I think thank I, you for I the gameplay. I saw the Mother Teresa in a slice of toast the other day. So thank, you to, thank you to Canadian Retro Things and Erico for your gameplay videos this week. Much appreciated. It's nice to have gameplay while we talk about the game. Absolutely. And especially from people who can play the game better than I can. So, very cool. Good times. Are so we ready the, to uh, the jiggling? Oh, go ahead. The jiggling technique is one that I had not considered, and yeah, that is a neat thing. So we're going to definitely try that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I used too, and that I, I didn't have a name for it from back in the day. But that's the same technique, you just kind of hover because you, like I said, you know, watching them come out of the cave, you know which one's going to be the first one up. You don't have to like guess between them, so you just keep hovering over the, each one in order, and then you can actually, you know. Just Plus, it looks cool. I do yeah. love. I do love the effect. Yeah, it looks very around. graceful. You look very graceful in the air as you're kind of like turning. So I think I've warmed side. up to this game a little since we played it. It actually has some redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. I still, I still wish the gravity wasn't as strong, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a nice game. And I hope my feelings about you will echo that at some point in time, Nick Morota. We're not there well, yet. Well, you know, but, I, uh, <laughs> I can only hope. I, you know, I try to do a good job for you, Stevie. I try to, you know. And... I, I will uh, mention, quoting directly from the Pegasus manual here, the Kraken monster comes frequently to the surface of the sea. This fire-breathing monster. Fire-breathing, it says yeah, in the manual. Yeah, water monsters protect Phantom Island and their unearthly flying brothers. Fire Pegs. shrimp. 
spicy shrimp, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Oh, they call it fire breathing water monsters. So fire breathing water. Mo- That's what I call my wife often too. So uh. it kind of reminds me of the, the Sailor Man ad, you know, a big fat bad, bad guy eating a hamburger or whatever. Yeah. Or so. Eating the maybe, maybe. collard greens and the cats labeled S for collard yes. greens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe they're flaming jellyfish. They're flaming jellyfish. That's it. It could be, should be he's throwing up a shrimp cocktail. We don't yeah. know. Flaming so. jellyfish. That's actually what Canadian, uh, Canadian Russia thinks. Yeah. So say. I'm really, I'm really curious and excited because I have no idea what next week's game is going to oh, be. But oh, I know. You, it's it's, it's you, a total. It's you will be surprised. Next week a, will. All be... I know is that Nick told me ahead of time it's a godlike game. Go ahead. It's a repeat of Buzzard Base hey! next week, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. no. Next week. Next week will be anybody recognize this game? Defense. Lancer. <laughs> I was gonna put a, I was actually gonna put a speech out of Lander, but I didn't. Because uh, we have a game called Lander as well. I think it's uh, called Lan- Superior Joust Clone. Is Lancer. What I, call it, so. <laughs> I think it's called Buzzard Bait Riffoff. <laughs> so this this week is a bit of a special week. So I'd like you guys to give Lancer a fair shake. Or play it, get play it. And then Head on over when when you uh, when you have a solid opinion of which game you like the best, I'd like you to head over to Discord uh, Discord, in the Game on Challenge channel Game on Challenge channel. I have pinned four posts. The first one is says official voting posts, just so you to explain, and then uh, the next three posts are all pinned, and uh, you're gonna vote for which game you like, and I've primed each one with one vote already so all you got to do is click on the thumb and to uh, register your vote to find it you go up to pins and then you can just pick which one you want to vote for and it'll bring you to the jump and then it'll bring you right to that post and you just click on the thumb and please only do that for one of them uh if you're on mobile you swipe you go to the game on challenge swipe in from the right and you'll see a thing that says pin posts and you'll be able to pick the post and then again uh, just post. So I will remove mine from the ones that I don't vote for later in the week. I've given one to each just so you guys can easily just click on the thumb and register your vote. So play the game, register your vote uh, for which game you like the best, and we'll announce the result during the, the uh, game on results next week. Vote early and vote waste. often. And uh, thanks again for, t- for the pro- we had a Stop great turnout vote. again this week of over, of t- over 20. Thanks again. And uh, thank you, Stevie, for uh, for letting me do the segment. And thank you guys for a fantastic week. Oh. Now, I will say one other thing just to, to mention here. I, I'm surprised at how split the vote is. I mean, we've always had this, you know, f- fake you know, buzzer bait lancer rivalry thing we've been joking up. And that's the reason we're doing this. But Pegasus has actually gotten some pretty good reviews. I've seen several people say, actually, now that they've played it, they prefer it over both of the other ones. So yep. I think this is going to be a more even vote than I was expecting. Yep. It's not so quite as polarized. Vote with your heart. Don't go by any. Uh, I want, I, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and just so you know, these votings will be supervised at all times. And no mailing. They, no will, mail-in. Be, and, they will be supervised <laughs> and certified. Um, Bribed so, voting is and for, and for we, David Craker and others who and AC who have uh, kids who might want to vote, talk to me. Maybe you, your kids can do like a smiley face or a, a different. A diff- uh, everybody else used a thumb, but the kids can do like a smiley face or something because you can only like a thread once with the same icon. So if Joshua wants, so David, if you want to like it with a smiley face for jo- for uh, Joshua or what have you, then we can get the kids voting as well. 
and the wives and what have you. So if we pick the wrong one, there's no electrical charge back to us or anything? <laughs> no. You actually just have to click on it again and it'll take it away. If you I, click I, the just, thumb, I, I would like to let you guys know I did receive my formal education at the Electoral College, just so for whatever that's worth. Mm. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, will the fun ever start? When, when you when you went to, <laughs> on this show, when you went to that college, did that? Did you go by the name of Chad? I, I was dangling there for quite some time under that name. Yes, so. <laughs> dangling. Before you dropped out, I went to Clown College. Oh, I got a rock. <laughs> I like tater tots. Uh, all right, so good good turnout, awesome stuff. So next week's game was once again was. Lancer. Lancer, Lancer, the superior, clearly superior choice. Um, <laughs> there was a Dodge Mitsubishi Lancer. And for those who play on a Coco 3, it does come up in the opposite color. So you'll want to do the F1 uh, power on or F1 reset. Ah, yeah. uh-huh. Unless you've heard the blue lab and stuff like uh, Canadian Retro Things did on Buzzard. <laughs> well, Lancer, blue isn't that one of the uh, Santa's reindeer? You know, Lancer yeah. and on on Dasher Blitz and, and Lancer and, 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 and Vomit and Blitz. See, even Santa Claus <laughs> picks Lancer as his favorite. So, Luffy <laughs> keeps staring at me. Uh. So we had one with a flying horse. Now we got one with a flying reindeer. There we go. That that's actually that'd be a cool. We got we got any with flying pigs. We need flying mm-hmm. pigs next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flying toasters. That's the next. Do we want to go ahead and, and keep <laughs> keep on rolling into the game on news at this point? Yeah, there's not a ton of it, so we can get through that before another commercial break, and okay. we'll get to the news, including Terry's request for the uh, the, for poll. the uh, poll on uh, who would. Which like I did find, so I've got that ready to go. Thank so. you, Al Curtis boy. Okay, so we'll go on to the game on news. Let me make sure I got the right window selected here. Hey, I'm assuming you guys are seeing that. Wow. Yep. I see a whole bunch of cassette covers and mugs. This looks like a, is this a website where I can order online? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a shopping site with all these things there. Oh, oh. oh yeah, mug. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, I kind of like the dragon mug too, though, I got to yeah, say. Yeah, I do. I do. <clears throat> so uh, the first thing is here, this is uh, Cuthbert Dragon again, who's, like I said, he rebooted his page here a few weeks ago because he had done some gameplay videos before. And now he's redoing them all because he's actually got the original cassette okay. with the original artwork. So we added a few this next this last week. He did Toppler, Cuthbert and the Cooler, Mind Out, Datafall, Cruising, Eddie, Steady Go, and Draconian. And of course, he had uh, Star Spores, which is why we presented that earlier. Yeah. David had never seen the uh, artwork nor the uh, you know changed P mode three version of it. Yeah, and it, it didn't look or ter- the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look terrible in the PMO3 mode. It didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. Is, is there any one of these you guys want to see the artwork for? There's a few here that were Coco ones that were ported to the Dragon and changed the color mode. There's other ones that were actually uniquely the Dragon at the time. So if you guys have any requests, I can quickly bring it up if you want. Space Spore. Space Spore. We just we saw that one earlier. Yeah. yeah. We, want to see it again, Ron? Yeah. You feeling nostalgic already? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's been no other request, so. Star, oh. And Star Spores, but close enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you got Calixto Island and Black Sanctum there? Uh, no, he hasn't got them up yet, if he has those. He has to have the original cassettes, because he's not doing just you know scans off the web. It's his own collection. Yeah, okay. 
Um, there's also a micro deal page as well. It's a fairly new page that someone created. One of the Coco uh, users created a, one dedicated to micro deal. Uh, is this on software. Facebook or yeah, is this on the web? Yeah, there's no, a micro deal Facebook. Uh, Facebook group with showing all the artwork and stuff off on there. I can't make all those pages myself. Yeah, somebody's got <laughs> Somebody's got to keep Mark Zuckerberg busy. <laughs> what is cruising? What is Dragon Thirty Two cruising? For the Dragon Thirty Two. What about Cuth Don't Cuthbert walk goes by to the dentist. Coca Cola. That's Def Nightmare Highway for Dragon. <laughs> yeah, Dragon gets a hand. Well, this one is nowhere near as good looking as its cover <laughs> art. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's actually a fun game, though. I've tried. I have yeah. tried this one. Basically, you have to fill in the line, your color, and you've got your opponent. You know, flying around, and they get more complicated mazes as you go through. Now, but you also he, have the option uh, of. Does he mess with your color and screw it up? No. No, he just comes and kills you. But okay. you can actually blast part. You can blast a hole, so he can't get past it. But then neither then can you. Neither can you. Okay. All right. That's interesting. That's a variation of like the. Um, Quicks. Yeah, Quicks yeah. or Eric's or whatever those games were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're the green one, and, and your opponent's the yellow one, of course. But they get the, you get these you know complicated loops and stuff, so you yeah. have to kind of pick yeah, your that path. Is, that's that's a different uh, game mechanic. And it's got quite a few different screens that I've seen. Um, it's, so there's a lot of variety to it, too. Look at this. Good sound effects, too. Yeah. Is that loud enough for you guys to hear it? Yeah, that's no, good enough. We get the point. Yeah. Oh, this is like a freaking yeah. spiral thing right there. That's uh, that's pretty neat. Oh, I really like the concept of this. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a fun game, actually. It, it looks simple, but once you get to playing it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's called Cruising. Cruising. Okay. Yeah. Far out. Any last ones or like the draconian artwork here is totally different than the American version. I know that. They actually should have changed the name to Dra Dragonian. What's that Kudra yeah. one? Kudra? Kudra? What? what are you looking Hemi. at? Cooler. Cooler. Cuthbert. Call, call, where? Cuthbert Coder? and the Cooler? Yeah, what is that? That's a three-stage game. It's one of the many Cuthbert theme ones because that was the mascot. Cuthbert cooler in the cooler in the cooler. Okay. I believe oh, Stevie, you played this one too, if I remember Have correctly. I? Yeah, was I so? You got pretty frustrated with it, if I remember. All right, well, we'll <laughs> see in a second here. Oh, really I think I did look down. at this. Yeah, I remember us re watching videos of this before too. Yeah, from the yeah. guy, uh, the um, yeah, because there's three the, screens the you lava, go through. You have to try to escape guy. from this. Yeah. yeah, so it's a purple cooler. Yeah, well, that's that's what they call the uh, like the clink or the jail, right? The cooler is. Um, yeah, we've seen this before, but yeah, it's an interesting game. I thought this was a don't let the food spoil game. <laughs> have, have, have we seen, uh, Scott Cooper's asking, is there a dragon version of Dungeons of Daggerath? That would be, well, it would be, it would play. It would work good because there's no artifacting. So. Yeah, no artifacting. Yeah. Dragon um, mouse pad he's got. Nah, and, and what have we seen Robin Hood before? I'm not, I, I want to yeah. say we have, but I don't remember. We did. Yeah, we did? Okay. yeah, that was last week. I think we did that one. Okay, yeah. Eddie Steady Go is not the 3D Eddie, it's a previous Eddie game, too, with the same character. I don't know if you've seen that one. What's yeah. the very bottom right corner? That'd be the bottom right corner. Oh, oh, that's neat. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta try to get the apple or whatever as you go across these things. Yeah, and then you get various stages you got to go through, uh, kind of do figure out your timings, etc. But it's the same character that that 3D, okay. that really cool 3D perspective one we've all tried before. Interesting. 
Love I mean, I, I don't know how much of a collection he has of the original actual cassettes for the dragons. I'm not sure how long this theme of his will last, but he's got I like a it, number though. of them already. So I like it. I like seeing the package and everything like that. It's a great presentation. It's a nice little thumbnail there. It's uh, it's perfect. Yeah, and the fact that he's actually cutting the actual gameplay so that you're not watching him play a level for 15 minutes to get to the next level. He'll just play it enough that you can see what it is and then jump to the next one. Okay. Actually means that you get a good, broad perspective of the game much quicker rather than have to sit through you know hours of gameplay. Neat. Well, he's made all the videos three minutes long. Yep. Next up, um, oh boy. Tim McClellan is doing a work in progress, and the working title is Beyond the Blue Door. And uh, this is a friend MC10 game. I'll see if I can zoom that up a little bit here. Yeah. So okay. it looks like a, a like a low-res graphical sort of an adventure-style game or maze game. I'm not sure okay. exactly sure what it exactly okay. is. He's even got his notes on the table there, and, of course, he's got his MCX on the back. Yeah. And a composite video mod he got from Ed, so he said it's a lot easier to read on the TV than the old RF out. So. Okay. And he broke so, his own rules because it says Coco One only right yeah, at the top of the screen. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. seeing a Coco One. <laughs> 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 well, the, uh, if you go by Rainbow's original, you the, you could just scribble out the first C in Coco and put P because they used to call it the Poco, po- uh, <laughs> which is it, like pocket color computers. Right, like right. And I think having like that new SD card thing where you could save your stuff directly to the uh, memory board expansion yeah. is going to make this a lot. Like the MC10 can do some pretty cool stuff. The one thing I, I would take me a while to get used to if I ever did would be the keyboard. Yeah. Having a type in that would drive me nuts. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, you tried that, Stevie, and I think you were yeah. uh, starting yeah, to lose like, it a bit. It's like, like anything else. <laughs> get used to it after a while. <laughs> Next up, this is a, a new page on YouTube that I've never seen before called G Surplus. And just out of the blue, all of a sudden, this uh, you know play of uh, the Coco Three version of Arkanoid on a real monitor. It looks like looks like composite too. Yeah, he's got a bit of a shake on the screen, so that's why I'm, I'm pretty sure this is not a. Yeah, it's being captured. I'm sure. Yeah, you can even see it flickering in the background a little uh-huh. bit, so it's not a perfect capture, but for that genuine, authentic look. Yeah, and yep. yeah, the pink. This is where we get into the whole RGB and composite never quite being the same here. But uh. yeah. So this, I'll, I'll keep an eye on this channel. This is the only Coco video he's done. He's done some other you know, videos that are totally unrelated. So I don't know if he just you know picked one up and got it, or if he sat it for a while. So I'll monitor and see right. if he uh, does any more Coco this, videos. This game looks so damn good. Yeah, it's actually one of the better Arkanoid, especially for 8-bit machines. It's one of the better ones. Next up, I was hoping Dave here is going to be commenting on this because he actually started playing some games. Now, obviously, Pegasus, he played five days ago, was for the game Challenge, but he also then played Shock Trooper. Um, and, he, of course, he's got some older videos he's done way in the past. Or so really? I don't know if he's just planning on just covering games we've done on Game On Challenge, even if they're not the current games, like Shock mm-hmm. Trooper. We did that a while ago, if I remember correctly. Um, or if he's just picking games he likes well, to do. Well, he, he had done Shock Trooper back during the time of the challenge, and for whatever reason, the copyright bots were taking down his videos based oh, on okay. some of the sound effects in the game, which is complete shite, if you ask me. <clears throat> it was the sound of silence, which was triggering some sort yeah. of rule so, they have to deal with You know, other people uploading different kinds of 
prohibited content and somehow Dave's video was just tripping over it. He's yeah. been in a fight with them for weeks. Yeah. So it's been a frustrating challenge that Mr. Lyon. Okay. I thought maybe they triggered on the V theme song or something stupid. Like no, that. it was just weird. It was, it was the strangest things. It was some, when the saying like the timestamp of where they said the copyright was versus what it was actually in the video would made no sense. Cause in whatever. So it's, it's YouTube, you know, Yeah, the strikes yeah. were on the silence. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel claim there was something yeah. maybe sounds mm -hmm. of silence. Now, Mr. Dave, are you still on the call? Mr. Dave. Because he's he's actually working on his first Coco 3 semi language game here too, so I didn't know if he had some commentary. He's got a brief video here when he got the font first working and then he did some palette corrections, which I've got a still photo of. These okay. are in Discord, so I can't, you know, show them on, on Facebook or something here, but uh, You guys heard that? I was muted. That was a cat. No, the sound of silence. <laughs> Did you hear it, David? Yeah, you were muted. That's why I heard it. I was playing it on my uke. I didn't know I was supposed to be muted. <laughs> you didn't get the joke. You were muted. That's why I heard it. It was the sounds of silence. Oh, you were muted. I was actually playing that on my uke, the sound of silence. Uh, Great minds <laughs> think alike. Oh, Mr. Okay. Dave, 6309 graphics. Oh, that looks pretty good. You test. Mr. 6309 graphics test. Wow. Yeah, and then his update, he updated the palette, and it's a bit more zoomed here. It's got a little bit of the JPEG a artifact. A few stuff, palette but. hacks later. Yeah, that looks good. No, it's I'm like not sure. Is this, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him about this. Is this a, an existing game he's porting or an original game? I know he's using, like, the Japanese manga style. As far artifact. as I know, it's an original game. Okay, and is he mentioned, like, what the game's about? Like, I don't know nothing about it except for these screenshots. It's like a quiz game. Oh, Okay. It's just themed in the style of like MSX games and things like that. And okay. uh, he wrote some tools to convert some bitmaps that he found, and he's working on some uh, you know some different artwork for it. And the tools are all in Python, but he's then pulling them into the uh, Coco to actually animate on them and and display them. So we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on the progress here, but I, like I said, I didn't know too much about the background of the game. So we will watch his career with great interest. <laughs> uh, next up, Jim Gary, of course, because he's Jim Gary, brought out another one. And this is based on a Coco game that he doesn't know where it came from. He doesn't know the original author or, you know, was it a magazine game? Was it some homemade thing that somebody uploaded at some point or what happened? But it's called Save Spock Battle at Vulcan. No, no <laughs> chance of copyright uh, infringement here. <laughs> Not at all. I'll, I'll skip There's pages of this. I'll skip through this part. But the gameplay is a bit different than what I'm used to for Star Trek simulators. So I'll let you see a little bit of that. Oh, I like that. Ooh, animation. Incoming Klingon phaser. Okay, that's not good. Klingon. <laughs> So if you see those little yellow boxes on the bottom of the view screen part, uh -huh. the two middle ones are your phasers, and you have to try to shoot the ship when it's within that yeah, range. Yeah, and then yeah, the two yeah. outside ones are your photons. Okay. So you actually have to line the shot up. It's not just you fire. Okay. And oh, so this back. is looking at the view screen of the Enterprise, and then you're trying to fire your weapons at the uh, Klingon vessel. That's the Klingon bird of prey. It's out there. Man, this is really cool. I'm always impressed with what they can do with the semi-graphics 4 screen, man. Yeah. Damage report slight. This is really cool. Incoming Klingon phaser. Oh, heavy damage. 
Heavy, man. Heavy, and he actually man. flies off the screen and comes back on. And... Uh, oh, no. Shields are down. Uh, target missed. Photon. To oh, it even counts down your number of your auxiliary power. Your shields are down. Phaser power. Oh, shoot. What about the dilithium crystals? Matt, you mentioned Mr. The dilithium Scott. Crystals there. Mr. Scott. Beam me up. Oh. <laughs> but you actually have to line up the shots too. Like most of these simulations, you have to punch in like a direction and calculate it in decimal yeah. or whatever. And this this one actually is more real time. He's got to be over your photon tubes in order to hit him when you shoot the photons. And same with the phasers. Yeah. And then I'll just fast forward to near the end here. Cloaking device. Klingon ship has been disabled. You may proceed on course to Vulcan. Press R for mission report. Hmm. Yeah, the, the premise is that Spock's doing his par and far thing. You're trying to get to Vulcan to drop him off. And, and then uh, those pesky Klingons just kind of muck it up for us, huh? Yep. But I do like the last comment there. Damn it, Jim, you're too old to run a starship. <laughs> now, because Jim Gary's name is Jim, I don't know if he's talking to himself here or Damn if it, this Jim. is part of the game. So. <laughs> That's life, Jim. <laughs> uh, Not as we know it. <laughs> that is something else. And All is Paul fair. still on the call he, too? He is, he is I am. So I, I, I think I'm, rather than play the whole video here uh, with your commentary on the video, I think I'll just mute it and then you can actually... Oh, well, sure. Um, hey, everybody. So <laughs> I've been working on this game for a few months. I took a took a little, not really a break from the game, but I had other stuff that was occupying my time. And um, I got some laser emitters that came into play. Um, everything was kind of running in one frame just fine. Um, and then once I had the laser emitters introduced into the game, kind of started getting a little bit to where the roster was like um, coming down and uh, going past items that I were going to draw. So there was some tearings going on. So I had to double buffer and I did that, which took a little while to incorporate. And then um, I'm just slowly introducing the objects back in and making sure everything works with the current configuration of the game. Um, got most of the mechanics of the game actually programmed now. Um, there's, I think there's one or two more things I got to get done and then it's, uh, designing levels and then, uh, kind of put it with a title sequence and, uh, some other things. Yeah. Looks but cool. Looks we're getting cool. there. So I just, I just posted a video cause last night I got the gems back on and I got the key back in there. Oh, yeah, I like that. How you can different keyholes. And I think here in a second, I'm going to push that mirror over there and rotate it. Yep. Uh, the mirrors, mirrors are for reflecting lasers. Um, lasers go into like different receptacles and they can unlock another um, lock. And then I think I'm going to push that gem in there. Yeah, I can't get through that lock. I'm demonstrating that. And then when I put it in the hole, I can go down there. Look at that. So, anyway, yeah, <clears throat> making some progress um, daily now. That's Back neat. on it. So. It is truly a unique-looking game. It's got a nice uh, personality to it. Thanks. Hmm. I mean, a lot of it was... Uh, there's Apparently, there's a platform called Pico. I didn't realize there was like a, oh, it's a an virtual console. Yeah, it's an 8-bit emulator. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a guy made this game called Picobon on there. And I'm taking a good majority of it from, from that. Um, but I've added some things of my own as well. So I just thought it'd be a cool game for the Coco. It's like a puzzle game. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's very lively. Uh, this, this will run on 128K too, or does it need more? I don't know yet. <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> so far, so far, it should be able to, but um, I don't know yet. I mean, I'm running it in 128 by uh, 112 mode, so each screen is less than 8K. So right now, you got three pages, you know, two for the uh, gameplay, and then there's one that's a copy of the background that doesn't get changed. So in so when a uh, object moves, instead of me you know, taking what's behind it, putting it on a buffer, drawing the object, and then taking that buffer back out. I just have a third screen that is the background, and we just copy from that each time an object moves. Um, and then, so there's another 8K page that stores all the sprites and the tiles. Um, yeah, so I think I got like five or six pages of 8K that are in use here. So You guys doing the um, math on that? Anybody? That means he has lots no, of nobody's left doing over it. for 128K right now. So. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot left over. 164K space. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess it depends if you want to use digitized sound effects or anything fancy. That that would take a lot. But Yeah, I'm going to do – I'm hoping to have an actual soundtrack with it. Um, oh, that would be cool. Have my friend Aaron Hickman make some uh, – make a few different songs maybe, hopefully. I don't know how much RAM that's going to take though for full songs. Um, with Simon – we might be able to take like make it like a sampler to where maybe there's like 10 or 12 different like lines that are created and then the sequencer would control which line you're going to play kind of thing i don't know yeah if you do it like that different you should be able ideas. to compress it down <clears throat> like if yeah. you're actually making music player rather than a digitized sample mm-hmm. per se yeah, yeah. So yeah. and then more like a sound mod, effects. like a mod tracker or something at that point right yes exactly yeah, yeah. exactly right yep that's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah. we'll see what happens. It looks really nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Paul, are you going to be around for a little bit? Because I was going to ask you a question um, when I get when we get to project updates and acquisitions. I don't know how much time you have. Yeah, I'm staying on here for the duration of the show. All right, God bless you. I just laundry had to go uh, fold some laundry real quick, and I was like, I bet I'm missing something. Something something just felt, <laughs> 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 felt off, so... Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me talk about it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to take too much keep, time. Keep us posted there. Yeah. We'll do. And that's the end of the Game yeah. On News is a bit of a shorter one. So I've got regular news, but I don't know if you want to do a break first or if you want to go straight uh, in. Well, let's, Ron Delvo, do you need to go potty? Yeah, my, anytime. All right. So Brian goes. Very enthusiastic you, there, huh? Brian, I'm going to say goodbye. Sure. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Uh, Brian, did, did, you see, away. did you see the proof of the newsletter I sent out today? I didn't see any newsletter yet. I've okay. been out. I haven't been on my computer until now. Okay. So. There's, there's one waiting for you. Okay. All right. Good, sure hey, good. good to see you, as All always. Right. And enjoy. I'll try to get in earlier next time. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. All and right. You so, guys, too. Uh-huh. Stay safe. We're going to take a Ron Delvaux-approved potty break here, boys and girls. So we're going to run a commercial break, and let's see. We've got, we've got a plethora of ones to do. But I tell you what, in honor of AC's... Um, 8-Bit Zone who's here who we met during Sept Tandy. How about we play the hit single I Want Tandy to play us on our next commercial break here and we'll be back in just a little bit folks. Tandy, I'm gonna 
need it tonight. But JT. I need it tonight. I knew you would. Forty years have come and gone. Candy, I'm still counting on. Software, hardware, something new. Can't do without my switcheroo. Stevie, are we on the air? Are we on the air, Stevie? Curtis almost <laughs> choked in whatever he was eating during the break there. Oh, that's classic. Yeah, I wasn't uh, quite ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let me take another sip of my straight vodka here. <laughs> Calm my nerves down. <laughs> Just like a professional. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on to the news. So first off, we'll we'll do a Terry Steggy requested before he had to leave. And this is a uh, Glenside poll, basically of, of some people that would like to uh, propose as speakers, and you can add your own person to the list if you want. Wow, I went up the list for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Figured you had enough of me on this show, you don't want to see me speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's dead voters, personally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I've got the Chad vote. That's all I got. That's all I got. Still a mail-in ballot. So the question is, who would you like to hear <laughs> speak at, at Cocoa Fest 2021, assuming, and Lord willing, the event takes place? Well, he also mentioned, I think, in the comment, too, that this could be a virtual. If, oh, if, if it's not, not in person, but it, virtual. Okay. It could be, well, both. I mean, depending yeah. on where what the state the world's at when right. Cocoa Fest comes around. And not only that, but the state the person lives in, if they can't make it to Chicago... Uh, if they can't be there in person, then we would, we would take a pre-recorded or a virtual presentation. If <clears throat> now I will, I will mention, like if the club wants to sponsor people to come out, you know, some of these are going to cost more than others. Like you know, in the case of Nick Maranti's here, of course, you have to pay for all his Lamborghinis and Ferraris to come across with him. Yeah, <laughs> and his his harem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his neighbours. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I heard he's just going to pack Love you all himself. into his suitcases or something, is what yeah. I heard. But yeah, well, I'm I'm ready for that. I'm being trapped in a um, CRT monitor. I could fit in a suitcase. It'll be a welcome change. <laughs> so, Stevie, since you were actually more a bit more involved with the club these days, and I missed the meeting, um, is this actually something they're planning on trying mm. to approach? Well, the I missed to- the meeting too. So, okay. <laughs> um, I I I. I, I <laughs> 
I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> was, sure. Was anybody here on the panel at the meeting that maybe can mention, like, is this something they're actually going to try to get a hold of these people to get them to come? Or is this just... Well, I, I can tell you what I'm, I'm positive this has to do with is that the fact that we had zero clue on who was going to speak if it was supposed to take place this year. So what they're trying to do now is at least get ahead of the game and get a list of who people would like to speak. At least that way we know who, at that point, once we know who, who people want to hear, then we can reach out to those people saying, listen, we'd love to have you at the coming Cocoa Fest. So part of it is just finding out who people want. It's not to say, like, for example, Ed Snyder. Ed Snyder's never been to a Cocoa Fest. So even if a thousand people said, we want Ed Snyder to speak, doesn't mean we're going to get him, right? But yeah, I think yeah. this is a step one, is to compile a list of who we would like to have as a speaker, because I don't even think we had that list. If Cocoa Fest would have happened this year, we would have been SOL on who speakers would have been, because there was zero effort, or not necessarily say zero effort, but there was zero... Officially names compiled at that point, right? So this is one of the steps necessary to get a list of um, of speakers. So as far as what the next steps will be, that's to be determined. But it's it's good to gauge public uh, opinion, right? So okay, cool. I, yeah, to be honest, I mean, I haven't made the last couple of uh, meetings. I mean, the last few I've missed because of you know other things going on in my life, and I was busy those evenings. The, the last one here, I was technically at home, but I'm trying to get ease of use beta 6 out, so I'm kind of like not taking participation in too many chats and stuff that often because I'm trying to get this done. We've got a lot of people working on it. we got Jay Cyril's working on it, uh, Jeff mm -hmm. Tennyson's working on it, Bill Noble's working on it. We're all trying to coordinate everything. That's too, awesome. So it's, it's, uh, I'm, disappointed, it's uh, I'm disappointed I'm not on there for uh, gaming, you know, to talk, talk about gaming. Well, I, I, I was really gonna. I was, I was hoping for about a three-hour conference, and you talking about your favorite Samuel Game song parodies, Ron Delvo. So yeah, music oh, appreciation with Ron Delvo. Ron, 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 I hope I didn't hurt your feelings earlier when I said that. I was no. just teasing you. No, I, I'd go ten minutes. That's a top. Well, you yeah. can talk about defense. I mean, it's yeah. a good game. <laughs> okay, so we have we have El Presidente Jim Brain is saying right now. I'm checking on fest dates. April might pose some issues so i'm asking the venue what other options we may have so okay and if the dates have to move because of that you know as soon as you find out yeah yeah so i think this is one of the necessary steps just to make progress towards figuring out who our speaker candidate pool is going to be right so okay yeah he is also adding uh we can't officially ask for confirmations until we make the date concrete right okay so there's some much like my gender that's still fluid so um <laughs> Uh, Stevie, I think you're oversharing. <laughs> I thought you got that. Didn't you get that fluid changed? Yeah, I, I do change my gender fluid every 3,000 miles. Like, yeah, like, so. like, 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 <laughs> like, 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 Asparagus. Asparagus. Comes in a similar bottle to blink of. Yeah, asparagus has been called. Comes in a similar bottle to blink of fluid. That's it. Asparagus has been called. We're moving on. <laughs> Thanks for that. I think I just threw up in the mouth. Anyway. I think Mr. Lovell needs to know what asparagus means. Uh now, speaking of Jim Brain, and we try um, not to. Series... <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that was quick. <laughs> when he starts talking about inferior machines. But anyway, um, he says he's got to reorder the extender Cocoa PCB printed circuit board. And he's asking if, you know, he can make some simple changes to it. He's wondering if he can get some suggestions if there's any simple changes wanted. And there's been some sound chip, real time on. clock. Yeah, real time clock. What about a. What about a racing asking these out in public? He already knows the answer. Blinky but, lights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or MPI. <laughs> uh, He's got a few suggestions like mounting holes for simple cases and different cases and stuff like that. Uh, 
I believe the um, the um, the dibs on toggle switches have been claimed by CocoMan.biz, so no toggle switches are allowed to be included in this product. So, AC, <laughs> <laughs> when you hear asparagus, it means uh, move to something else. Yeah, that's our safe word. <laughs> well, I thought he was going to go change his gender to become asparagus. I thought yeah. Okay, next so, up. so what? So oh, what was that again? That's kind of like a Y cable board. It's, yeah, it's a Y cable on a board. Y cable thing, board. So. Okay, gotcha. Y cable. Why not? <clears throat> uh, next up, Sheldon McDonald, who's been we've mentioned him a few times here recently because he's doing this whole integrated thing with editors and uh, you know calling LWASM and stuff and uh, editing disk you know files and stuff like that for the emulators or for the SDC. And uh, he's been kind of learning assembly language himself as he's been going through this process of getting all this stuff working. <clears throat> and he's as asking on Facebook, would it be worth it for him to do assembly examples for beginners from the view of a beginner like himself? Absolutely. That's yeah, a good idea. It, that's yeah. basically what I, I would say too. Yeah. But if you do agree with that and you haven't already responded to his Facebook post, please let him know because if he gets enough requests for it, I'm pretty sure he'll do it. Yes. Resounding yes. Yeah, absolutely. But just in case he doesn't watch the show, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, give him go. a definite maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a tentative to be determined. <laughs> uh, you guys, come on! This is a serious show. Take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong, wrong show. show. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Do you want to be the pot or the kettle today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's black. <laughs> <laughs> Next up here, we have Paul Shoemaker, who's uh, been working on some assembly language stuff. He's actually using some of the semi-graphics stuff here. Ooh. So as he mentions here, he's messing around semi-graphics. He started with SG6, which is that kind of odd mode, 64 yeah. by 48 with only four colors. Um, so now he's pushing into the higher ones because he wants all nine colors on at once. Okay. So he's got a little bit of a demo video here with some sample source code and, and kind of showing what the result is. So I'll just play it so in less than a minute. <laughs> oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's great. Was that, digi was that digitized sound in his car? <laughs> uh, that, was, that was off the field. <laughs> that was some rather sloppy commentary, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like how it looks here. Oh, okay. So that's an ex all right. So that was running the um, yeah, the boom. SG12 exec. Oh, there's the floppy drive. Ooh, look at that. That is neat. We're blasting some graphics. We're having a blast with the new uh, SG mode here, huh? <laughs> So, yeah, he's just been learning to experiment with that stuff. And, of course, he's been you know busy doing other games that have been a bit of basic ML hybrids. And he's never done the same graphics game before. So it's yeah. uh, interesting to see where he's going with that. Maybe when he gets a bit further along here, we'll, we'll have him on to discuss his new game. That is cool. It's been a busy, busy young man. Now, this next one's a bit of a sad story. Uh, ben Drake, so I, hopefully he's still in the chat here. He can actually you know, pipe in some extra stuff here. It looks like he is. Um. <clears throat> apparently one of his neighbors, and he didn't know this for years, was actually one of the people that worked at Dragon in Wales back in the day. And he just passed away. Oh. Yeah. And from COVID, un unfortunately. Oh, man. So, like, double whammy. But uh, 
he never had a chance to really interview him, but he did find this clip here. I don't know if we want to play the whole thing. It's five minutes. It's basically a, a you know, a, a promotional news piece on Wales TV. Okay. Five back minutes in the day. isn't long. That, that features um, Richard Wadman, who's the guy that uh, was his neighbor, um, working at the Dragon Factory. So you actually get to see the Dragon Factory in action here. Oh, so wow. I don't know. Do you want me to just play a yeah. little bit or play yeah. the whole thing? No, let's play, play the, the whole thing. Well, Ron Delvo has spoken. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> you can turn it up a little bit. I'm not quite sure what this what? news article was trying to say originally, but it did have the Madness House of Fun backing track. But I'll let you go and watch it, and at the end, I've uh, got some stuff I found interesting and hope you find interesting too. That's my machine right there. That's, that's commentary <laughs> from the person who made the video, by the way, not... Cool. Keeping the floors clean, too. The general public all awareness stacks. of the place of microcomputers in the future and a need to get to grips with these sort of machines. So when are shopkeepers going to be able to start taking delivery of dragons again? So that, the I believe, is his name right there, Richard. deliveries at the moment. Uh, the only thing that I'm not accepting now are orders guaranteed to, for delivery prior to Christmas because the, those orders are already in. What do you see as the advantages your computers have over their rivals? Uh, we see it as an easy machine with plenty of space available in the form of its 32K RAM, a number of useful facilities like the graphics and the sound, and a very simple basic, which is a worldwide standard, which means that they can access software from other sources quite easily. What do you think we need to do to keep ahead in this field? Uh, keep an opinion of what the customer really wishes to buy, and obviously there is a need to keep redesigning and bringing new uh, discoveries or new modifications into the machine as frequently as possible. Over Christmas itself, Dragon's on the move to a new, bigger, out-of-town site, despite local protest here in Swansea. Then production will be more than treble to cope with demand. The existing workforce of 60 will be doubled. They had One of the questions that. that came up about this video was, which factory was it? I'm thinking it's actually both factories. On the outside, I think they're just showing Port Talbot. But on the inside, they're showing the Swansea and the Port Talbot factories. If we take a look at this uh, still here from the video, it clearly shows what I think is the Port Talbot factory. If we look at the outside of the building and the way the Dragon Data is written, and then when we compare it to this known picture from 1983 of Paul Talbot, we can actually see it is the same building. And also, in the, one of the other shots from the video, if we take a look on the left-hand side, you can also see there's a dragon logo and the apex of the building. And this matches up quite nicely to this other shot of the outside of the building. Again, this appears to be Paul Talbot. But when we go inside, it definitely looks like it's two different factories. If we look at this vid first video here, on the top left-hand corner of this square, we can see what appears to be quite an older style door, definitely pre-80s, because Port Talbot was built in the 80s. And if you compare this to a typical door on in Port Talbot, this is a picture from 2017. Originally, this door, judging from the other doors in the building, would have been dark brown, typical 80s style. 
This is a completely different style and more in fitting with the 80s, when the previous one, the blue door, definitely looks older which would match up the Swansea being the old Metai factory. There's also, in the bottom left hand corner here, we've got wires coming down, dangling down, coming down to each test station. And this is confirmed by this picture here which is from Paul Talbot 1983 from Dragon User. Again this shows the cable coming down into the test rig area. And these workstations appear to be away from the wall unlike the Swansea factory which appears to be up against the wall. Quite an interesting thing is never noticed it before, never seen it before is what appears to be a modified Dragon 32 which is doing testing of the actual retail so they've actually got a Dragon 32 as a test rig with the button set up on it which is doing some form of automated testing and what looks like possibly a hacked Dragon 32 there with a cutout where they're probably testing the boards. Here we've actually got a close-up of the screenshot from the test rig and this quite interestingly matches up with some code from Duncan Smead. All the text on this screen about right joystick, relay, keyboard test etc matches up with the code. I will put a link in the description to this code so you can take a look for yourself. <coughs> just find it quite interesting that you know inside the factory they're actually using Dragon 32s for testing the Dragon 32s. Very Speaking analytical. of Duncan, Duncan Smead there, I think we actually had him on the show some months ago, didn't we? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. the guy who said he wrote the bios for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's basically the end of the video. Very so analytical. Just... This guy is trying to get to the bottom of this stuff here. This is like, uh, have you found Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no. one problem was you probably couldn't make dragons fast enough when you're trying to avoid chipping your new nice nail polish. <laughs> uh, wow. The, um, the sad thing is, I mean, they were selling out at Christmas in advance. They were doing so well, and two years later, they were gone. Yeah, well, they that got is. resold down to. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, they this happened right, you know, the 1983 video game crash that took a lot of machines out. Dragon was one of them. That is. I mean, yeah, apparently they. Go ahead, Rick. I was going to say apparently they were using their own machines as test rigs to save cash, so there wasn't a lot in the kitty there, possibly. You know, re recently I asked them uh, if there was a, a <laughs> monitor that they used, you know, that uh, was sanctioned as a uh, dragon monitor, <clears throat> and all the ones they showed there were the ones that they told me uh, that they used. What was it? I don't remember. Uh, I have to go to their their yeah. site again. It's it was like a Sony Trinitron something or something. I don't know, but it had a black um, control panel at the top. It looks like it looked like a, I saw the Sony logo on it, but they don't look like Trinitron tubes because they weren't. They're, they're well, instead of yeah, look at that nail polish. That's some nice nail polish. <laughs> yeah, you can go back and look. <laughs> that is really nice. Very glossy. <laughs> Right there. Okay. Yeah, that does look kind of like a Sony rig. That's a black one. Yeah. But the other yeah. ones are all white at the workstations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It's a, it's a good snippet of history. I hadn't actually yeah. seen the interior of the plant yeah. before, except to still in Dragon User. I've never seen any video of it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I wonder if there's any videos ever showing at some of, some of the Tandy manufacturing facilities. I mean, I'm sure videos were taken, but are they out there? So to be able to see it is definitely a huge... 
uh, thing to grab, you know, and a nice little. Yeah. Cat. If anybody listening actually has footage of that or knows where to, to find it, or I'd love to see the interior of the, of the actual candy. Well, manufacturing. We've seen pictures of uh, model threes. Are they stacked? Yeah. No, in room. No, I've seen still photos. Like I think the one year that they had an actual Cocoa Fest style event in Fort Worth, they did have some pictures from the inside, but I've never seen video of you know the actual assembly lines running, for example. Hmm. Well, even on this one, the one the live shot we had was a janitor sweeping and one guy working. Was that like two a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a bin full of dragons right there. Right there. There's yeah. nobody there. <laughs> well, they said the staff was what? 60. Their, their staff was 60 people. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's staff. There's a couple on the left there. You can see like four yeah. or five, four on the right. So a staff of oh, 60, you know. Um, Bad eyeballs. See, there's a white <laughs> monitor back there. Yeah, yeah, you can see the white yeah, monitors. Yeah. yeah, okay. They almost look like Mac Classics, those monitors right there. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, man, look at oh, those stacks of dragons, man. Oh, how, how nice would that to be? Have some of those, <laughs> that, that new computer smell to them, you know? How, how many do you board. think that, um, California company that was reselling them, how many they had to start off with? Anybody California know? Digital? Probably yeah. several hundred. Yeah. Yeah. They had over 500, I think at one point there, but out of how many Tano themselves sold before that? I don't know. When I first heard about it, I bought one. Yeah, yeah. that was something. Was. That that was that was the deal of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that turned me off from jumping on that was just hearing about how flaky and how hard they were to get a hold of or get responses from. So, you know, it was basically like you know they will they you will get it. Just be patient and send it out. But I was very skeptical. But you know, sixty bucks, even if it was like eighty bucks for shipping, that's nothing. Because what would you pay for a Tano Dragon now? I mean, they're yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be part like of your retirement. Co- yeah, Coco three prices. You know, so uh, we're talking about three hundred dollars easy if you if you can find one in the box. So yeah, uh, I just want to add a, f- a couple of comments from the chat. So Explore VR Ben Drakes, who actually is the one who pointed out this this video and, and mentioned the fact that his neighbor was the person in the video. He said, "Yes, very sad. I didn't have the heart to play much of the game on challenge after I learned of his passing." He was carrying some extra weight, but otherwise he was just like this, very well-spoken and intelligent. And then Manny says, I didn't think the crash of 83 hit Europe as hard because of the homegrown competition to the American companies because they had their own whole ecosystem of computers you know, above and beyond what we had. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's true. They didn't get hit hard. So maybe I don't know that's if it was the video really game crash, but I think it might have just been a sign to the economy or marketing or cash flow or something. Who knows? Yeah. What's sad news? And I, it, it, it's one of the reasons I think we try to find some of the people, even if they're not involved with the Coke for the last 30 years, try to get them on for an interview so people will get to know them in case something happens to them. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, that's I, one of the yeah. reasons where I, I still want to try to get our Steve Bjork interview done at some point here because, you know, he's had some bouts with uh, health scares and stuff here too, and I don't want to wait until it's too late. I want to still get uh, Martin Brosman on here too sometime. I've uh, just made recontact with him again, so I'm going to try maybe around take two of <laughs> of coordinating everything between us and maybe get him on the show. So. Yeah. Beauty. Ooh. All right. Yeah, and luckily the Dragon community is still very strong. They're just as loyal and dedicated as we are to their beloved machine. Yep. So um, yep. it's good that there's... Um, you know, even though the, the the legacy is alive, thanks to the people who are continue to wave the flag, you know, and so dragon folk are just as passionate as as Coco folk are. So they're they're cousins, yep. they're kin. Yeah, 
Both designed yeah. on the Tandy reference design. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. Next up, is Paul still on the call? Paul yeah, T. I'm Martin. Here. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So we've got your, your project here. This is your dual 16550 port, which you've said you've submitted now to actually get a prototype board sent to you to test. And yeah, you have a, uh, a driver that does work with it, but it doesn't use the, the features as well. And I know Rick Ullin was asking about this in the pre-show too, about uh, 16550 stuff, because he did the original Konak version of right. the 16550 driver. Right. So uh, um, I can explain what how yeah. the address decoding works. I wanted to stay with TTL because I didn't want to go with lattice parts again. I mean, I can still compile the parts on my PC, but the license went away in September. So what I did was I just turned the thing on and set it to July. <laughs> so I can never go online. I can never go online with the computer. So Nicely done. So it'll just stay in July for the rest of its life. <laughs> so what we have here, the, the lower... You know, Paul... You can run your clock back 28 years and all the, all the dates line up. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm probably not going to use those parts anymore, just, just for backup. Okay, on the lower IC in the picture, you see a three-pin header. That selects address blocks from FF00 to FF30. And the other side would go from four to seven so you can't have one in high memory and one in low memory but you can have them in different spaces and the lower jumper block across the bottom left corner so each one is separate like the first two verticals are for both chips so you could have both in the same area like both at 60 one at six to seven and one six eight to six f if you pick the first Section, so it's eight, eight bytes it's, per port is what you're using? Yeah, it's eight. Well, the chip is, has three address lines, so yeah, it does take up a chunk. And yeah, Rick, I can't a, remember, did your, did your use the same scheme? It was eight bytes per? Yeah. It, it, unfortunately, it's, yeah, eight bytes. Um, luckily, yep. the last byte is just a user thing, so you can address this at FF4. What is it? FF four, um, FF seven, eight, and it won't crash into the multipack because you don't have to use that last address. It will just go right. to the multipack right. and not interrupt anybody. But right. yeah, that was quite a deal. But in my case, the chip was too fast for the cocoa. I had to actually use E not Q as my timer. Because if I went on right. queue, the chip was all done before the cocoa even looked at the bus. So yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the thing back in the day. Did you have to do that as well, or did you come up with a better solution? No, I just used just used E. It's better now. Okay. I guess the old well, national it, chip was really picky. You know? well, I, well, I don't know. I'm using uh, a regular... 49U crystal bodies. I got rid of the SMD ones because that's the way I can literally plug in different crystals and try different speeds. A uh, 14.3, you can get 406, 800 baud. A 24 crystal will give you 1.m baud, meg baud. And using the 14.3, you can gear shift the thing down to get more reasonable speeds. 
We so, ended up with 18.432, which would do pretty much all the RS-232 and MIDI. Yep. But we never had a MIDI converter for our product, so. Yeah, under Nitrous, I can send stuff out at 1.5 megabyte. It doesn't mean the CPU can keep up with it. It just means <laughs> but you can send it. <laughs> each byte goes out at that rate, and that's about it. You know? <laughs> Fire it into I the ether. I haven't receiving anything with it, but I do have some interrupt connections up there, and I'm not sure how that's going to work. But up in the top left corner, there's a solder jumper pair and a diode, so you can hardwire the interrupt pins from the chip to the cart line. And you don't have to. You could just leave it out if you don't want to. Yeah, we, we pulled guard. It worked well. And on the right side, you'll see two six-pin headers and a bunch of LEDs. And those are TTL out, you know, transmit, receive, CTS, RTS. Is David Ladd here? <laughs> yeah, well, there's LEDs all over. There's one for power. And then because this is a USB cabling type port, each USB, uh, like in the upper right, there's an LED showing that USB power actually is coming back in, and you can see that LED light up or the one second from the bottom. And that just shows you you're actually plugged into USB and it's providing power. I'm not using it, it's just lighting up an LED. So, so these, you, you don't need a USB adapter? Um, well, you have to have some kind of FTDI 232R-5V USB cable to plug into that. And I have a couple of them. So you plug it into that, and then the USB chip is actually built into the other end of the cable, and you plug that into your USB port. So I plug it into Linux and use something like Minicom, and I can transmit directories or files out of the Coco into my laptop. Nice. So you're basically hey, saying you plug a USB cable into this card, and it's doing the serial over the USB without your normal um, USB to RS-232 adapter? Yes, because the cable accepts TTL-level signals, not RS-232 level ah, okay. signals. So how does your how does your how does your computer know how does your computer know what it is when you plug that USB cable into your computer? Which FTDI makes USB chips. FTDI makes USB chips. Your computer recognizes it. No, Minicom tells you which one it is, and so you just say, "I want that one." You know, it comes up as slash dev slash tty USB zero or one or whatever. On the Linux end. All right. Now, but is that is that coming from your board, or is that a specific cable that gives it that um, identity to your modern No, PC? that's the USB on the laptop finding it. It's which one I plug it into. Which, on the Linux it's end, it's which cable or USB port I plug the cable into. Then it goes out and it looks at it and goes, oh, there's somebody home. It's this number. Yeah, Stevie, there's a USB chip in the cable that he's talking about. That that's what's identifying on the Linux. Okay, side. that's what I was trying to that's what I was trying to ascertain. So yeah, th yeah. this is not just a generic pass-through USB cable. This is a smart cable. 
Yeah, it looks like this. It's a little cable with a okay device, and, and then and that connects to the headers. Work. That connects to the headers on your board. Yeah, screen. and it connects back to the header, which is on the board okay. itself. Okay. So you are, are running a, your board is sorry. not acting like a serial emulator itself, a serial to no. USB emulator. I if say. you want TCL level, I mean RS two thirty two level signals, I can make up a couple little board pairs that would just plug into that and give you real serial ports. Yeah, that's not a problem. That's what Eric Snyder's doing on his Mega Mini sixteen five fifty two. He's got some little adapter thing too. So, sorry, David, go yeah. ahead. So, I was just going to say, said so you're running separate uh, uh, separate clocks per chip there. Two, yeah, separate two, clocks, uh, so you can crystal. do separate baud yeah. rates or whatever. And the chips don't have to both be in the same 16-byte block. They can be in two different locations of low or high area. Two different 8-byte segments on even 8-byte increments. Yeah, I could be in, like, I could have one at 50 and one at 70, for instance. It so, Ollie... You're just going to put the board designs out there for people to take and make their own boards, or what's the plan? Uh, well, I want to make sure it works first. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> so would you, would you be selling these fully assembled and populated if it's done? Do you offer it as a product? Oh, possibly. The hard part's getting the UART, so. Okay. rest of it's just TTL. Yeah, we um, still have to port the driver. That's one of the reasons I wanted you and Rick to kind of get together since Rick's done it 20, 25 years ago when he has drivers. Unfortunately, the source has been lost. So Bill and I are dissembling yeah. them. We're going to try to get them re-going again. But I'm going to work Please. on your board. I wanted to get it to work on the Mega Minis. I don't know how much of a difference there is there. Maybe just the addresses, which would be descriptors of the stuff. Probably. But we'd like to get the full yeah. buffering version of the drivers running again. Absolutely. All of these yeah. 16550. Yay. And I Yay. want to say a thanks to Retro Innovations <laughs> for giving me the layout of the fingers on the left side a little better pattern ah nice Are well, those that's not off we thank jim for anything i put all kinds of little text labels labeling all the address lines yeah i like that where it says blah, pick blah, me blah, 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 blah. next to your uh, jumper selection there pick me like hey pick me pick yeah me. that one's just pick me yeah. <laughs> i love it <laughs> i like he's got the uh, the plus the VCC pin is a little short, so if you accidentally plug or unplug it, power on, you won't necessarily pop everything in the world. Yeah. That's Jim that's Brain's yeah, contribution. Yeah. That's a nice touch. Yes. I thought about using the dual, the 6552, except uh, I don't have any experience with that. And it takes up a lot less board space. But then you can't. Can you dual, can you dual clock them? Or is it, is it, is it common uh, clock between two? What's that question? They're the same crystal. I was just going to say, can you? Yeah, with the dual chip, can you? Can you? Uh, is it a single uh, oscillator oh. for both? For both? Or I is don't it, know. Or can you? Yeah. Okay. Because you might I not be able to individually clock them if you do that. I haven't dug through hmm. the data sheet on that one on the fifty-two long enough to figure out how to even hook it up. So is that mm -hmm. card edge tin or is it gold? It's just going to be tin for a start. That could that could be the deluxe model. Stable, yeah. You could order an upgraded yeah. deluxe model with gold. Oh yeah, you can always redo it and say gold. <laughs> much for make the it red or green or purple or whatever color you want. You know? I'm just gonna yeah. use gold spray paint. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <that'll work>. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just solder on square pins. You know. Yeah. Like I used to do That's years awesome. ago. 
Showing my hardware chops. Uncrusted. So, so Paul Barton, since you have made real cocoa hardware products back in the day, like the no can board and stuff like that, the oh, fact yeah. that you're able to design this now, like you're doing using these tools, is this uh, is this like uh, an amazing achievement that we have with software now to develop circuits and stuff? Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. I had to learn the whole package first. Yeah, that was a that was a learning curve. Spent a bunch of time on YouTube reading, watching other guys do what they were doing. It's it's the cheap version of Eagle, the freebie. That's why the boards aren't very big. That's you get a hundred by a hundred, and that's it. Oh, that's kind of like the cocoa. You've, it forced it forced you to work within some limitations, just like the cocoa, right? So, right, right. That's cool. And one thing I do like about these reprogrammable hardware bits that you and, and Rick are coming back in the community, and now it's so much easier or cheaper or whatever to get these you know prototype boards made and stuff. It's not oh, you know, yeah. board things. And oh my god. Yeah, five bo- five boards for two dollars. <laughs> yeah. What co- what color are the boards? Oh, they come out green. Oh, okay. If you change anything, they charge you more. Ah. Coco yeah. green. Back, <laughs> back in the day, I was paying. Get white or black. Yeah. No, they they default to whatever they. It's JLC PCB. Mm. Go ahead, Rick. I was gonna say back in the day, I was paying five thirty a board minimum fifty. No prototypes. Yep. Yeah. No silk screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still got yeah. some of them boards, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've the cost of doing hardware design has definitely come way down from what it was back in the you know, 80s and 90s when you guys were Absolutely. doing stuff. And the and the difficulty. I mean, it's a lot easier to do stuff now. Like back in the day when we were, you know, I used to hand etch circuit boards using ferric chloride and draw them on with a pen and stuff like that. You know, oh, the tools that. we've got now for designing circuit boards are so much better. <laughs> yeah, I've got some old boards I made at Tektronix that were hand laid up for the Intel eighty forty eight. Oh wow! Embedded that's, processor. Yeah, that's before the thirty one. <laughs> mm-hmm. DV, did you want to mention uh, uh, Dinty there before I go on to the next story? Yeah, yeah. So Dinty's Hideaways uh, gives a shout-out in a $10 live chat donation. Thanks for doing it. He said RS-232, RS-233, whatever it takes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. thanks there, Dinty. I thought he was giving a donation to shut us up and tell us to get off the air. So. <laughs> that, that, was, <laughs> that was his form of asparagus. money and shut up. Okay, guys. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Nice. Uh, next up, Robert Sieg. He's been doing these experiments using the uh, composite color on the 160 mode, and then doing you know the aliasing and stuff to try to get the virtual 256 color mode. So he's been doing a ton of experiments with the last few weeks. I I didn't even bother trying to link them all up. I'd be doing nothing but new segments on him. So I just <laughs> picked one at random here. Yeah. And he's kind of going through and tweaking his algorithms and stuff. Here, it looks so. really good. He's doing some fantastic work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really curious to see once he gets the algorithm done, where he can convert all these pictures from BMPs and stuff to Cocoa. If somebody makes like an, a graphical adventure game for Composite that actually does use 256 colors, oh, wow. basically, that'd be pretty cool to see. That so. would. That hmm. would be nice. Next up, Steve Batson puts up some photos. He finally got his Coco Den set up the way he wanted it. So he's got the dragon on the right. He's got the Coco 3 in the middle. He's got the MC-10 on the far left. I like his little uh, arcade joystick there on the yeah. left, too. Um, but, yeah, that's a really nice setup. His desk is a hell of a lot cleaner than mine. Commodore monitor there over there. And 
Yeah, I mean, at least he's got a good use for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you know, fired up Zach's on on there to show what it looks like on his, his big monitor up on the mm-hmm. wall. And, oh, yeah, with the right colors. Coco SDC. Uh, now, Coco that SDC, desk looks yeah. more like mine. Now he's got ah. stuff all over the place covering <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. That's a proper desk. Hey, yeah, there exactly. you go. You that, that first photo, I think, was fake. It's Photoshop. This is the yeah. real thing here. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like my desk. <laughs> Same here. That's cleaner than mine. <laughs> I try to keep most of my desk off camera for a reason. <laughs> okay, next up, uh, Chris Berg, there's been an update. He's started working on hooking up a USB keyboard to the Coco using a uh, Pi Zero, I think it was. Like and a Mac keyboard there, is it? Uh, yes, I think that one. Well, maybe well, it's not. It's a generic it's a, one. It looks like it's, of yeah, course, Yeah, it doesn't PC look like the Apple Mac. logo on the one yeah. there, but yeah. The is zero okay. W? Sorry? What? Is that the zero W, the one with the Wi-Fi built into it? Hmm. Well, I was going to get to that because he said one thing he's been experimenting with is that it does work with wireless keyboards, and it also has the potential to do USB mice. Yeah, all on the one w. board, so you could upgrade your keyboard and your mouse at the same time and use wireless keyboard or wireless mice or whatever. So he's done this little video kind of explaining what he's been doing here, and it's only a minute, so I think I'll yeah. play it. This is kind of like what Mr. Dave did a while ago when he added that you know LED keyboard to his Coco 3 and stuff. Yeah, and Chris is usually pretty quiet, so tell me if this is loud enough. Okay. Well, here it is, the Good. USB to color computer converter using a Raspberry Pi. I uh, have this little yellow, uh, little white keyboard here. It's got nice clicky sounds. And uh, it is uh, just a USB keyboard that lights up. And uh, I am typing in a little basic program here. This is on a color computer two. And uh, if I round yeah. that, there's still a few bugs in it, like the, uh, the break key here. Uh, actually, it worked this time. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, there it is. You have it working. That's good. And uh, I'll test it out in a color computer three next. If it works most of the time, ship it. <laughs> so anyway on the comment series he's shown like here's the pi zero uh over top the coco flex keyboard uh but then he starts to saying he's got some scan problems with the level one because it does the keyboard scan a little bit differently so it wasn't working and he was working on he's both he's got a a secondary hardware design he's doing that should solve that problem as well but he's also going to try to see if he can fix the software on this one to do it too but he is doing a redesign it sounds like as well he tried it on a Logitech wireless dongle and keyboard, and that worked. So nice. the wireless keyboard part worked. Oh, good. And then the, the tech stack also does USB mice and joysticks. So he conceivably could write a driver that handles all three of them and running from the Raspberry Pi. So you could use all modern input devices, keyboards, joysticks, and mice using USB on the Coco once this is all done, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So definitely, I'm going to be keeping keep it on this project. He's done a couple updates in the last yeah. couple of weeks here. So. Yeah, that is neat. As Mr. LeBlanc said, where do I send the check? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Isn't that what Dinty said? Yeah, right. I've actually said, take my money and shut up. I think yeah. that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. 
Okay, next one up is an MC10 story from uh, Steve Blakely, and he has a question uh, for doing development. So he's asking, what is considered the minimum MC10 system? Now, obviously, 4K would be the absolute minimum, but you can't do that much with 4K. So he's asking, should if you're writing software, is it worthwhile going past? Like, you can go from 4K to the 16K RAM expansion module from Tandy, which brings you up to 20K. But you can also do, like, the MCX 120, which gives you upgraded basic and a ton more... Uh, room. Mm-hmm. You've also got the new MCX32 SD, which actually lets you load and save stuff off the SD card. Now, that just came out, so obviously that's not a very common item at this point. But he's wondering, what should the, a software developer for the MC10 consider to be a minimum to write software for? Now, for the people here on the panel that have MC10s, how many of you have the various upgrades? How many have the 16K RAM pack? How many have the MCX128? How yeah, many have- all the above. Yeah. I've got the 128. I've got the MCX 128, and you can get up to like 48k in basic usable. It's insane. Yeah, it has Zero. large basic, yeah. large basic. And uh, how many of you have that upgrade uh, to fix the uh, video RAM so you can actually get PMO three and four out of it too? I had mine done when when I when I got my composite mod. Then I sent I sent mine to Ed Snyder, asked for the composite mod and for the um, eight the uh, onboard upgrade that is compatible with the MCX. So okay. mine's ready Not for I. the new one. Mine's ready for the new 32K uh, board, too. Yeah, which no. has the basic fix to actually handle those modes, too. So. Yeah. I don't have one yet. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, 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 I think if somebody's going to make a program, this is just me, but I would say just make the program you want to make and whatever it ends up needing, it ends up needing. And, you know, people are going to use whatever they have so i i don't i i would myself i would not enter into a project based on what the lowest common denominator of of things were i would make the project the way i want to make it and then basically this is what it requires and if you don't have the real hardware then do it in an emulator you know Um, you're the complete opposite of nick morantes yeah does like picking that common denominator yeah yeah. so i mean if 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 you if you start if you start imposing limitations on your vision you're you've you've already compromised before you started you know so steve Steve, have you actually used your mc10 a little bit, and it's it's on my. T- you know, when COVID first started, I thought I was going to have a lot of time on my hands to work on projects, but I've been so busy, I've had no time. But yeah, I I scratched the surface of using the MC server. I want to get more into that, loading software over the wire and and playing around and stuff. So, not as much as I would like to, but I I have very very minimally, um, I've used it. So maybe. People that have not already responded to this should actually go into the MC10 group on Facebook and actually respond with that. And that's a good point, Stevie. I, I like the fact that you know you make it for what you think your software is going to need, not for what yeah. You I mean, I'm, and I'm trying to. You're not going to make a living writing MC10 software. No, anyway. no, I mean, no. And 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 so and and I I I firmly believe in the if you build it, they will come. You know, for as many games as Nick Morentes has made, and I know he's thinking of the consumer and he doesn't want to make his products too expensive, but if Nick Morentes supported a sound chip, people would buy the sound chip because they want to play his game. I don't know that he thinks that way, but I am convinced that that is a truism, and I think a quality piece of software will sell hardware, hands down. Yeah, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah. Like if there's no software to use the hardware, nobody's going to buy the hardware. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I have supported every product... Uh, and every piece of software that has come out, I've tried to support it financially or promotionally or all of the above. And if there's something, I'm not going to buy something that I have no need for. Um, but if it's something I can use, I'm definitely going to pay for it to support the community and the people providing stuff to that community. 
you know. Amen, so. brother. And to be honest, I mean, that's why we threw a couple things in on ease of use that actually do use to make, like the Tokoku Talk theme song. Yeah. I mean, there's a use for it there. The the, the RAM drive supports up to 1.44 meg or whatever it is, too. But so I, I think it's safe to assume you should easily be able to write a 16 to 20K game for the MC10 and that most people who are re- literally using the real hardware, they should at least have that 16K upgrade. So a 20K game should be uh, probably a minimum yeah. baseline. Yeah. I kind of agree with that too, but yeah, yeah I think it, it actually speaks better to just write the game that you need. Like, if you want to do a game on the MC10 that requires high-res graphics, whether it's with the video upgrade or just using P mode two one zero, then an MCX or an MCD or thirty-two would be a requirement. But I think there's enough of the MCX in particular that's out there, and the basic is actually pretty well extended basic now. Yeah, I am. So, and with the new one with the MC thirty-two, it literally is extended color basic because you got P mode. Uh, all the way up to P mode three and four in there now, right? So yeah, yeah. As long as you have that video mod, yeah, yeah, one page at least. So eight bits in the basement says that's why they invented the phrase "killer app." That's it, and I that's and true. I and I really believe. Like, I, and I know Chet Simpson didn't charge, but I think he made it voluntary. But I think people would have paid for that product. And oh it's, yeah. it's nice. It's nice to be altruistic, and it's nice to be considerate of what the consumer cost is going to be. But. Um, you know, I, I, I say, listen, if you're going to make a game and and there's 24 sound cards that are out there, pick the one that you like. Pick the one that you want to program for. Make the game for that sound card and F them. If they don't have it, F them, you know. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> put me in for, put me in charge of marketing. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we we all know the real reason that, that Nick you know has these lower uh, you know system requirements there is because he wants more Ferraris. He yeah, can care less yeah, about yeah, whether yeah. the game played well or not. He just wants the money. So, Mastery Masons here he gets his car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, Denty said, uh, "What did he say there?" I'd never say that about uh, you know. Oh, shut to, up to shut money. up? Yeah, right. Yeah, to stop talking. Right. Take my money to shut up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us wouldn't, though, Dindy. That was the point. Um, yep. Next up, this is a rather odd video to put on here. It's actually a Sinclair QL project. But if you see what he's holding machine. in his hand. Fantastic machine there. Oh, that's a Cocoa Mouse. Yeah, he's actually trying to, to build an interface to use a color computer mouse on the Sinclair QL. Oh, neat. Now, the Sinclair QL, if I remember from watching the video, like I watched this a while ago, I think it's actually basically a switch-based system. So you have to convert an analog signal to you know straight right, left, up, down. So it's a pretty intricate video of getting all that working. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a reverse hashtag. project from whatever I've heard of before. So go ahead. Check out that hashtag. Yeah, QLVember. Yeah, they're actually having a Sinclair November like Tep Tandy one. Ah. There's, there's been a few videos. I, I, didn't I mean, of ones. all the mice to choose to adapt <laughs> to something, he chose that <laughs> freaking mouse. I mean, that is uh, that is the world's worst mouse ever. <laughs> bless it, it's, its heart. It's for self-defense, though. Yeah, bless its heart. Bless its heart. But it's, it is a... <laughs> but there's oh, one here. And he's pl- actually got a tour apart here, so... Yeah. Don't oh, drop it on your foot. I bought yeah, one of heavy, those heavy little buggers. Yeah. Mm. That that I mouse would actually do a better job holding a door open than an MC10 was because it weighs it more. Probably would too. You're right. <laughs> well, it has balls of steel. It certainly does. <laughs> uh, my teacher, computer teacher in high school, actually used to call it the mouse's testicle. <laughs> so I guess our I've optical our optical mice are now castrated, apparently. So. 
I've got a Tandy mouse here, but I haven't plugged. I haven't even plugged yeah. it in yet. So. Yeah, the, the the Tandy Deluxe mouse with the two buttons was def, definitely a step forward. It was much more like a Microsoft, you know, Logitech yeah. style mouse. That first so generation mouse. Yeah. If you don't plug your uh, your one button mouse in, it works better that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to say though, I, I mean, I, I did use the uh, one button mouse. I got rid of it after I bought the two button mouse later on for my Coco Three. But uh, it actually, for the time period that came out, eighty four, eighty five, it actually wasn't bad. Okay. Though heavy. Yeah, yeah like I, I would imagine using it for just trying to do something like the interbake incident where you're interfacing with a GUI would probably be okay but i've tried using it for like playing centipede clones and stuff and you just can't react the way you need to yeah, because it's, it's so physically travels needed yeah and, you know and so um yeah. and you need it on a surface that a metal ball will roll easily yeah too. yeah you gotta you gotta like you had to do a lot of picking up you know roll four times pick it up move it back roll it more four times you know it wasn't like the mice today where you can glide from side to side within the real estate of your mouse pad you know well it's it, interesting mm-hmm. This actually works better with the high-res adapter, which reduces the swept area on your desktop by quite a bit. Yeah, you wrote about that in your article. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's much better if you use it above its station, I guess I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey, David Craker says uh, that mouse doubles as a mace. <laughs> and then he also admits, he said, I use the one-button mouse tons for school assignments in Max 10 and Coco Max 3. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty pretty interesting guy. Uh, he gets into the in- intricacies of how the mouse works, takes it apart, show you all the different parts, that is neat. and how he interfaced it to the 9-pin the Atari-style port. I actually and- like how that keyboard looks. It, it's kind of a hybrid of the original Coco Chiclet and the Melty keyboard. You know, it's an yeah. interesting look for a keyboard. I, I could see myself enjoying that. And, and That's the like a laptop you'll notice, keyboard. Yeah, yeah the, key, the keycaps are not just the keycap. It's like you get a square, a rectangular key, but then you get this rounded edge thing yeah, that raised up from it. Yeah, it's stylistic. Yeah. I mean, modern yeah. keyboards are, are, are taking cues from that, you know? Yeah. Now, the keyboard on the left, on the other hand, absolutely sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's why you're wrong, Curtis. Amen. <laughs> Wayne Downing and I used to call that the chisel keyboard because you took out a hammer and a chisel to try to get a key to register. Oh, thing. Then eventually the you just use the hammer and you're done with it. That's cool. Hey, melted I, melted I keyboard wins. <laughs> so next up, um, we've got eight our uh, retrobit. Sorry, uh, is doing a second unboxing video, and this this video is actually about fifteen minutes, and he unboxed a whole bunch of things that he's picked up over the last little while. So he kind of compiled it into one, but one of them was a Coco Three. Now, it's it's he doesn't actually test it out or anything at this point, um, but I just wanted to let it play so you can hear the, his audio. Because he actually got it for a pretty decent price, and he had to order it from a different country that I know fairly well. So, uh uh-uh. oh, go ahead and save the queen. <laughs> After finishing the video for Septandi, I became interested in getting my hands on the final and most powerful model in the TRS-80 color computer lineup. Oh, the MC10. The problem is that because the Coco <laughs> Three is the best of the breed and also the rarest, it commands a steep price on eBay. After a long time lurking, I was able to find they one for sale They packed it with the cartridge in it. Half the going rate. Yes. So I jumped on it and took this one home for only 132 bucks. Nice. Cheap. So upon hey. unboxing the machine, it appears to Clean. be in good physical condition. The only thing that jumps out at me is Beautiful that some shape. of the keys don't return to their yeah. upright position after being pressed. They're stuck in a down position, 
and even after removing the keycaps, there's no debris or anything jamming them up. So I'm going to have to remove the mechanism and see what's what's on the other side. Or order an Ann Snyder so there are a number of Coco Mac. First of all is 128K of RAM, expandable up to 512, or even more with aftermarket parts. Another thing is that the CPU can run at twice the speed when using Coco 3 specific software, such as OS 9 Level 2. Look at that. Now, the machine on the back here has finally got itself composite uh, video Be prepared for a disappointment, my friend. It also has RGB out, which is here on the bottom with this little pin header. Very strange location to put it. But that's pretty cool, and I'm going to build. Doesn't matter. That's that, the so winner. Try that out yep. in a future video. Yeah, and the Until seal's still intact. So the other major enhancement to this machine is an improved video display chip that offers higher resolutions, more colors, 80-column text mode, and still maintains backwards compatibility with Coco One. Give me that software. chip. Sort of. So here's a fun story. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, he, he did a collection like a whole bunch of stuff. There's there's computers, there's other hardware, there's all kinds of things in it. So if you have a general interest, we've in shown him stuff, before because I recognize that yes, kind of LED backlight. That's a cool setup he's got there with the backlighting. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, Coco it One good. and two, or Coco Two, I think, is what he showed on the previous Uptandy video we showed yeah, back. Yeah, I like that so. backdrop. It's really cool looking. Yeah. I started off trying to have an organized shelf like that, and then went to shit fast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, totally I did that my shelves are just looking like my desk except yeah. taller uh, I'm really <laughs> jealous of people who can keep things tidy <laughs> well just if no it's a consolation it's a Stevie, then, uh, if it's any consolation Stevie uh, I think it was uh, Einstein said that uh, a clean if a, desk a is cluttered, also, yeah. if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind then what's an empty desk a sign of this guy looks familiar. Hey, I know this guy. Yeah, I've I, I seen that guy on YouTube. He's famous. Is he still on the call? He knows yeah. Stevie Stroh. <laughs> oh, I think he was on Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah. Apollo 13. <laughs> Crikey. So, Alan, if you're still here, did you want to kind of just explain what your latest video is about? I'm here. Yeah, this is a repair video of a Coco 2 that had a black screen output. Hey, his uh, voice is good. Yeah. Oh, my voice is good. Wow! Well, no, I'm it's to... the um, it's fixed. Melted keyboard. Yeah, the melty does, keys. Does it have yeah, all this... the chips socketed? Uh, most of them, yes. Even including the the eight RAM chips. Yeah. Right. Well, RAM's usually socketed, but does but the yeah. uh, CPU and everything. So I'm swinging around. That's the little RF modulator, but mm. I've converted it to a, a composite video, and I'm explaining that for some reason. Uh, a good mod was only putting out black and white. And then uh, things got worse. Uh, I heard a zap, and now I had black screen, so I didn't get any output. And so here I'm holding the fuse. So the fuse blew. Oh. That was one failure. And I replaced that fuse, and then, you know, VCC was, was back, and I continued on. Still had the black screen. And uh, the little proto board there. Okay, so there's a, oh, a few. And is this under yeah. composite? So this is actually, I switched over to the S video. Okay. White proto board, that's S video. So you're seeing the the luminance only make it over to the, to the display. Uh. Yeah, so you got luminance. Okay, and I'm about to point out here that while I was 
Uh, I think it comes later. I, I, the machine's been on for a while, and I've been probing. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing streaks of green in the monitor. I'm like, yay, you know, there's some, there's color coming back. And anyway, I finally get down to the end, and I find out that the, uh, you know, the main crystal is 14.3 something. Yeah, we can see some of the greens kind of sputtering Yeah, there's on the, the green. So yeah, it's, it's kind of sputtering uh, up. Teleburst signal. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I show on the scope. I, I say, hey, look, I've got color burst. I've got everything. It's all looking fantastic. Why do I not get color? Well, now I'm pointing a little wooden stick at the tuning capacitor beside the main crystal. Okay. The tuning capacitor was falling apart. Okay. So if I press down on the screw, uh, I might do it in just a second here. It's going to be fabulous. Watch this. Oh, it's going to be such a relief <laughs> when you see. Okay. It goes. Drum roll. Will I ever press on it? <laughs> I go. Hold on to your hats. Okay, holding. Wait for it. Come on, what am I yapping about? Now, when you do this picture-in-picture picture here, are you doing <laughs> this live, or do you edit that in later? So I I have two cameras rolling live, and then I just overlay one in video edit. Okay, so you're not here, recording. Here you go you're with not your commentary of the time. Okay, here we go. I'm just pressing down. Look at that. There it is. It's washed out because of my... Uh, the camera. Screen. It's, it's perfect. It looks like... Absolutely clear as oh, yeah. video. Gosh, not on my camera though. It doesn't look good at all on this camera image. In real life, I promise you, that looks like a perfect green background. It's for some reason it's washed out on my camera. Well, the cursor's flashing color. Let me adjust the room. Yeah, but lighting. when it when it switches back to black uh, and white, okay. we can yeah, see how that clear helped. that text is. That text yeah. is pristine. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing yeah. about this video, right? The camera. Anyway, yeah. that is super I'll, I'll pristine. Yeah, super pristine. Yeah, so um, so then it, so I pretty much ended up here. Well, no, I go on and I replace this cap with a new a new variable cap that I bought on Amazon. Uh, so now it's all good. And then I just I close by saying, hey, I need to figure out, you know, do I want to make a PCB out of this? S video mod, oh, yeah, or, yeah. You know, or do I just want to make a a soldered in proto board that would be you know better than the, the this. So so where would it board. go? Would it replace the RF can? It would. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. It would just. You could either put it. You could either house it in the RF can because uh -huh. it's a good mechanical holder for a board. Now, how did you get that you, the thing out? Did you desolder it from below, or how did, how did it pull out so I easy? I did. Okay. Yeah, we skipped over that here, but I, you know, I flip it over and I okay. desolder vacuum, and, and then I flip it back, and it was still stuck because the pins are really wide, so mm. I'm pulling and heating. And yeah. A little bit of TLC and the elbow grease. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of elbow grease there. But uh, yeah, so there was two or three failures there, and I guess it was two failures, a fuse and a. Uh, variable capacitor that's the s-video connector there on the protoboard so this circuit this s-video circuit that you're using is that your own design or is it one that you've modified it's, or found somewhere it, else or? yeah it's a hybrid i found that, that is VH super Abbott, clean 
Oh, there it is. You can see it now. I have the, yeah. uh, the yeah. room lights turned down. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I found B.H. Abbott had a circuit, and I used part of what he showed, and then I, I had a, uh, also made a AC coupled. I made an AC coupled emitter. I mean, I'm sorry, I made an AC coupled um, gain amplifier. And uh, so I have a video on it and I put schematics up and it's, it's all there so you could copy it if you'd like to play with it. That is neat. Mm -hmm. Now, will I this. I say the picture quality here rivals like the Coco VJ almost for quality. It's will this still support the color artifacting or is this getting so RGB you can't get the. Uh... Perfect question. No. So you really want to have composite and S-video. Yeah, that that because yeah. I I had a um, I had an S video mod that Ed Snyder made for me a few years ago that converted the Coco three um, RGB out to S video, so I could okay. capture from it, and because it was so the RGB was so good, you got nothing but black and white on those screens. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So Ed has the really nice composite board. Right. And you switch it into black and white with your channel switch. But I, to my knowledge, I don't know of him having an S-video board. Right. So this uh, this this S-video is basically uh, an RGB mod for for the Coco. Yeah, RGB is, is three separate color signals, and S-video is two separate color signals. Okay. So it, it's a little bit inferior... To RGB, but it's, it's a lot better than composite. Okay, it's RGB-ish. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, uh, basic, basically, S-Video has a, a chroma signal and a luminance signal, a color signal and a black and white signal, whereas RGB has three separate colors together that when combined give you both luminance mm -hmm. and chroma. But, um, but by separating the luminance and the chrominance, that's a step above composite. And the reason you get artifacting is because of the way composite combines the signals together. So if you separate them out, you're not going to get the same. Yeah, you're basically thing. improving on the, in, the 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 imperfection is what gave us those bonus colors. So once you once you yeah 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 once you perfect yeah. the imperfection, you lose the uh, byproduct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. go ahead and subscribe to my channel. I'll get a plug in there, and then you can find that video where I, I show I say here's a, a mod where I have composite and S video. And if you pop into a game that relies on the artifacts, just switch your, your LCD monitor mode over to Ah, there you go. And you can have both cables connected simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You know, just pop your monitor into the other mode when you want to see the, the artifacts. Yeah. What's that like scope your, your, on you? Your 3D printed space bar there is cool. <laughs> that scope yeah. on your bench, is that a, a Rigel or is it a... a that something? is a... It's a borrowed... Um, no, that's a Tektronix. Really oh, that's a Techscope. Nice, yeah, nice, very tech. nice. It's one I could never afford. I'm just borrowing it until Christmas. Yep. No, I got. A, I'm a big fan of Techscopes. I've got two of them here myself. Yeah, yeah they're amazing. They're there's something I could only have at work. Hmm. That's cool. Anyway, so that that's uh, AC's latest video that just got released. I think either last night or this morning. I can't remember. I think it was last night. Last night. So cool stuff. Cool setup. Subscribe mm. to his channel and, and thanks for being our get one of our guests today. Yeah, thanks again. It's been fun. And that's it for the news. We're caught up on the news. All right. All right. I posted links to his uh, composite mod, so it's on the uh, stream. Right. Cool. 
Okay. Well, we're we are we're rolling on four hours now, so we're not going to take any more breaks. We're going to just roll right into um, project updates and acquisitions. Um, so um, let's let's keep that gravy train going. I just need to um, fix one of the things here. Okay. So it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, and that is project updates and acquisitions. And so going around the room, uh, who had a show and tell or a project update or anything else? Uh, Jason Riker, did you have something you wanted to talk about today? Jason muted? Jason just muted. I think he's on the road, isn't he? Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, um, I'm on the road. Um so I will save my acquisition for uh, acquisition for next week, but I will give a brief uh, project update. Uh, the uh, the Joey High Res has started to ship. It's uh, it's a very it's the most complicated thing I've uh, attempted to build. So it is taking a little longer, but they are they are slowly starting to ship out uh, for the folks who have uh, have uh, pre ordered them. Okay. Actually, since Jason said that, I'll say I, I did get mine, and it's very, uh, it's awesome. It's really, it's excellent. Oh, excellent! And I, I appreciate everyone placing their pre-orders. Just please, please be patient with me. I, I just, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of work involved, and uh, I strive to get things out a little quicker than a little quicker than this. But uh, it is what it is, and I'm working hard to get them uh, out to everyone. As, as uh, quickly as humanly possible. There you go. Thanks for that update. And we've got an unsolicited testimonial from Nick Morota, because I'm assuming he paid full retail price for his, right? There's no uh, yes, no, I did. Uh, no underhanded dealing going on there, no insider trading. No, so. no payola, no payola here. You know, Steve, I joined, I joined this show to make money, and so far, it's nothing. <laughs> You're spending money. You're spending money. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, we're losing luckily, money. L- luckily, your friendship is uh, is worth it. Yeah, yeah. Though. We're all here losing money, but we make up for it in volume. So. Exactly. <laughs> How do we do it in volume? Uh, it's volume of fractions of a cent will add up eventually. Because um, I'm not sure how long Paul Thayer is going to be here. But hey, Paul, you got two seconds? Yeah, sure. And I'm, and I'm going to put you on the spot, but you can you can just choose to answer later. Um, but so my my project update is as uh, I, f- I finally finished the Glenside newsletter. It is on its way out uh, for final approval. But the process of doing this, um, uh, you know, I've always been negligent on, on meeting the deadline with this project, and that's just me, and that's my bad. Um, I did try to um, outsource it to somebody else and Terry Steggy was going to do it, but he got busy as well. And so Terry started the newsletter. I re-massaged it because I started looking at things and, and it didn't quite feng shui the way I wanted it to. It, it, it zagged when it should have zigged in some of these things. And Microsoft <laughs> Word is a big pain in the ass anyway. So I kind of redid the whole newsletter today and it's done. But my idea and, and, and um, Terry and I were bouncing this off is I really think that this newsletter, I want it to be a team. All right, because it's 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 not a lot of work, but it's a lot of work for one person. And if we could kind of divide and conquer, so I want to I want to put together what I'm calling the Coco One Two Three Dream Team. And so I want to extend that invitation to you, Paul, because I know you've got a lot of skills when it comes to actual publication and making things look pretty. And you can decide later, but just know I'd I'd like you to be part of that dream team to help us work on the newsletter. You don't have to give me your answer now unless it's yes, and of course you get paid absolutely nothing for doing it. <laughs> um, 
So I'm good with that. Okay, and so I've involved. I've invited um, uh, uh, Tim Lindner, who actually does publishing for a living, and it's like, hey, why not lean on people who actually know how to do this rather than rely on untalented people? Uh, I'd love to get some more artwork. So Ron Delvo, if you'd like to contribute artwork to the publication and things like Tell that, um, you know, and so whereas instead of having one person have to wear all the hats, I'd like to give everybody a hat, you know, but have it be a team and, 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 and hopefully we can, we can drive this thing to the finish line on time um, on a regular basis and hopefully raise the bar on what it looks like. So that's, that's my goal. And so uh, I've already asked a few people. I got Ken Reichert to join the dream team. Tim Lindner agreed to join the dream team. Paul Thayer has now agreed. And then we have a possible Ron Delvo confirmation, but yeah. Um, I, I, and I think if we have a few more people at it, we, we can help keep everybody accountable too, where if it's just me and nobody's going to sit here and say, Steve, why haven't you done this? There's nobody to keep me accountable for it. I'll continue to delay delivery too. So hopefully we can collaborate, make it look better and keep each other accountable for getting it out on time. So that's, that's my update right there. And Is that quarterly? Quarterly. Yes. Okay. And, and, and assuming it's all approved, it should be delivered and sent out to the world this weekend. Um, so that's my update. Stevie, can I throw something out on this too? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go ahead. How do you know not to ask? Contributions <laughs> needed. Contributions needed. Absolutely. Yes. And so, and you have contributed and, and Rick Euland's got a great article and yeah. And so we've been asking for it and we're starting to get it. And hopefully that will continue to snowball because we had a great benchmark article in the last issue, and that inspired James Jones to write a follow-up to that. So we've actually gotten a contribution this month that was inspired by the last one. So hopefully those contributions will continue to spiral, and the newsletter will continue to grow in content as well. Um, it's your club. Yeah. Contribute. So it's, it's our Stevie? club. Yes. Stevie, no. you're really awesome at involving other people in things. You've always been really good at that. And I think that's really great. Oh, yeah, well, we, we call it sloughing off your duties. But, yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, with Terry and I, we're bouncing some things behind the scenes about it where we really would like to make this more collaborative. You know, they call the role editor. And in my mind, an editor, somebody hands me the thing and saying, hey, just edit this and make sure it looks good. But when you're with the editor has been the creator and the curator and the editor and everything. So yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's not a lot, but, it, but it's a lot for one person. So if we could uh, collaborate... I think that would be great. And, and, and um, so just, I just want to, I hate to say to make something, I hate to use the term, make it great again when it's always been great. So I want to keep <laughs> it great and make it greater. Right. So we want to make That's this cool. greater. Uh, and thanks for that. Thanks for that idea, that, 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 that sentiment there, Nick Morota. But that's kind of like what this show was. Like this show yeah, has gotten that's how I'm thinking of. this show has gotten greater, not because of any one person, but because of the collaborative chemistry. And it's just been the perfect storm of things continuing to get better. Like we talked about today, how much we enjoy the game on challenge. Well, that was somebody suggested that. That was Mr. Dave suggested that. So somebody who watched the show came up with an idea. We brought it into the show. It's become a big part of the show because we love the it, it, it's all about the community. And so I want to involve more of the community in, in the in the project. Thanks. I'll shut up now. Who else had something to say? Ron Delvo, were you raising your hand? <laughs> yeah, it would seem to me that um, you take the um, 
Glenn's side label off the thing and put Coco Talk on it. And, <laughs> and, and that was a Coco Talk thing. Nah, you know, and, and that's that's funny, but no, I'm, I'm trying to keep it as neutral as possible. I, 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 I seriously think about things like that because I do have a show. I try to not infuse anything that would be considered, you know, I'm not trying to leverage this to help, you know, advance my own personal gain. So I try to keep my own personal stuff out of this as much as possible. I'm very conscious about that. So, um, but that's funny though. Uh, did, Ron, did you have a show and tell you wanted to do? And then somebody else by show of hands, who else had something they wanted to talk about this week? Can I share screen? Can you share screen? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sloopy has something I wants to show. Ah, Sloopy. Okay. So Sloopy, you're next after Ron Delvo. Oh yes. Cause we missed Sloopy last week or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. Okay. It's coming. All right, um, I'm showing you what a uh, cool question was. The game that is best preview before you play it. Maybe uh, you can contribute here, and uh, I got some people to comment. C- Curtis uh, noticed my colors were flipped. And, so uh, <laughs> what was the, what's the question again? Scroll up a little the bit. The question is, what game has the best preview before you oh, play Oh, you mean it? like the attract mode? Attract mode. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see oh. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, you know, let's have a list of people because um, actually question. rather than play games, I like doing that. Yeah, I, li- I love <laughs> that. And that, to me, that's a sign of a well-produced thing is that the attract, yeah. the attract screen, right, where it's actually demoing itself when you're not playing. Right. Timberman Christmas edition. Yeah, that, uh, Timberman Christmas Steve, Steve Bjork was always good at putting good attract modes in his yeah. games. Yeah. In, in the Cocoa Pie uh, he has an attract uh, mode where it just plays the beginnings of all kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. And that's some true. are just dumb. Yeah, and then some, some go well. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I have a, so this uh, in, I've always tried to make mind. it a point whenever I made a game to have a attract screen, even if it just cycled through static screens, but just to have something rather than to be frozen on a game over screen. Uh, Radio Shack employees may disagree with me, but I would say Megabug should be in that list of good attract modes. Yeah, and the clowns and balloons. Radio Shack, and you'd hear, "We gotcha." Yeah, do 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 do. I like Tim Franklin's comment there about OS 9's attract mode. Yeah. So this is on this is on the main TRS eighty group, is it, Ron, or is it on one of your other groups, or? Huh? Is this is this so on this the main TRS eighty page? No, this is on Ron's garage. Ron's this is on garage. one of Ron's uh, six hundred yeah. six thousand eight hundred nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ron, all of Ron's sites should be in attract mode. It just cycles yeah. through yeah. all the pages he's made. <laughs> no, Clouds no, and balloons play the circus song during its uh, attract <laughs> mode. OS nine, you get ten minutes of scrolling text that makes no sense <laughs> up front of entering. <laughs> 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 uh, this will be a time which also makes no sense. I love that. That's a good comment. I'm going to make it longer now in EUA 6 just because of that. <laughs> do you play Telewriter 64? All right, now, this is uh, an interesting thing I had. Is I, I When I got my big collection, it included this, which uh, the guy upgraded this uh, little multi pack with a light. So, you know, if your Cocoa's on, you don't know it. In this case, I do because it has this LED. Which okay. Is cool. And then um, I came up with this this week. Oh, look uh, at that. The cocoa in front of the Flintstone TV. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. And the, yeah, and that's I had, good. I had people uh, comment. And I also made one for the um, for the dragon people. And then this is uh sound of speech pack. Have you ever heard this? Oh, this is yeah, the, like the learn about your body type thing. 
The blood cell it, stuff, yeah. It, it, as long as the words are there, you can understand it. Uh, if the words uh, are there, it'd be a little difficult. Yeah. I think you didn't share your sound, though, so we're not hearing it. Uh, oh, okay. That's also a good example of uh, the kind of dithering where you have the kind of light oh. red color. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard that, but I just had a massive clap of thunder right over my house. Yeah, I heard something. Every... I thought that might have been Bill Noble for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> no, I've got a, we've got a massive, mass, massive thunderstorms just rolled in. So, uh, interesting so, test. Um, anybody notice that their uh, Model One Coco has a flap that sometimes is attached to the top and sometimes attached to the bottom? You're talking about the cartridge door? Yeah. See oh, here? so it can swing either way. Well, I've like, never, like I've some never of the like some of the members of the panel here. So this, this, <laughs> this particular door is attached to the chassis. Okay. Obviously, the evening where Stevie is, it's after dark already. <laughs> if you notice, it has this uh, molded thing right here. Yeah. But if you go to the other, um, the next one, if I can do that, my computer. I've, I've never seen one attached to the bottom. I've got three Coco ones here, and all three of them, I'm pretty sure they're attached. Right to here. The top. Look at this. This is attached to the top. It doesn't have the piece that goes yeah. is underneath the, the motherboard. Yeah, that's what all three of mine are like. One's an e-board and two are f-boards, and they're all yeah. attached to the top case. So it seems like the newer machines, I think, possibly. Um, well, um, on my, I don't know. I've got an e and an f-board, and the e-board is attached to the top cover. The f-board has the uh, bracket, just like you show in the other picture. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if it was the ones that had the uh, uh uh let me get in here to get my words yes yeah, oh, no, it's too, too bad i can't make this bigger but you yeah. can see the difference one's got a bracket that goes across and it's attached yeah, to yeah. It. yeah. click on that bracket it had to cost a penny I wonder if it's the logos that were in the <laughs> middle that had the the other bracket could be um this this particular machine has a low serial number uh, I think it was the one with it on the bottom. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a close. Oh yeah, so you can see the door is is kind of hinged into the case itself. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's what that's, that's what mine are like. All three of mine are yeah, like that. Yeah, that seems like that yeah. should be a standard there, but apparently they deviated from that standard at some point, huh? Hmm. Four fifty-two. Look at that. And oh, that's yeah. the one with the on, on the top. Okay. Counts as low. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Okay, and then um, I did some. Like this is the uh, H load using composite on the. Um, uh, is it Robert Galt's program? Okay, that looks and, cool. Uh, yeah, and you can scroll around. It's. Uh, it's a, I don't know it's cool to play with, and then um, I did the same thing for the. Yeah, that's neat. I like the, yeah. the I like the kind of grainy look to it, and it kind of looks yeah. like film grain. And here's uh, the uh, oh, there's the dragon. dragon. There you version. go. There yeah. You. And so I, I paid attention uh, attention to them for once, and I also put it on the Coco Three through a high screen. Oh, we need an MC10 up there too, dude. Got yeah, to well. be fair and balanced. <laughs> Let's hey, see. Hey. likes the MC10. He does. Uh, I found an original label. From a diskette that was probably in a Cocoa store. Coco Three Holiday Demo. Oh, look at that. That's neat. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It's the um, yeah. one where they they're making cocos and they're coming out of a uh, on a 
treadmill like, you know, and it goes into boxes and then the trucks sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Assembly, assembly line. And yeah, yeah. 2001 thing at the end. Is that that yeah. one? And that's a flippy disc, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. absolutely. Yep. And it has the original nacho. Your, um, looks like black tape. Yeah, there's your thing. WeFax right there. Yeah, yeah. This oh, yeah. is. A, that's this really is, clean. Yeah, this came out pretty good. Yeah, I made this... a 16 minute um, wave, WAV file, WAV file, however you say it. Uh-huh. And I sent it to um, Michael Pitsley. That's, that is, that's his name. And he uh, was able to reproduce the, um, but it isn't the same one as here, but a different one. And, and he at least got to print it out. Uh, what I learned is all this WeFax stuff is broadcast from for the coastlines on both sides of the country, not yeah. in the Midwest. So if he's in the Midwest or somebody is, you have to rely on the um, Web SDR. solar. This, well, this, this, if the solar um, activity is high, you'll get more bounce and be able to. And pick that's kind of like shortwave radio too. Exactly, yeah. it's what it is. It is yeah. shortwave radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so well, it's very similar then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you could if you can't if yeah, you can't like, get uh, access to it. When when I look at this, get this, go ahead, David. Sorry. So yeah, I was just going to say if you can't get access to the signals at all via a real radio, there's a thing called Web SDR, which you can basically use the internet to access. Um, remote receivers and then right. receive their audio, um, and, and you can control is, the receiver by tuning remotely. So, this is the new group I made, and because <laughs> um, we need more look at this radio, David <laughs> O'Connor has. Ah, oh, wow! <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. It's uh, that's actually got a two-band shortwave radio, so I'm it, going to experiment with it and see if I can get WeFax signals off it. It's only 230 pounds. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought that new in the 80s, so I've had yeah. that. I've had that for years. Did you did you do the centipede in front of it on a piece of cardboard too? Spin on your head and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, that was me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I started going to chiropractor at 19 because of it. <laughs> oh, there's my other radio. That's the main radio that I'd use there. That one. That's yeah. that's that's got SSB and world band and air band. That's a good-looking radio, I must say. Yeah, it, it works well. It's my That's favorite. It's my favorite radio. Is that kind of thing. Now, now, what are is these? Is that the radio? Those two. David, there, is that the radio you bought with your money from your JCAR Electronics uh, winnings? It certainly is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the other two. The other two that you mentioned there, Ron. Those the the, the two valve radios on the bottom. Um, the bottom one there belonged to my granddad. These are wow. 1949, wow. 1949 radio, radiola, AWA valve radios. And do they um, have the s- bottom sideband? It sounds like my favorite cough uh, suppressant. Radiola. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, they don't, they don't have sideband. They were a bit before that, but, um, but oh, they've got okay. a really good sensitive shortwave tuner in them. So uh, the bottom one I've completely restored. That belonged to my granddad, and he passed it on to dad, and he passed it to me. Um, the top one I bought fairly recently. Um, that one I'm going to be restoring as well. And I just bought them basically because they're going to got a reference and I can cross-reference between them to get them both working to the best of their ability. So, uh, and this one? That one I picked up very recently. Um, uh, for 100 bucks. I bought a whole box full of old stuff and it had four ghetto blasters in it and nice. a whole bunch of VCRs and an upscaling you know, thing and a big Yamaha subwoofer and everything this for 100 bucks. This is called bucks. a silver brand? Is that what it's yeah, called? that's a real. That's actually a really good quality stereo. That one. It's got external metal inputs tape. and outputs, and the old records uh, metal. It'll even record metal tapes. That one. The, little, uh, what do you call it? the odometer tape. 
time counter things. Yeah, take this close up, huh? Well, yeah, that one. I've got that. Rocky. That's running there off a. Of, yeah, yeah so. really. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's like looking at that radiola saying, "Now that's not a radio. You, you this can, is yeah, a radio. Yeah, this yeah, is a radio. Yeah. Yeah. This is a radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's got high speed <laughs> so you can copy Nick's programs to. Uh, uh, <laughs> you could you could screw up a, uh, a um, Coco three and a multi pack on the back of this thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. The woofers, the woofers in that one are actually ten inch woofers, and it actually sounds pretty good. Wow, <laughs> crazy. Okay, so yeah, that's some of the stuff we've been doing. Um, I, I have uh, a Sanjian that is the same as the DX four forty. They're good, and They're quite just, good sensitive radios. Yeah, it's just for some reason it stopped working. It, it the. Oh. Uh, timer came on but the, you push the button nothing happens i took it apart I'm it started working happens. i put it back together and it stopped again <laughs> oh. So, oh well okay <laughs> yeah leave it open yeah looking at those we facts i'm thinking eat your heart out google earth this is state-of-the-art yeah. right here yeah this is awesome stuff yeah. <laughs> this is what uh michael did uh, he, uh i was able to send him the uh um what was it? Uh, Dropbox of the recording. Yeah. yeah. And he was able to get something. Neat. Is, you know, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So that way it's kind of like simulating hearing it over the air. He's still playing yeah, the wave file through his cassette port. There's another. Uh, this is the one WeFax program that uh, came from the uh, Rainbow. But there's another one that I. Um, uploaded here you guys if you guys want to try it out i don't know if who's interested in this but uh in the file section here i uploaded uh robert galt's cc3 facts oh for the color computer three yeah this is a a more um detailed one he he made it so that you can hear the sound going through the jack when it's plugged in your radio he made it so that you can save much larger pictures and and do 16 minutes instead of like 10 and um, you have to actually have it have this program on one floppy and then save it on another one and it has to be a double-sided drive wow because of the size of it and i haven't tried it yet i do have double-sided drives i i just haven't done it yet so maybe next week i'll have a report on how that went neat so, uh, gosh, I guess that's pretty much it for today. Thank cool. you, guys. Awesome. We're putting up Go. with my, my kind of stuff, which yeah, that's is neat. graphics. And yeah, so there's, cool. there's no wrong way to cocoa, right? So That's right. That's my, we all, we it's all my co- kind of stuff. Same here. It's really cool. I mean, you know, being a, 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 you know, right into ham radio and everything as well, it's a big crossover between the two. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have an update they wanted to share? Yeah, I got an update. Um, the cat's oh, out of wait, the okay. bag. Hold, on, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We were uh, Sloopy. We were supposed to do Sloopy. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Sloopy, are you there? Sloopy, do you copy? Sloopy, you've been hanging on. Sloopy. Are you ready? Sloopy muted. Sloopy? Sloopy. All right. Well, we'll wait for Sloopy to come back. Go ahead, Chad. Sorry Sloopy's about that. Muted. Yeah. No, I've got an update. Uh, the cat's out of the bag. Um, uh, David and I and a couple of other Aussie uh, contingent have been working behind the scenes on an Australian uh, cocoa page. Okay. We uh, had been considering doing this for a while, but um, because of all this 
political drama we had, we thought, well, let's you know do a, do a separate page for, for the Aussies, but obviously you guys are welcome as well. We're still deciding on format. We want to try and get a Aussie uh, version of Coco Fest going, maybe even uh, put Tandy Assembly in there as well and try and coincide with the other with the other one because it's obviously potentially going to be a, a non-physical event. It might be a virtual event. Uh, but we've also we've got two pages. We've set up a Tandy buy sell swap page for all things Tandy. We we wanted to not limit it to the Coco because Ian Maverick does a lot of uh, good work with stuff outside of Coco. He does you know model one through four. He's got all of his upgrades that he's designed for those and so forth. So uh, everyone's welcome to that. The main reason was we've sort of had it a bit underground because we just didn't want to get the page spammed. And just have a lot of you know randoms join. We'd wanted to make are sure. Are you talking people. about Facebook or uh, a website? Facebook, no oh. Facebook pages. So okay. like like yourself. All but, right. Um, so we we're getting we're getting the format right. We're making sure that everything's schmick before we come out. We wanted to announce it, but uh, the cat's out of the bag. We shared it. We shared it today onto um, the main Coco page. One of them because uh, Ian Joyce uh, found a whole heap of stuff. Uh, where pe- people are basically asking ridiculous prices for stuff again. Hey, if, you, if you need that page title, I'll help you out with that. Yeah, we've worked. Uh, David was looking at doing some uh, stuff as well. But if, yeah, Ron, uh, by all means, if you want to have a look at it, uh, I'll uh, let you guys know and we'll forward it through. We've sort of been just trying to do it underground at the moment to just sort of get a feel for, you know, what, what people uh, in, in Oz, we're going to say about it. And we had a bit of feature creeping, you know, people wanted to change it to this and people wanted to change it to that. And I thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how we go, go with the flow. When you talk and, about people, um, how many people do you think you have to... Uh, we've only got about 10 members so far oh, uh, on good. the buy-sell swap. Um, but we obviously want to look at expanding that. But also, too, with, with regards to the feature creeping, we... We didn't want to just have have it as a free for all, basically. And uh, the, one of the main reasons I created the buy sell swap page is there's a lot of people, a lot of cocos in Australia, pal cocos that are probably sitting in you know someone's garage basement and get them out in the wild, so you know other people can enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you guys have a harder time finding stuff and, and not all not always finding it locally, from what I'm understanding. So exactly, so like. Um, Ian did a salvage run to an area not far from uh, Bryzer, actually, Brian Palmer. Um, he did a salvage run out in the middle, middle of nowhere and ended up saving something like 14 Cocos or maybe more. He got like oh, wow. six Coco 3s, which I bought one off him. Uh, and he's obviously been putting a lot up online. He's been doing the upgrade, so he's been doing the 6309, adding the SDC to them as well. And, you know, they've been selling pretty quickly. I decided to just buy a stock standard because I wanted to do the upgrades myself and put that online because um, I obviously was missing um, my cocos. Yeah. And um, do you guys have ham fests there? Yeah. Um, yeah. We we do. Yeah, but obviously not as big as what you'd have over over in the US. Well, generally they seem to be somewhat available. It used to be anyway. Um, yeah. We. All right, we so do are you going to post a link to that here? You want to post it in the chat? Yeah, or? no, I was planning on doing that actually this week, but okay. Ian's already uh, – uh, sorry, Brian Joyce, sorry, uh, has already shared a link, but I'll, okay. I'll do a, I'll do an announcement. Okay. 
on uh, on the main page. All right, we hmm. we definitely need more groups on Facebook. We we got to keep that platform alive. It's just uh, somebody's got to do something to keep that thing going. Um, <laughs> cool. Cool. Aussie centric. It's definitely good to keep it local, especially when you're looking to find equipment uh, in, in your own country. And, uh, you know, even in Canada, between the Canada and U.S., the shipping can be insane. And then the delays yes. and, uh, you know, having to be impounded and weighted and all this kind of stuff. So you can keep it local and find some homes for stuff or find things that can get into homes. That's a good thing. One of the things I was looking at doing, and I'm trying to remember his name, I think it's David Lafayette. He bought a. Um, one Tandy 1000 EX monitor stand, which are rare as hen's teeth over here. And they're rare as hen's teeth anywhere at the moment. And I was actually looking at um, reproducing those myself, getting the laminate, getting the uh, things made, the feet made up from the, that's the biggest problem. Getting getting a local um, guy to do up the template and everything, it's going to cost you, and even David looked at it as well, it's going to cost a fortune just to get those made up. So I was looking at doing a repop of those and maybe just trying to get a, get a not obviously not original, but uh, something something to match what what we've been trying to find. Is this the one Over. that's uh, uh, rectangular and has four legs, or is this the uh, one a, 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 a plate with uh, metal? It's got two legs and it's got one uh, just one plate platform was sold predominantly for the tiny those uh m we lost you for a second there can you repeat that it's the um it's the tandy 1000 hx slash ex monitor stand it came uh was predominantly marketed towards the uh, tandy 1000 but they were backward compatible with the coco 3 so they were they were exactly they were um rectangular and they had a a metal um frame inside and they had four feet i think so i think it might be two feet but i'm I'm not sure. No, I've got the, you're talking about the rubber feet underneath the thing. They kind of look like well, two two metal letter C's with a piece of wood on top. No, that's correct. No, that's what you're talking about, Chad. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, because I'm looking at ones. one right now. I'm looking at one right now. It's got the the metal brackets kind of look like the letter C. There's one on the left and one correct. on the right, and then there's this piece of like particle board across the top. That's the uh, one I'm looking at. Yeah. yeah. So the C, the two C's, as in Chad Cunnington CC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Color computer. And so I was looking at and Coco. Yeah, I was looking at um, like reproducing those, but uh, I think I mentioned it on Coco Talk one of the other yeah. times I was on to see if there was a sort of a market for that. But not, obviously, don't want to make a fortune out of it. I don't need a Ferrari. Right. It's just filling a need, and, <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to fill the need when you're in, like in, in isolation of uh, resources and, distrib- and distribution and stuff. So yeah. But um, David Whoa. actually sent sent me the uh, David Lafayette. It sent me the specs, like the um, instruction manual with all the measurements, and he yeah. actually uh, converted it into um, like all the measure. He measured everything out and sent it through. So I'm going to look at doing that down the track. It won't, obviously, won't be a straight straight off thing. It's going to be a work in progress. Okay, this real quick. I want to check in on Sloopy. Sloopy, are you there? We don't want to miss you twice, two weeks in a row, Sloopy. Sloopy, going once, going twice. All right, Sloopy, come back if you get a copy on us. Uh, Chet Simpson has joined us in the 11th hour. Hey, Chet, anything you got to update us with this week? We're 
Oh, uh, not really. I mean, I've started working uh, on my next project, but uh, you know, the, I mean, the details are are kind of you know being kept uh, you know yep. kind of tight. But on the uh, QT. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've officially actually started on it. I've got the whole design done. I've got the the music ready. Um, I've got to do some conversions on that. But yeah, it's uh, it's already coming along pretty well. So I'm happy. Fantastic, fantastic. And All you right. tell us if it's is it Coco three and is it stock Coco three? Oh yeah, stock Coco three. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anybody else for thanks, Chad? Updates, Chad. acquisitions. Chad. Not Chad. Chad. We have a Chad on the <laughs> panel too. But yeah. Anyone else? Updates, acquisitions, projects, thoughts. I'm I'm with Chad. I've got a project, but it's not quite ready to disclose yet. Okay. All Sloopy, right. not about yet. No, Sloopy, Sloopy's still Sloopy. Sloopy. All right. Well, Sloopy, we'll hopefully catch up with you soon. All right. So we're going to put a fork in this episode. We we managed to go f- almost four and a half hours, and that's probably four and a half hours too much. So um, <laughs> <laughs> other than our special guest today, this show has been a complete waste of time. Uh, no, it's always great. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> always great to get together. Wait, with- can I... Yes, Ron Delvo. If I could uh, share, I can show you the um, table, the the, the the stand that you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, the stand that I'm thinking of. All right, Ron, please do, because we okay, are all waiting here on bated breath to know. We're going to exactly try to hit that five hour mark. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, come on, Ron. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Why don't you wee fax it into us? Uh, mm. Oh, so this is the plastic one. There okay. It is. That one is kind of like an upside down U shaped shelf there, right? Yeah, that's it's uh, triangular. It has four legs. Oh, triangular. It's not a triangular. It's rectangular. Rectangular. Okay. And it oh. has the same shape on the top. Oh yeah, the, the lines match the lines yeah. on the tandy. Oh, that's kind of neat. And yeah. It, and it has rubber rubbers on the okay, bottom. Okay, rubber like the rubber feet, like you'd find on the bottom of a cocoa yeah. or something. Yeah, that's it. To help it from sliding around on your desk. Okay. All all this because the tandy one thousand, you couldn't put your FD five hundred two under the monitor as a stand. That's correct. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, there we go. So the world is now a better place that we've seen that. All right. So how about we, <laughs> we're going to play the closing credits. Any final thoughts? David O'Connor, final thoughts from you, sir. Oh, keep on cocoing. There's no wrong way to cocoa, as you say all the time. All right. And you could be wrong about that, but we'll go ahead and agree with that for the time being. Uh, Mark D. Overholzer, our resident ha- uh, Apple guy, happily married now mm-hmm. to Tina Overholzer. Did she Tina. Ke- did she take on your last name or did you take on hers? No, All right. not either. So she is Captain T- Meech. Oh, really? That is very yep. progressive. All right. Um, so when I married my wife and she took on my last name, I refer to our marriage document as my title paper. So I'm like, I got the title to you now, woman. So. Oh, she's a lucky, lucky woman. God, is she blessed. That's she is. perfect. Oh, you can yeah. say that because she doesn't watch this. <laughs> I, just understand, I just understand that. No. Any, wow. any, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Any parting thoughts from you, Mark D. Overholzer? Oh, nope. Good show. Always glad to be here. Always glad to have you. Al Curtis Boyle, final thoughts. Uh, I just posted a link in the Discord chat here that Boat found and posted on the Tandy Coco on their Discord server because he was looking for the Coco Talk on on YouTube, and look what he found. What? Where are we looking? It's in the uh, chat here on on Zoom if somebody wants to click in the link just to show it briefly. Uh, Let me bring it over here. YouTube, Watch TV, Get the Bundle, Disney Plus. So it's trying to run a commercial, right? It's something in, oh, My Coco, Coco Talk. It's something in Japanese. 
Yeah, and it's called Coco Talk Talk. Coco Talk Talk. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, we do it a lot. Features of... dancing girls, so it's a lot more interesting to watch that. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I hope we get some cross audience from that. Oh, Actually, man. Actually, there goes our viewership. They're going to go chase Yeah, we might get some very angry audience from that. Man, I tell you <laughs> what, I, I'm hanging with the wrong crowd. I need to be hanging out with those Coco Talk Talk girls right there. So, Coco uh, Talk Talk. Coco Talk Talk. Uh, I love you a long time. <laughs> Come on. There we go. Al Curtis Boyle, other than Coco Talk Talk, any any parting words, final thoughts? Hard to work on Easy Use Beta 6. We're going to try to cram as much as we can in there. I mean, there's stuff planned that's going probably take us years to implement but uh, there's about five or six of us working on it actively those in the beta program should start seeing it the first week of december all right all right and ac alan our special guest today thank you for being here thank you for staying we didn't scare you away that's always a good sign i think you just yeah, nodded and, off uh, yeah it was nice meeting her Co- finally coco talk talk is when you uh, go for more than four hours on an yeah. episode <laughs> <laughs> and then we need to be calling it coco stop stop uh, which is what we're trying to do right now that's right coco uh, talk squared that's there you go. Yeah, we can have coco <laughs> talk every day and have it for one hour yeah there we go uh ron delvo anything else you want to share before we end this well i just wanted to say didn't i look up that stand pretty darn quick you did you did you <laughs> certainly did rick uland mr electronics designer any final thoughts from you sir um nope gotta keep swimming all right mark bosley our backup <laughs> streamer engineer any final thoughts from you no uh i do see though that they sell those monitor stands uh, still the ones with the c-shape oh yeah uh, new stock uh um yeah, I don't know if the dimensions match up, but like Best Buy sells one. Mm, interesting. Um, we just need to see if there's one that's got the right dimensions for it. Yeah. I think I, I have looked into some of the current quote-unquote monitor stands, but because all the monitors now are basically flat panels that weigh, you know, in single-digit pounds versus what the CRTs mm. used to weigh, I don't know that modern monitor stands will hold up CRTs for very long. <laughs> I very have long. one here. Yeah. <laughs> that's called Allsop, A-L-L-S-O-P. Uh-huh. And it's got curved metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubber bottoms. Yeah, yeah. You can shift it back and forth. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Cool. Chad. Uh, no, I'm saying Chad, but yeah, Chad's here. Chad Cunning. Chad, you, you, somebody screwed me up with the whole chat. I thing, did. Buddy. Yes. That was okay. me. <laughs> so, Chad C., any final thoughts from you? And by the way, you've got a much better Australian accent than Nick Morenti's does, but any final thoughts from you? Crikey. <laughs> final thoughts from me. Uh, you guys actually probably missed it, but I dropped out. I actually uh, fell asleep for about 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Uh, was just when normal. Curtis was actually doing doing his news. Uh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying is that I, section's just, boring. I actually look forward to that section. Newsy, newsy, they call it. Newsy, newsy. Newsy, newsy. did knock you out for the whole half hour. Well, yeah. here's a good thing. You can play it back. There you go. That, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking, Ron. I, I was looking at, at, I was thinking, oh, God, I hope they didn't see me, like, just passed out in the chair. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I've heavy machinery while, while, while listening to Coco talk. I've been if you, if you running on attention, about Coco sleep. Coco talk talk sleep sleep. Okay. I've been on one to three hours sleep per night. I just can't sleep. I've just it's I've, I'm a chronic insomniac. David mm. knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, my oh. mum is the same. She's seventy years old, and she survives on about the same amount of sleep. We just we're just constantly beaming. We mm. don't do any drugs. We're constantly free of all that crap. But uh, just beaming. All right. And, uh, Keep on beaming. The good thing, right. 
the good, that's why I love the Coco so much because for those times when I was beaming, I could get up and just sit up all night and play Pyramid 2000 and try and solve that or all my other games. It was great. But uh, at the moment, I don't have that luxury. Okay. Now, so were you trying to say Chet there, Chet, uh, Chet Simpson. Chet. <laughs> Sorry about Chet that. Chet Simpson. Any final thoughts from you other than I'm a dick? <laughs> um, no, that was pretty much it. Um, <laughs> it just comes on the show to say that you're a dick. And yeah, yeah. In fact, that's, that's the only reason why that's I can't say Somebody's got to do it. Call you a dick. The children must be asleep. Now. Chat, you're a very talented man, by the way. Since you're here, I'll tell you that. You're just a very talented guy. Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Dick. Un- 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 unlike this other guy who's a complete dick. <laughs> <laughs> no talented hack, we call him. Yes. Cool. All right, Nicholas Morota, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, a couple quick ones. Uh, don't forget to vote for your favorite Joust clone. When we play Lancer, start on level zero. And uh, I have to say, um, Curtis, I've been playing Lancer a bit during the show, and uh I'm actually warming up to it. Uh-oh. The physics are actually quite uh, quite good. I like the way Uh-oh. you bounce off, uh, yeah. you careen off the birds like a stone skipping across the water, as opposed to uh, buzzard bait, where you always yeah. pull Somebody back the way you faked an egg. No, wow. I'm not going to declare Lancer my favorite, but I will say Lancer is an excellent game in its own right. There you go. That's very. It plays well. I will admit, for right up front, buzzard bait has better graphics and sound. I'm done with voting for a while anyway. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> oh, there's no repercussions with this vote. There's Alan a lot of Murphy. over here. Alan Murphy, any final thoughts? More Coco. All I really right. love seeing all the activity in the community. Keep it up. Yeah, and, I, and I've mentioned this yeah. to this you before, uh, Mr. Murphy, and I'll say it loud and proud right now on the air. You've been a great asset to the community and to this show these past few weeks that I haven't been on. You've been just provided so much knowledge and you're just a great value added uh, asset to the community. So thank you for you, sir. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Paul Thayer, the Slayer. Great to have you on, man. Any final thoughts from you, sir? No. I mean, I kind of look forward to this uh, newsletter and getting having some people contribute some more content to it. Yeah. That'll be cool. So awesome. I'm looking forward to that. All right. I'll invite you to the Google Drive and we'll talk offline on that. Uh, awesome. And last but not least, Jason, the Coco Man Record. You have the final word, sir. Here. He might not be here. He was driving. He was driving. Okay. Much like Snoopy. Stop right there. Uh, there we yeah. go. Good. That's a great final word. Stop right silence. there. All right. Okay. Well. So uh, get, get your Joey. Uh, go to Joy High Res. They're, they're uh, shipping out uh, when he's able to ship them out. And your excellent product. So I'll, I'll say that on his behalf. All right. And I'm not hey. even going to, uh, I'm not even going to run an outro. We're just going to press the button. So say goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. All right. We're pressing the button in one Mississippi. Bye. Five, Bye. four, Bye. three, Bye. 